back to the grind for the new year, and it's all for you, Get Fresh crew. It's all for you. It's for you. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And you're listening to episode number 157 of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Uh, yes. Hello, one and all, to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of the Weird Science Podcast Network, Eric. We Boosh. are a network of one. Or yeah. two, possibly three, maybe. Uh, we're proud we're members good. of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby right. Geeks Network, the right. Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Proud. Proud. You can find us on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics, on Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics, at podbean.com, on Twitter at Weird Science DC, and we have an award winning website, Eric, Weird Science DC Comics.com, where we review each and every DC comic that comes out each and every week. Much uh, to it, our chagrin. Just, yes, they, they, it doesn't stop, Eric. It never stops, even if you're sick all week. Uh, even if it's a holiday week or holiday weekend, at least is this a holiday weekend? Can we make I don't this, know what this is. a holiday weekend? It's we a cold ass page. weekend, is what it is. It's very cold. Me and you both are are making crazy attempts at keeping our house and or apartment warm. <laughs> Trying I, so hard. Oh my god, I I, w- I was doing some crazy stuff, including a lot of drapes, putting drapes up dude, at, dude, at doors. You, all right, look, I think I have your beat because you're buying drapes for doors and shit like that. I had the oven running earlier just to get some yeah. in this goddamn house. Now nah, that's pretty bad. That is pretty. We did that one time when we didn't. Tanya uh, didn't have uh, paid the the oil company right. or something. We didn't get oil for you know a day or two. We had some problems uh, that that winter. That was a couple winters ago. That that is in the past. I shouldn't say any of this. She'll hear me and get very angry. Now you're Rockefellers. It's okay. Oh yeah, Rockefellers indeed. Uh, we also have a Patreon account. Speaking of Rockefellers, Eric, Ooh. and that is at Patreon.com/slash Weird Science. Is it just Weird Science, right? Yes. I almost said Weird Science DC. It is patreon.com slash weird, weird science. science. And we have a lot of shows on there. I usually say this. It's the beginning of the month again. If you go over, you can sample everything. You can join up, go to any level, sample it. By the end of the month, if you decide that you don't want to be involved, you can quit and you will not be charged. I would hope that we give you enough of a product that you will want to stay on. This week, the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, beep, boop, have picked the Superman number 38 and Batman number 38 as the Patreon-only spotlight that came out on thursday on the patreon account so if you want to hear those books you have to go and subscribe to our patreon account i usually just uh go from there but i wanted to point out we have a bunch of shows this week just to show you that we do have a bunch of shows coming out uh me and brandon did the far out sports nuts podcast on monday where we made our nfl picks of the week for the uh, wild card weekend i also Riveting. have the gym's other comic book review podcast this wednesday i, I think that, that came out and that came out uh i did scooby-doo team up number 33 featuring the legion of superheroes and aftershock comics backways number one by justin jordan and eleonora carlini but that is a weekly podcast where I very review, weekly very weekly <laughs> i review non-dc books also we're recording this on uh saturday night 
at 3.30 a.m. last night, Eric, I actually recorded episode 8 of the Weird Science Comic News podcast that came out uh, earlier Christ. today then because I couldn't fall asleep. I was coughing so much, and I figured I was going to do that in the morning. I figured, you know what, I'm just going to do it now so that I can go to sleep and sleep all day. <laughs> but I woke up anyway. But that was a that's my weekly news podcast that was I talked about Gail Simone's upcoming Domino book from Marvel. And The Walking Dead, Eric, getting its first cover price increase in over a decade. It's riveting news. Then. Crazy. Crazy uh, stuff. So a little bit of DC stuff. Not a lot. Uh, the last couple of weeks on that podcast, not a lot of DC, DC dry. News. Yeah, it has been a little dry on the DC front. But you can head over again to patreon.com slash weird science and check out now over 125 plus exclusive shows That's with pretty good. more being added each and every week, Eric. And now, while I say that, that leads us to one of our favorite things to do, and that is the badass roll call, Eric. Here we go. Ooh, yes, badass roll call, my friend. And we're going to start off with the ultimate badass. He still maintains that title. It is Manship. We Oosh. also have Eldrin Stoja, Brian from Arkansas, All New Dave, D-Man, Josh Vermillion, Havlin, ba- uh, Batman Beyond Mark. We have G-Man, Dancing Mike, Brandon, Bobby, Jolly Drew, Reggie, Andrew in Belfast, Ulysses Jones. Eric, he's bringing the Ulysses Jones show over to the badass roll call. We have Josh. We have Tanya Werner T. Hakeem. Double A Ron. Abuse Mama in the Verizon Hole. Monty. Simon. Swanee. Anthony G. Dave J. I'm trying to battle the increasing volume of my badass (laughs) roll call music. Bill Bear. Ian. Missy T. Rob Lewis. Pete from NYC, Lone Wolf Marv, Jazz, who we'll hear later. I'm very proud of him. Uh, we have Ruben and the OG, Christopher Hyden. We thank you guys thank you and very much, everybody guys. else who supports us on the Patreon account. And, and please, uh, everybody, just go Mwah. and check it out. I think that if you go over and check us out there, you will be surprised and amazed at all the things that we tried to do Eric, but we're going to continue on with the podcast. I, I got so many notes here, but we're going to continue on, Eric, because it's time now for the rant and raves. And you know, Eric, that means the rant and rave line. You know that? I, I, I do. would never hit the music at that point, would I? Why would you? Uh, we have a rant sense. and rave line that you can call 641-715-3900 and enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign... It's just that easy, folks. Welcome to the podcast. You know it's gonna be a long one. But when you need your water, you know it's gonna be a strong one. If you think it's some nonsense, then it's time to phone it in. If you want to share your problems, then you can tell them on the gym. You can bitch about your car, bitch, you bitch about your job, you can bitch about a hood, it's a slob. You ain't ready. You're calling in the website. 
And we're going to start out the rant and raves with one Tony Clifton. Oh, shit. Hello? Hello? Is this Ryan <laughs> leave the message? Mr. It's good to see him still around. Yes. Mr. Jim and Eric? Yes. Jim and Eric show, the podcast. Go on, Tony. Weird, weird science. Yes. Jim and Eric, two man podcast, more <laughs> two blind mice. Huh? What is this, amateur hour? Kind of like that juniper hog swallow? Like, want to oh, talk goodness. swallow? Yeah, I saw British <laughs> nine minute. Yeah. Oh, bullshit, and we ate it. Speaking of tuna, my hot swallow. What is it? Fuck off, toss it. Nah, more like toss me off a bridge. You fucker. Yeah, but what's your name? Jim. Hmm. I knew Jim one time. Yep. Got a little too deep in the wrong. Didn't know when to say when. And fucked him up. Never acted again. Yeah. Amateur. Meh. Yeah. I'm done with this shit. I need some respect. Tied it. Sent to Andy. Done with you, Juniper, Jim, Tim, Eric, Spirit, Bert, Dogging, Bull. What? I am up. Bullshit, bullshit, my mind, a good boy. There is Tony Clifton, Eric. Uh, I know you're a big fan of Tony Clifton. I, I am so a fan of Tony Clifton. I, I'm I happy actually he called left. in. I was actually, when I saw, even just saw the title of the Rant Rave come in, I laughed and said that would be a thing that Eric would like. And we're going to move on now, Eric. <laughs> Mama. Brandon. Brandon. All right. I hear you got engaged over the holidays. Consider this the ghost of Christmas future. (laughs) That's inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. (laughs) Do you hear me, Brandon? There you go. Mama, Eric. Mama is a little upset, thinks that uh, maybe Brandon uh, did the wrong thing. She doesn't end that with fatty like she does. No, no. That's just you. I've seen pictures of Brandon. He's not a fatty. He doesn't need to do that. But we're going to move move on to fatty. I just, I love with with the pause at the end of Mama. Like, all right, Eric. Fatty. <laughs> and Fatty. It always gets you upset. But now I do that, and it's making me cough. I can't do Mama's voice. But we're going to go now to one of our mainstays of the Rant Raves, and that is Dancing Mike. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric. And Hi, Mike. Hello, Mother. Hello. First of all, I want to give a shout-out to the Get First crew. Boop, 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 boop. Secondly, I want to address a particular poop, member poop. of the Get Fresh crew, a Mr. B. Murr, Brandon Murray. Poop, poop. Two points. First of all, um, I believe on Twitter you said that we do not need any more Tim Sale Batman covers. Poop, poop. I agree. While yep. I enjoy many uh, iterations of Batman, generally when my Bruce Wayne is uh, Batman or when my Batman is Bruce Wayne. I didn't mean to Dick hit Grayson that <laughs> Or let's say Damian Wayne. Or Terry McGinnis. Generally, when my Batman is one of those characters, I prefer him not to have big old titties. No. And well. so I did not buy the Tim Cell version of the Batman number 38 cover, generally because I don't like my Batman, Bruce Wayne, having big old titties. He likes to draw what about like the, that, though. Secondly, what about that Helen Wayne though. Batman from Earth to Society? Oh. Huh? I just, it's weird that he just continues to do that though you know what i mean like he likes he big just, old titties what do you want he just goes Sale? he goes with um it. you said something about me proclaiming uh richard richardson richard richardson 
the <laughs> king of the Get Fresh. Yeah, voices all now, over. I did not just come up with that. No, he did blue. not. Richard Richardson did. If you go look did. at the Twitter profile of Richard Richardson, Richard Richardson. Um, you will see oh, that <laughs> he is the king of the Get Fresh. He is. And I read it on the internet, so it must be true. That's what I heard. Now, as for the uh, two people poop, that you put up there as possible, you know, people that should be king of the Get Fresh crew over Richard Richardson. <laughs> um, I don't know, Big Daddy or Sweet Daddy Falcone oh, and uh, Big Tony. Oh my uh, God! I. Freak Daddy Falcone. Freak Daddy is going to be pissed. Supporters, as far as I'm, they're not bad, and they're definitely not badass supporters. Um, because, and say what you will, um, Richard Richardson is actually a Patreon supporter. So, <laughs> and like I said, I read it on the internet. It must be true. Yes. Moving Them's on the, the books, words on the streets. Uh, it, uh, thoughts on some of last week's books. I still have not read, um, Creature of the Night, which I want to read because I think I will enjoy it more than most of the other books I got last week. Uh, quickly touching on some of the other ones. Wonder Woman. Fuck you, Robinson. Quit killing all my, you know, the big characters. I yeah. want to see Zeus again. I want to see Hercules again, maybe, because you bring them out there. It's like, hey, look, they're back, and then you kill them. Yeah. You son of a bitch. Um Besides that, remember though, when he did kill him, he did say that he was going to where those gods go when they die. You don't kill Zeus; he'll be back, right? Baby Zeke right. again? He's going to be Baby Zeke again, possibly. Maybe what we'll find out is it'll wrap around Brian Azzarello's run was not, uh, you know, taken away. It is yet to come, Eric. It's a little bit. Well, you of know a what? Time Maybe. switcheroo. Maybe the thing is, since Zeus is Jason's father, maybe we're going to have this whole, you know, father, son, and the Holy Olympian. Oh, please. Huh? <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were getting somewhere with this. Huh? Right? <laughs> That's what you want. Holy Olympian? It, you, you think we'll have that? I, I don't father, think we're going to see Jason <laughs> uh, for much longer, uh, if you ask me. Just like Savior, Eric. Aww. Savior. It's, it's Wonder Woman. It's, it was better than has been, I guess it's almost getting somewhere, but there's still kind of nonsense. I really, 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 really expected more no, from uh, Wonder Woman. So uh, Detective I... Comics has the victim syndicate and yeah, Lonnie yeah. and nonsense. And- Dancing Mike is really a, a showing why I've, I've, both of us are having a lot of problems coming up with our best of 2017. This award. was the hardest year yet. It was. Why, why can't we have an award show where I, I have to like, boy, I can't narrow it down to from 50 things I love. Oh my love. God. I, and I can't talk enough about yeah. how much I love that year. Yeah, yeah. Them turning Clayface and the victim syndicate and also the victim syndicate. So the less said about that, the better. Yes. And the Doomsday Clock, I was really, really, really more excited about Doomsday Clock before Doomsday uh, I Clock. actually read that first issue. Now I'm not so excited about that because it- yeah, I, before I, I'm not that excited either. I'm it not is mad right now. about There's it. There's nothing it's that's happened of, within it that has made no. me like you know put on the hype train. No, that's the that's the problem. I really want to see when is this. Hopefully, issue three like gets us Got all on the hype so. train. I hope so too. It's I don't know what they're playing with yet. Grabbing me at yeah, all? Yeah, it's not grabbing me. We'll either. see if Mr. Johns can come around and make me care about that story at all again. Hope so. so this week I bought two comic books. Um, the first was Batman number thirty-eight, and mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah, it was it was another Tom King issue, and I was yep. I was 
like you guys um, on the Patreon spotlight. If you guys support Patreon, we're uh, patreon.com slash weird science. See, he's my ding. So, yeah, I was <laughs> kind of enjoying myself reading it. And then as the issue went on and things started it unraveling, just fell apart. it got depressing and made me realize that it's another Tom King Batman story with yep. repeating dialogue. And I hope so. I first got into it. Gaps and holes in logic. And yeah, that was a uh, Tom King. Things just happen because Batman they happen. Number as they do. And yeah, I'm not really enjoying this. So, and I bought one other book this week. I enjoyed even less. That would be Batman White Knight number <laughs> four. I'm surprised but, he bought it. He's just far invested. Let's talk about this. So I think I understand the first part of the book a bit better now. Okay. So what you're saying is that Gotham has been run by a group of uh, corrupt politicians for a long time. Now, mm-hmm. if you look at any large U.S. city like maybe inner city Chicago, Detroit, uh, places like that, where you've had the same ruling class of corrupt Knoxville, politicians Tennessee. for years and years, <laughs> the city is living in poverty and being devastated. You say so. I got nothing. And you need someone from the outside who comes in, even if they're white, that would go and speak to them, maybe speak in their churches and go and talk to those people. And then that person could really turn it around. And I think that's what we saw in 2016. So also you, um, here we got arming the police. <laughs> so, um, the, there were pre, it's just like, it's just like the real world because there are previous administrations in this country that took all the power away, these military weapons and other things from the police. And recently we had a president who, um, gave the police back those military style weapons and, and uh, allowed them to again defend themselves. So I, I like conversation there. That's, uh, that's really how that's going. I understand that. And, um, yeah, so. Oh, I'm sorry. That would be the real world and not the SJW bullshit that Sean Taylor is pitching in Sean this Murphy. series. Where Sean Taylor was the uh, Redskin, the Washington Redskin that got murdered, Eric. Oh, no. Uh, poor the Sean rest Taylor. in peace, Sean Taylor, one of Ray's favorites. Yeah, yeah. It's the same stuff that, you know, yeah. So I'm sorry. You love this series. I do Jim. like I know it. You do. And I know a lot of people out there do. And good for you. You got it. I think that what Mike doesn't seem to he he discounts the fact that it's more against Batman than actually the you know it is against the corruptness of Gotham, but it's the corruptness that's allowed Batman. I think that he takes Batman out of the equation and thinks that it's just railing on government and railing on that. It's railing on a made up city that lets a vigilante do whatever he wants and then funds that vigilante with billions of dollars. Uh, you can't really discount that. I think that he's more railing against the idea of Batman in this world and how ridiculous it is is to have a vigilante that is allowed to do things and then uh, you know putting on to that this disaster fund of the Batman deal with 3.1 billion dollars or whatever uh, you can't discount that it's not just saying all inner cities are are awful and government's awful it's a made up thing with a Batman if this was a you know if we did have a Detroit that had this vigilante that was not part of the police department that was going around beating the shit out of people and then they went and looked at it I think that he discounts that. I, I know, Eric, you don't like to talk politics, so you're not, you're not. not joining in with me. But I'm just saying you, you kind of have to look at it in a cartoony way 
uh, about kind of railing against the status quo of a normal comic book and kind of playing off of that. That's how I take it. But I know that Dancing Mike does not like it at all. He no. really doesn't like it. But that's that's you know his you know right to not like it. This. But even with it, I think he's in it for the long haul. Yeah, he seems. It's funny because he seems to be, you know, he's, in, he's buying it. Uh, I'm actually. I thought that this issue was a little more set up than what we had gotten. I think that it was a little down, though. I really like to see that uh, the backstory of the neo. Uh, oh, that was cool, neo yeah. Joker with Harley. So, and and I even like the little play with the name that we'll talk about later in the podcast the issue because I looked at, at the little ad in the middle with the staple. It's like one page before that we started getting into something resembling a superhero story. So half the issue, literally half the issue, was SJW bullshit and tropes and talked about what a great guy the Joker is and how awful Batman is. Jack Napier. But that's, that's the thing, too. I think that that's why he picked the Joker, because we know the Joker's not a good guy. And But it's showing you that in this world with – and also, we, yeah, you also have to remember that this Batman – is been stressed as being a almost like a Frank Miller type over the top. Oh yeah, he's unhinged at this point. That that's what Batgirl and even Jack Napier going with saying like, listen, we can get Batgirl on our side because she's already she wants out. I mean, this is not our normal Batman. This is a Batman that's just vicious and almost to me played off the deal of he's been getting away with stuff and it's just gradually he's getting more and more violent. But again. It's not for Mike, and, I know. Yeah, that's, I mean, like I said, it's an Elseworlds story, but I want to somehow like my Batman and not... Yeah, I, that's not what this is about. You're supposed to hate the Batman. The Harley, Marion Drews or whatever. Yep. Uh, he, you know, uh, yeah, Joker was really nice, didn't... Do you know that player? I'll even say it now. Do you know the play on that, the uh, Marion Drews? I do not. Uh, the uh, old, uh, a old school term for a somebody who makes people laugh and like is a joker is a Mary Andrews, and so okay. they played it at almost That's like Harley cool. Quinn like being Harley Quinn uh, is a pretty cool deal. I like that. All in. I know, I know. It's it's Elseworlds, but you have to start somewhere other than. This okay. This is a story where Batman is a bad guy and Joker is a good guy. That's all we're getting. That's how you turned it on its head, basically. Because I don't see this Batman as ever having been a hero or the Joker. They keep saying, "Oh, he did bad things." But you haven't seen anything of that. You haven't seen anything that would suggest that the Joker had done bad things, except, "Oh, he was off his meds. He did some bad things." That's not a bad guy. That's a guy who has, you know, That's my somebody wife. needed to be locked up in a <clears throat> mental institution. They've taken away everything bad he did before. So the most interesting person in this is the other Harley. Yeah, you know, and I think it's more course, about them now. I'm, I have to poke bullshit. I have to call bullshit on that story because I'm sorry, Mr. J, if you saw any iteration, Harley was, you know, it was Stockholm syndrome, but it also was. Uh, the Joker was always cruel to her because, and if you look at it, that was supposed to be the Joker, not Mr. J. So he wouldn't be a kind guy. He would be mean because that's what the Joker was, supposedly. But apparently this Joker was never a villain and this Batman was never that good of a guy. So there you go. It's like Joker's the good guy. Batman's the bad guy. There's your story. I don't see what all the hype is about this, but 
I'll probably I'll probably read the next issue while he's got really, really I know really he's hooked just to drop it because I, I think might just it is buy it complete and utter bullshit. <laughs> and that's my take on that. Like I said, uh, it contradicts um, not only you know it's it's the Elseworlds story, but it also the the reality that they're trying to push in relation to the real world. But I'm wondering what he's going to think of Creature of the Night now. I, know. I, I really wonder what he's going to go with with that. But it's not actual reality, but. SJW bullshit because I think I know where the real corruption lies and that's not on the side that you're getting told or you're led to believe. And that's about all I've got for this week because I'm just, I don't know. Maybe next week I'll get more comics that I enjoy. So Me too. um, I hope. Yeah, that's about it. So, Oh, I did not mention Batman Beyond from last week. I'm actually enjoying Batman Beyond a bit more again. I know it wasn't great. It wasn't excellent, but it's getting back to more of a Batman Beyond series. I agree. I actually enjoy reading and I don't feel frustrated. I thought last week was a filler issue. Advancing the plot at all. So, uh, it's, you know, yes, kind of too much of a rehash of the series. And if you're not a fan of the series, you're, not getting as much, but I don't think many people who aren't fans of Batman Beyond, unfortunately, um, the, the TV series aren't, I don't think many of those people yeah, are buying this, uh, he might be right. Current Batman Beyond series. And I agree with, um, you and everyone else out there that if it were more like Batman Beyond 2.0, it would be a lot better because yeah, be that, so cool. that was my Batman Beyond series. And now, because I'm one day on a positive note, so now so um, that's about all I've got. So I'm going to turn this Patreon spotlight off, uh, turn off the regular spotlight, mm-hmm. uh, keep it weird, and see you in seven. But well, he got cut off. <laughs> see you in the seven. See you on the sevens. See you on the sevens. Thank you, Dancing Mike. And yeah, I, I don't think that he's going to end up liking White Knight. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a twist that's going to get him on board. I just look at it as a kind of a, a thing against the normal comic booky thing of having a vigilante going around. I, I try not to look too much into it. But we're going to move on to somebody that Dancing Mike talked about on his rant, Raven. That is Richard Richardson. Eric. Richard Richardson here. Ah, it is a fucking shotgun blast of the ears. I know it's been a year since I called. It has been Eric, since last year. Eric, how are you, Eric? How I want to die. You, Jim? Good. How much have you missed me? I missed you a lot. Yeah. I yeah, like Richard Richardson. Richard Richardson. I, I may be the only one, but I do. Yeah. Dancing Michael loves him. Shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Boop, 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 poop. And a shout out to my buddy, Brick Dancing Mike. <laughs> nice. How you doing, buddy? There you go. Poop, poop. Symmetry. Today I'm calling for a reason because it is cold where I am. Yeah, it's, it's like cold five here. degrees out and very cold. And Grandma is very chilly and she's she gonna die. It's a tough time and for older do folks. Do I have any volunteers in the Get Fresh crew or Jim or I don't. I don't volunteer anymore. Yeah, I'll warm her up yeah, with tales of my youth. I will send you my address. Come on over, Eric. You know you want to. There's a lot of loving in the oven over here. 
Oh, you geez. You're warm for a former, apparently. Lot, a lot of for you. Yes. And since you saw your picture, she's in Yes. Love with I knew Eric. that was coming up. Come on over, Eric. Yeah, come on over. We'll be here freezing. Okay. Eric will warm your well, form. We'll see you on the sevens and seven. Yes. See you on the sevens in seven. That was old Richard. Richardson needs somebody to go and warm up. Mama, we're going to have grandma. our last. Yeah, grandma. I'm sorry. We're going to have our last rant and rave here. Hey, guys. <laughs> Guess who it is? If you thought it was the crawlspace creature. You be wrong. It's not her. taking over the mantle of the cellar dweller. Why is everybody doing that? Guess what? I haven't heard much from the so-called swear cellar swear dweller. <laughs> swear so dweller dweller. Like Daniel took over the mantle of the dream weaver from Lord Morpheus. The cross legs creature is moving on up. To We're down there. Guess what? I'm the cellar dweller now you can't do nothing about it because <laughs> the cellar dweller is no more the cellar dweller now sounds like a, a 40s a jazz singer it's like louis armstrong all, going uh, here i guess in the future you can expect me one show every other year or so talking about Talking about uh, horror films and franchises. <laughs> so that's all for me, guys. From I'm uh, moving on up. I'm the new cellar dweller. He's moving, on, up. He's moving on down, Eric. He's moving on down to the cellar. The crawl space creature is now the cellar dweller. I don't know what People... he's talking about. The cellar dweller tweeted something out today. Oh, he tweeted something, did he? he? Did. Oh, stop the presses. What What did he tweet, per se? Um, it, I don't remember what it was off the top of my head. Oh, you ago. don't remember because, of course, you wouldn't know. I, I'm Why going right I? now. I'm trying to find out right now what the cellar dweller may have tweeted. The problem is it's sometimes I have problems finding the cellar dweller's account, Eric. He has disappeared on me. Wait a minute. I'm going there. I'm on Twitter right now. You don't the do cellar that. dweller seems a lot of times I like to watch certain horror flicks that relate to how I'm feeling or ones that have aspects to things going on in my life. That being said, it looks like I'm going to watch Adam Green's Frozen tonight. All right. I will give that a one out of ten on tweets. Uh-huh. I, I don't think the cellar dweller had his game on at that moment. Though I see earlier in the, last year he had forty dollars for a wallet. I don't even have forty dollars in my wallet right now. Damn, that's a sweet wallet though. I do like that tweet, Eric. That was a good tweet of a uh, uh, what is that? A necromonicon or something? The I necronomicon. Don't even, wallet? Yeah, I don't even know. Is that what that is? That wallet? Yes, it is. That's pretty good. I wish that the cellar dweller had $40 in his wallet, though. I I worry about the guy. He's kind of been disappearing lately. We haven't seen much of him. But, Eric, that is the end of the rant raves, obviously. But before we go off to the mails, I want to tell you, Dancing Mike mentioned uh, the deal. We have uh, we've been doing our regular spotlight on Thursday nights that we put out, and we usually have been putting that on the podcast. We mentioned last week that we're not going to do that. I just wanted to throw that out there that this Spotlight's week's regular spotlight is Batman and the Signal number one. So if you want to listen to our review of that, you can listen on the regular feed 
uh, of Batman and the Signal Number One. And before we go off, I do want to mention that this Thursday for the spotlight, the regular spotlight, we are going to have our 2000, the Weird Science 2017 Best of DC Comics Awards show. Uh, that'll be Thursday, January 11th in place of the regular spotlight. There are going to be a listener's pick part of that. And to do that or get involved, you can go over to Survey Monkey, uh, and take the oh, poll Survey for Monkey. that. Survey Monkey, you can take the poll for that. I will put the link for that in the show notes. So if you want to get involved, uh, your picks, uh, the listener picks will be writer, artist, book of the year, which will actually have some picks and then also write in things of your biggest moment of 2017 and what you are looking forward to the most in 2018 but Derek that's the end of the intro we're going to stop right. for a second and we're going to come back with the mail yo it's mail call it's mail with you Boom! It is Mail with Jim. This is Mail Section Number One. And if you want to be involved in the Mail Sections and be the star, you can email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. We read every mail. Eric, including this one, which I missed last week. It is from Anna. And somehow I got it. Well, I know I got it. I was like, oh, this is such a good mail. And I was going to put it in different sections. You talked to me about it beforehand. And then yeah, I, I told you all about it. Shuffle. And that was the thing is that's why you can tell it was such a good one because the next day I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, wait a minute. Eric never told me about, you know, I, I couldn't remember us talking about it. And then I was like, oh, no. So oh, I, no. I emailed Anna and said, I screwed up and didn't read your mail, but we would make sure. And if, if people aren't aware, this is Hakeem's girlfriend. So this is Anna who says, hello, Hi, guys. So after watching The Last Jedi with my brother and nephew a few days ago, I began thinking about how each of us reviews movies and literature on titles that each of us holds dear individually. When we walked out of the theater after watching The Last Jedi, my brother and I couldn't even keep our disgust in check, Eric. <laughs> Same just here. Just throwing goddamn popcorn and soda uh, pop yes, on the people. Uh, just punching people. I think Anna just punched somebody in the face. Uh, on our ride back home, we kept bad-mouthing Rain Johnson, saying how we don't want him anywhere near Star Wars in the future and how he single-handedly killed any anticipation we had for Episode Nine. And I don't want to get in any fights with anybody, but I'm with Anna. That's how mm-hmm. I felt as well. I told you. I actually went into work before any of this nonsense of me going online and arguing with people or whatever. I said to you, I don't think I'm going to see episode nine in the theater and there'll be the first Star Wars movie that I wouldn't see in the theater, though I have an idea that I will go and watch episode nine in the theater. But my brother, I, went I so didn't far, watch episode eight in the theater. So my brother went so far as to say he would happily watch Phantom Menace a hundred times before he watches Last Jedi a second time. I don't know if I'll say that. You know what I'll say is I probably won't watch either in quite some time. The thing is, I I probably will watch uh, episode one before I will watch Last Jedi again. 
Yeah, Last Jedi, I think that it, it's not a – I don't know. Some people have said even Andrew Belfast, who's a huge Star Wars fan, did say when he watched it again, he appreciated it a little more than the first time. I just don't see any urge of me wanting to watch that again. No. But we'll see. Well, we, I turned to my 14-year-old nephew. He just shrugged and said it was okay. And All my right. kids loved it. My kids and I said, I think this is their trilogy. So that And they have they never got a these. beating like that. Like that no, ever I'm before. telling you, they still have black eyes. Uh you see, my brother and I grew up with the original trilogy, so did I. Yep. They were the movies we would always watch over and over throughout our childhoods. My nephew, on the other hand, only watched the original trilogy a couple of years ago and wasn't as attached to it as we were when we were his age. That got the me thinking. Trilogy? Uh, well, he just went with this, I guess. That, then nobody wants to admit that they like the prequel, except Dan Stransky. He's the only one, Eric. <laughs> He's Hello, weird science. There you go. You see, uh, it, he says, uh, my nephew, on the other hand, only watched the original trilogy. A couple of guys got me thinking, when a story or film does not satisfy a franchise we hold dear to our hearts, are we harsher than usual? I started thinking about the way I review Probably. my comics. When I read a Wonder Woman story, which I hate, I find myself very angry and cursing the author of that book in ways that's unlike me. But when it's, I do not, I never, I never do that, Eric. I do not curse people like that. But when it is a character that I'm indifferent to and i read a bad story about them i just find myself indifferent to it Meh. and just forget about it minutes after i'm done this is actually the case of supergirl and her current rebirth books and if you remember akeem told us that anna does read a bunch of steve yeah. orlando stuff i like the character but she didn't grab me uh, my heart the way wonder woman did this past summer this is going to sound silly coming from a 33 year old woman but there is no character i fell in love with more than diana prince after her movie not even luke and leia eric I can Poor see that. Luke the movie was great. I love As a result, I find myself much more protective of her and the way she is written in a story. I find that the author has to satisfy my criteria I built in my head for the it's story. It's like me to and Jason good. Voorhees. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Maybe this is unfair for the author, uh, which got me to thinking maybe me and my brother are being unfair on Rain Johnson. This had me curious on your opinion of Steve Orlando. Jim, I did hear on your show that Supergirl is one of your favorite DC, uh, female DC characters. Do you think Orlando's mediocre writing of her is also affecting your opinion of him as a whole? No, no, I, I think that he's just he's he's not very good. Uh, no, but if he wrote I have about no a character, with Steve Orlando, but I don't like his writing. Yeah, I think he's great. He on Twitter, he's a great. He seems like a really great guy. I just his writing is just bad. But uh, I'll go on because I do think that uh, she's onto something. If he wrote about a character you care less about, do you think you would be more forgiving? And that's the problem. Is that I think that if I wasn't doing the site or the podcast, uh it would be different, but because we have I know, to go I know into how, everything. I like, you know how invested you are in Vixen and the Ray and like yeah. Killer Frost. So maybe it's Lobo. that's why you give that book such a no, little that, that's because the you're problem. so invested in these characters. It's a, little, it's a little different because of us doing the site and the podcast. So I have to, you know, when we're reading these, I even have to, I, I love Nightwing, my favorite character. I can't go into that Nightwing book with that frame of mind because it, it wouldn't be fair. It, it with But... Where where you're saying, Anna, when you talk about Star Wars, yeah, I was pissed. I came out of that. So, yeah, I do think that in a normal deal, 
I am very much. And, and there are two things. You can go with, with two ways. You go into Star Wars, and I'll even go – keep Star Wars out of it. We'll go with Supergirl. Yeah. You have some of these reviewers, and they go in. Some people go like we're saying, like Anna does, like I think I do on the normal things. If I go into a Star Wars – I got to go to Star Wars. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do I because I can't say Supergirl because I review it as we review it. Uh, if I go to, into something that I love, I am not one that is going to pretend that I like it because I love it. Oh, so no, I not. am very much – I'm more harsh with it. I demand more from something that I really love. There are other people and there are people who review – this is where I'll go back to Supergirl. Some people right. review Supergirl and have told me personally – that they will not give Supergirl a bad review because if they do, they're afraid that Supergirl will no longer have a book and then they won't get the character they want. And that, I think that's faking that's crazy funk. Talk in my I mind. think it's crazy. I think they think they're a little more uh, important than they really are. But also, I can't do that. I cannot review a book and say, you know what? This is my favorite character, so I'm going to go more lenient. I am definitely more of the harsh where I, de- I demand more. Just I can't do that with the podcast or the site because that no. I just go with it clean slate and really then and because of that I go more technically for the writer so that's where you get a Steve Orlando where if he doesn't make sense if he goes against his continuity if he does crazy things that will affect me more in my review I think because I am a hundred percent looking to see if he's writing it good. I'm not yeah. going to be shaded by the idea that I love Supergirl, and at the end, if she's a hero by the last page, everything else is wiped clear. I ten can't do it. Ten out of ten. This is what I learned about myself. When someone writes Diana, Luke, and Leia in any quality that's short of great, it's an inexcusable deal in my book. But if you poorly portray characters I'm less attached to, say Black Widow or Supergirl, I simply shrug it off and forget about it. Now, this is where I'll also tell Anna that we do have that Marvel, you know, Marvel Mondays. And now I do have that Patreon show with the other comics. And yeah, I'll be, I'll be less, you know, stringent on those things because that's kind of a side deal. I get to pick books that I like. I'm not going to get that crazy about it. But when we're talking about DC Comics on our podcast and the show, I have to be 100% go with, you know, is this good or is it not? Yeah. Uh, hoping that there's never a time that I end up saying that a book is great. Somebody takes my advice and gets it and then says that I am an asshole. That's What's really wrong with what you drives me. Fuck? This is that a really, it, is, it really does make me worried if I do. That's why we don't necessarily say say like this is a great book there's only a couple times we will say that you know side things when i when i said to everybody you got to read legend of wonder woman yeah. uh that was because i thought that it was great and i thought american alien as well or even when yeah american alien or, or dancing mike earlier said that his batman beyond's batman beyond 2.0 by kyle higgins i'm right with it anybody who is any bit interested in Batman Beyond should check that out. I yeah, it know seems that like the book we're talking about right now it. with this whole situation is Batman Creature of the Night. Creature of the Night, which we really, uh, really enjoyed. Uh, yeah. And so she says that and she says, well, on that note, Happy New Year's, guys. P.S. Eric, Year, I watched Evil Dead 2 and I love it. Thanks oh, for thank the recommendation. God. Also loving the cellar dweller. I don't know why she's telling you that, Eric. Uh, because maybe- I know him. Maybe you can pass it on. I was yeah. not as, as big a fan as of Evil Dead 2 that you thought I would be when we watched that for the movie night. But that is from Anna. I think you I fell apologize. asleep through half of it, so I, I don't really I count I may have. That does happen. 
But yeah, thanks, Anna. And sorry you, Anna. that we didn't uh, talk about this last now, week. Now, Anna, go and watch Return of the Living Dead now. Oh, is that what you're going to tell Anna? Is that you yes. saying that? Or is that Cellar Dweller? Well, Cellar Dweller has told me personally to go watch oh. it. You know what? It's, I'm also Eric Shim. Like, Cellar Dweller, get the fuck out That's of town. Of course true. I like, love listen, Return of the Living Dead. Of course Dead. you like that. You're, you're not only just the Cellar Dweller. It doesn't have, you know, he's not the only one who can like horror movies. Eric Shea right. does as well. But thanks, Anna. And the next mail is from Jazz. And Jazz says, hey, Jim, Eric, and Reggie. This is Jazz from Australia. Jim, an accent is welcome and encouraged. So I have to go do that. This is Jazz from Australia. Good day. Is that good? I'm trying to – I'm really losing my voice again. I'm, yeah. I'm having a lot of problems. It's been quite a while since I wrote to the show. But I've been listening every week, and I just wanted you to let it's you guys know. Do not blow your voice out yet. How much you've helped me with my personal journey. I've been on for the last six or seven months. He's been on a personal journey. I mentioned earlier I'm very proud of him uh, as I decided to start losing weight. I struggled with weight issues my whole life, and I decided to try and get healthy. At my worst, I got up to 180 kilograms, which is about 400 pounds, Eric, because I know you don't know the conversion rate. And though uh, through eating right and exercise, I've lost – up to 150 pounds, which is awesome. awesome. That is so good. I just really wanted you guys to know that your show helped me get through those long, super long hours I've been spending on the treadmill by making me laugh and smile and take my mind off the grind of the exercise. And while not all the books have been great, hearing you guys talking about them has made my time at the gym really enjoyable. Uh, and I amazing. told him, I, I sent back, I said, don't give us any credit. You know, all the credits to him. Us oh, and our nonsense. Yeah, you know, I'm glad that we were able to help, though. Thanks, guys, and keep up the awesome work, and I'll keep supporting you as best I can. Insert random wrong turn sound bite here, Eric. I'm going to go with the classic here. Better fasten up. Your dues, Dame Clock, is going to be a bumpy ride. Or would you go with this? I like the killing. I like that so much. It's so He sounds so evil there, but I'm very like proud it. of you, Jazz, and keep going. That's awesome. Yeah, congratulations, Jazz. Keep going. The next mail is from Carlos. Carlos says, what's up, guys? How about those books, huh? I just had a few things I wanted to throw out there just for the fuck of it. First, Eric, I think you're turning the lights out in the bathroom while Wrong Turn is in there. It's absolutely fucking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong Turn has changed up his game. He says for the new year, he's going to become a man. He told me, he goes, I'm 26 and pretty soon there's going to be more numbers and I'll be 30. He knew it. More numbers. The band that was on is off now. Eric wasn't there the one day. Wrong turn came over, tried to get the band off. He apologized to me. I screamed at him for an hour. He just didn't get it, and then I let him go. I just – I gave up. I'm like, you you know what? Most people, the things that I yelled at him, most people would have told me to go fuck myself and ran away and maybe punch me in the face, and he didn't. He just would not give up, and I'm like, He manned it out. It's 2018, Jim. He did. It's a lot of numbers. What is his reaction to that when you turn off the lights? I don't know because I always walk away as soon as I do. I I open the door, turn off the light, and I walk out. Eventually, yeah. he'll come out and say, well, you know, uh, paybacks, bitches. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what he well, says. What are you talking about? No, like, this uh, is Carlos. That I sometimes, sometimes I play it off like I didn't do it. I wasn't in the bathroom. Sometimes I say, what are you going to do? What are you going to no. do? Are you going to go tell me? you going to go like, turn off the lights when the I'm in He says the craziest things. He, well, he why'd says, you do that? 
Because there I am, just trying to quickly take a leak, and while I'm in there, trying to concentrate on my pissing. I'm telling you, You're yeah. in a stall behind me, meowing and making goddamn meowing. belching and fucking fart noises and just doing all the nonsense Giggling. you could possibly do. So I'm going to punish you because I feel like I'm a punisher for some reason. I like to kill I want to teach you better. So yes. I'm going to turn off the light, hoping that you'll never do this again. He says also, I don't know if this has been mentioned or not, and I don't mean to be an insensitive asshole uh, that I am, but is he legally retarded? The answer is no. Surprisingly, it is no. The way you guys describe him in his voice clips, it just sounds like he might be. Jim, if that crosses some sort of line, feel free to delete that part of the email. Just figured I'd ask. No, he is not. He uh, told us the other day he's going to get his license and he's going to drive. So everybody in the Pennsylvania area, just watch out. Anyway, when it comes to the actual books, why is there not a Vic Sage book, Eric? He, he I, I was don't know, a side character in Suicide, in Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah, it we wasn't had the really question him, but... in the Trinity of Sin, who was not the question in my mind yeah. at all, and he has disappeared, and I have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, we're gonna I see. actually think if we ever do get a question book, it will not be Vic Sage. It'll be Rene Montoya again. Yeah, I do too. Wouldn't you guys love a Justice League Unlimited style, the question conspiracy type book? Jim, you really need to watch the entire the entirety of the DC Animated Universe already, by the way. What the hell kind of podcast is this? He Seriously. I'm telling you, if there's going to be a question book, I do believe you're right that it would be Rene Montoya. I also think it would be a six-issue mini, not an ongoing series. I think that DC is really going with these characters to be more of miniseries deal. Uh, I told you, I actually have an idea of another Patreon podcast where I do oh, watch oh, uh, some of the animated universe stuff. I don't have enough podcasts yet, Eric. I want to be in the world of Guinness Book of World Records. Is that still a thing? Is Maybe. this on, Eric? Does this rhyme? I would read the absolute fuck out of that. I love me a good conspiracy theory. Next, which would be a better series to pull, Batman Beyond or Super Sons? I would say Super, Super Sons. Super Sons. Yeah. I have been on the fence of picking either up, but just have yet to pull the trigger on either or both because I know Batman's they ain't all that great Batman's been meandering about right for now. two goddamn series now. Has not done much. At least Super Sons, I like – the first two arcs weren't great, especially that second on the no. crack out. I hated yeah. that, but we're getting into interesting territory where you could do a lot of fun stuff with that book. But I think Tomasi will. He, it might fizzle out at the end, like we're seeing in the Super Sons of Tomorrow arc right now, the big crossover. But Dan Jurgens has been writing the last two series of Batman Beyond, and they've really gone nowhere. Yeah. I, this, this is my favorite one. That is your favorite one, Eric. I knew that. But uh, while I'll say that uh, you're right there, I also think Super Sons is the way to go uh, because even just now, uh, you see it's more in the DC proper. And it'll have more uh, important things going on in that book. Batman Beyond, because it's in the future, they kind of can play off other things and it'll just be its deal. Maybe that's a caveat as well because you're not going to get much crossovers. But I think Super Sons is the stronger of the two. Uh, He says, I am still very interested in them uh, or I might pull neither. So he wants to know, but I'd go Super Sons. Now, if you guys are talking book of the year, then my vote would have to be JLA. Seriously, best book since ever. All the future comic book scientists will have this book in their comic book school curriculum. I'm fucking with you. I'd never read a page of that book. I just want to know these future comic book scientists. I want they wouldn't them. know. That's the only book they'll find, so they'll try to make up something. In reality, I'm all for Batman White Knight. 
Just don't tell Dancing Mike. There are a few negatives, in my opinion, of the book, like the Dick Grayson-Jason Todd deal. Of course, I realize that all things out of continuity are free-for-all for writers, but still. Some of the custom decisions. It actually makes a lot of sense that it opened up a whole wide world for White Knight that I never expected. I blew your mind. He informed me while performing. I don't know if I was performing at that point, but I was informing you. Aren't you always uh, R and I, Eric, performing in this thing we call life. Some of the costume decisions I don't like, but I know he was trying to make his own stamp on this book. I wonder if people listening for the first time are wondering why my voice sounds like such shit. You know, they'd be I like, am. I like this this podcast a little. I like this Eric guy, but this Jim guy, boy, why do they have him talk What's up so with much? Froggy over here, Jesus yeah, really. Christ. Hey, guys. I fucking hate Long Snout, Killer Croc, and Bane looks weird. Another thing I don't like I hate is Long that, Snout, Killer Croc, too. It fucking is that at me least, as of the time I'm writing this, the Joker is not a murderer. I feel like that is part of his character. But I, can, I get what he can't have Jack in the position that he is in if he has been a killer. I, I need to hit the wrong terms there. I, I got to go. I'm off of that now. Where is it? Here we go. I like the killing. Yes, yes. Although he I guess he might have killed Clayface, but the public doesn't know that, and I don't care what Mad Hatter says. Also, what time period is this in? I see a lot of old-timey cars, but modern-day technology reminds me of the TV series Riverdale. These are really small negatives. Or the animated series, which he does yeah. a lot of stuff with. I wouldn't know, Eric. They're outshined by the positives of the book to me. First, I do love the art. I think it's amazing. I do as well. Each character looks great in their own way. My favorite panel of the series so far is Batman locked up in the first issue, towering over an arrogant Jack. Also, as I have said before, I love an asshole, violent, brutal Batman, and here that is what we get throughout the series. I also always love a beyond intelligent Joker. Plus, he fucked Harley on a bar. It's pretty sexy, Eric. Pretty cool guy. Eric, I know No, he hate... just finger-banged her on a bar. Oh. He left the love make until they got back to their own Yeah, they got back later. Eric, I know you hate the nods towards all the previous Batman TV shows, movies, and comics mentioned and shown in the book, but I think it's handled appropriately enough, and I really like it. Finally, overall... at this point. It's just yeah. it was a, like a big jarring moment it was for me when I jump into this miniseries, and it's like, gone all against it seems like he's handpicking like, everything yeah. he wants for his own series. Like, why not do your own work then? But Isn't no, that I've an homage, that Eric? And homage. Well, yeah, it's homage. Some people call it theft, whatever. Nah. Finally, overall, I love this story. A great what-if story grounded in as much realism as possible in this comic book universe. Great characters, great art, and great writing. So anyways, I read the Batman and Robin Volume 1, as you recommended. I thought it was great. That is awesome. the New 52. Still waiting on the New 52 podcast you guys are making for this. It's the next one up on the Patreon account. Had a really great time reading it. Love the Bruce and Damon dynamic interactions. I read all of Volume 2 as well, but that definitely fizzled out. Out. Love the Damien versus every other Robin parts, though. But uh, seriously, it is super fucked that Jason was not even invited to that painting thing. God damn it. We've Why been can't yelling he about be it on that ever fucking since. painting? Maybe Bruce was just putting on a show when he was grieving Jason, but now that he is back, he believes deep down that dead is better. I don't know. Tell me about that painting, Eric. I, I'm telling you, it really upset me, especially when we had the idea, you know, Damien then died during this whole thing where, like, you know, they're having yeah. the painting done. Damien was never finished before he died. It was a big problem. So when he finally came back and he had superpowers, he could do all the shit he needed to do when he came back to life. He finished the painting and put himself in. I'm like, this was the perfect moment where you could add Jason to the painting. No fuss, no muss. But no, yeah. fuck that guy. He's out. Yep. Yeah, since we're on the topic, well, can you listen to my voice now? I just I coughed, Eric, and I I drank some drink. Got all drink. the demons out? Just think, listen to me now. I sound great, don't I? Don't fuck S- this up. 
Since we are on the topic, well, I'm I'm very impressed with that. I just I guzzled guzzled coffee good, just now. Since we are on the topic of the new Fifty Two podcast, can I make a request? Injustice Year One for the first game, Eric. Eric, <laughs> he says, I know it's not new 52, Injustice game. Year One. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, it is not new 52, though I loved it. I reviewed most of it or at the end of that on the site and loved it. It was one of my books of the year, one of the years for, uh, I, I don't know, was that 2014 or something like that? I don't like even that? know anymore. But I it thought was that book was ago. great and just finished reading it again like the second or third time. Yeah, I heard nothing but good things. Oh, it's so good. Would love to hear your thoughts on it. Superman makes a great villain, and I love how throughout the series, not just year one, he makes a gradual, realistic approach when it comes to becoming evil. I will say that at one point, maybe we'll put that as a back issues deal. I, I did love the whole the idea, Patreon. too, because I played the game and beat it. You read the the prequel comics, so together yeah, never played we knew games. everything that was going yeah, on. me and you combined, <laughs> Eric, into a Transformer that transforms from shut a up. bathtub into a sink. Like, he doesn't just go from nice guy Superman to Hitler in the span of a few days. I dropped the Injustice 2 book recently. I felt as though it did not have the same gravity as the first. I haven't read much of it. Brandon took it over for the site, and I have other things going. I'll probably read it and trade eventually. Uh, but that, that first volume is, is awesome. It's one of the best things I've ever re- uh, read. I must have said written. I'm no. going to take credit. It wasn't Tom Taylor. It was that, me. No, that was an homage of yours, Jim. You're yes, it was. It was an homage. Also, there is no way Green Lantern and the Flash should have been pardoned in the sequel series. It's true. Green Lantern became a mass murderer and even killed his close buddies. Flash was entirely complicit with every operation in the regime and even he killed was just following King Shark. Orders, Jim. Or whoever with a goddamn broom. I remember that. That was crazy. So in conclusion, Eric, what are your guys' favorite episode of Rick and Morty, Seinfeld? And also, what is your favorite Batmobile? Uh, movies, comics, or TV? Minus between uh, Batman, the animated series, and Batflex. Anyways, don't work right. too hard. I have my picks. My Rick and Morty is Total Rickall. Season 2, Episode 4. If you don't know which one that is, that is the introduction of Mr. Poopy Butthole sure and the, uh, the aliens that came in that go with the all parasites. the parasites. Uh, the parasites, yeah. I, I thought that was the best episode the minute I saw it, and I haven't changed since. What is yours, Rick and Morty? Thing is, I couldn't pick just one, so I actually did my favorite episode per season just because I, I, I wanted no. to. So season one, M. Night Shemalians, season yeah. two, Total Rick All, and season three, the Rick Shank Rick Demption. Yeah, yeah, that was that was almost in my deal. Uh but yeah. I know I, I couldn't I pick. Like Total Rick All. Uh, my favorite Seinfeld episode at the moment, me and Eric have been talking about it lately. It is the cigar store Indian. And I even went back and watched it because of this. I watched it this afternoon. And I even forgot the whole deal was that was the episode with the TV guides. In it, and at the oh, end, yeah, when Al Roker steals Jerry's gyro, it, when it gets caught, <laughs> it, it is one of my favorite episodes of all time. I love it. I know that everybody goes with the contest. Uh, that is probably the one of the best, it, it, if it not is, the it's a great best. Episode, it's one the of one... the best sitcom episodes of all time. But the Cigar Store Indian makes me laugh so much. Uh, what is yours? I think just because the contest is so loved, I can't have that as my top one, even yeah. though I do enjoy it enough. But they're like the one I love is the really George centric episode, the opposite, where George goes and does that everything is great opposite too. he would normally do, yeah. and it just works out for him, and it makes me laugh every yeah, time I watch that it. Is, that is so good. Uh, my favorite Batmobile is the Batman '66 Batmobile. I love it. Uh, that'll probably always be my favorite Batmobile. What is yours? 
That would probably be my favorite Batmobile always as well, but I also have a little thing with the Super Friends Batmobile, which you also got as the Superpowers yeah. line of action figures. Yeah. I love that. Bat- it was my first Batmobile that I really had, like, and saw was the, like, the animated version of that, and I still... <laughs> I've been waiting, Eric. I got that for this. <laughs> Keep going. I didn't no, want I'm to. Good. I, I'm not. I'm not interrupting you. No, I I'm just good, wanted man. to I'm do. Good. I got that. I, I just. I thought that that was. I, that is getting back at you for turning the lights off for uh, you know, wrong turn. No, I want to hear what you say. Go, go with it, Eric. I, I, I finished gonna, it. I'm done. I'm not gonna. You're. You're. Well, what is your second favorite then? Because that, I just. I, wanna, I told you too. What? Okay. Well, there we go. I ruined the mood, Eric, as I always do. And I think I'm losing my voice again. I, I, I'm upset now that I upset you. But that is the end of mail section number one. Thank you, everyone involved. And we're going to go on to start the books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love. The meat and the cheese that we crave. Right, Eric, and here we are, and it is time for. It's time for meat and cheese. It is time. for I love meat, meat and cheese. Wrong turn. You love. Do you? Do you love? It's time for meat and cheese. Ah, uh, yes. It's so good to have wrong turn back on the podcast after just a little bit off. He got uh, a couple episodes off. Uh, what two spotlights off? I was going to say he was fascinated from two spotlights. Two spotlights, but now he is back and he's ready for the attack, Eric. He's ready to go. And we love him. But, yeah, this is the meat and cheese. And it's a weird meat and cheese because I think for the first time ever, it's going to be the green section as the meat and cheese. So and that crazy. is pretty the wacky. The spotlights and the Patreon spotlights have gobbled up all the big books of the week. Yeah, yeah, because usually this would be where we would talk Batman, Superman, say Batman and the Signal. Those are all either on our regular spotlight, which was Batman and the Signal, or a Patreon spotlight, which was Batman and Superman. So we do get... A green section as the first section. That's cool, though. It is an actual legitimate proper green section. Now, before we do go, I want to say that we do have a website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, where you can go and read all of these reviews that you're going to hear later and even the ones that we have on the Patreon spotlight and the regular spotlight. But, Eric, since this is a green section, we're going to start with a Green Lantern book. I cannot... I, Luke would kill me. I know. If I keep forgetting the oath. Now, I actually, because of all this craziness with getting the new computer and changing up the soundboard, I actually have the Lantern Oath as its own separate thing. So I think, I think I will try not to forget it again. But here we go. Before we go into those, here's the oath. Brightest day and brightest night. 
No evil escaped my sight. No warthroots, evil mites. Beware of my power, green's light. Ah, uh, yes. That's a powerful go. retard right that there. That is a powerful... <laughs> A powerful retard indeed. Yes, he is there, and he's going to push us into this first book, though. I don't know if I'm that hyped up for this book, but I don't. Maybe you are, Are Eric, you hyped but... up for any of the books in this section? No, I am yeah. not. I'm Our not. first section, it's kind of a stinker yeah, in my mind. Yeah, it is a bit of a stinker, but let's start with the Green Lanterns. Give it to me, Eric. Green Lanterns number 38, written by Tim Seeley, with art by German Peralta, Ulysses Ariola, and Dave Sharp. It's time to take on the Red Tide, and after finding out where Keshkur is hanging out, the Regent and our Green Lantern heroes, with Lisseth Vak in tow for some reason, go to end this madness. Too bad they only find more madness in the form of experimentation that grafts the gifts of certain alien races to the Red Tide, and it appears that Lisseth Vak was the master behind behind it all along. Yeah, well, oh, a twist. Uh, oh, a uh, twist indeed. This whole it's deal. It's such a weird thing because yeah. where we ended last issue with the whole cliffhanger after Simon and Lisseth had their sexy time, she's like, I know that, you know, it was Keshkura who killed Commander Sight. It wasn't the Podfather. I know because I'm the Red Tide. Where we jump into this, I feel like we miss an entire issue because now it's just all of a sudden, you know, the Regent and Jessica Cruz going and taking out the Red Tide, like, factions, the little headquarters yeah. they have looking for Keshkura. Yeah, all I can think of is that uh, Lissa Vak, a- after this, ended up saying, like, listen, I learned my air of my ways, and this is where they are, and she's trying to use this as a way, but they never showed this no. until the end with the twist. But you you can maybe guess that she told them because she wanted to clear out uh, Keshkur and all this so that she could take control. But I, out of nowhere, I half of this issue is out of nowhere. Like, since she's the region's daughter, no actions are taken against her for her no. involvement in this goddamn no, shit. No, nothing. It just seems and like she's just e- because she's, she's even brought along at the end. Like, oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's she's brought along you again. Know, you know, this pop singer, fucking star of Angara. Let's bring her on this life and death mission. Yeah, and and you do have at the beginning, you get a little interrogation, some uh, bad cop, bad cop. It seems, uh, you know, trying to get some information. But the the problem is throughout all of this, so bad cop, and what the hell are you doing, cop? Yeah, and with this, we already know that. The, like the pod father he is not guilty we know yeah. this so you have that whole thing and then it does twist and turn into a kind of uh i don't know one of the reviews and i read one of the reviews to you they were really big on the social justice warrior bit uh, in this issue and i don't see it as that bad because they are space cups the green lanterns do go around and this is a sort of thing that would happen in space what i have a problem with is just a story that makes no sense that seems to be just doing nothing just to do it and to go space, you know, to take up space. And I don't really even like the interaction between Simon and Jessica. No, it just, and you don't even get so much off. of that as it goes because, you know, you just have that one conversation in space about how they should use their powers. And if this is yeah. the case, like, you know, is this our jurisdiction, this political power that's going on? Do we step in on this kind of scale? Shut up. We got some stuff to do, dummy. But the weird thing is, is in the meantime, what they really are doing is an innocent alien has, uh, you know, said that he did the killing. I like the killing, Eric. And uh, so right there would be something that you would want to stop. And also it, it just when they go up into space and they start yelling at each other, it seems like it takes the book 
you know, five steps back again, where where Simon's like, listen, is this an anxiety thing, Jessica? Because I, I know that that's what you got going on. What? No, this isn't that. I'm not having personal issues. Are you? And then they start yelling at Jessica with the, you know, you couldn't get a job. And, and I don't know if you didn't Ooh, hook up, go. but are you pissed off now? And I'm just like, I, I don't know what happened here. And it really does seem like we missed an issue because well, things you, because- just really escalate very quickly. When us. we jump in and we're like, you know, fighting off all these red tide agents and shit like that, trying yeah. to find Cash Kerr, it seems like we've been at this for a while, just from the yeah. like, way it feels. And then we go to Simon, who just, I don't know what he's been doing. He just walks in, Podfather, why'd you confess to this? I was doing what I thought what needed to be necessary for my people. Let him go. All yeah. right, the end of Podfather. Like, yeah, and Simon, Podfather. Why did this take so long compared to what the Regent and goddamn Jessica were doing? And it, it's so weird because Podfather, his explanation now isn't like we thought last issue. We thought Podfather was doing this because, listen, if I confess – uh, you guys can smooth it out. They'll execute me. They'll, I'll be, you know, uh, they'll have their subject. They'll have, uh, you know, me in their, you know, bullseye. They can get rid of me, hate me, and then you guys work. No, it just ends up that he says, you know what? We should have probably died on our planet, but I was the one trying to save my hide. So I took the Green Lanterns. I, I took your guys' rescue and went, and now I feel bad, so I think I should die. And it just, like even it, that doesn't even ring true to me because no. when Jessica was down there, Simon and Jessica were trying to convince all the Molites, yes. we got to get you off your planet. Things are going to go bad. You're going to die. No, we want to die on our planet. And then Jessica gives a rah-rah speech. And they Everybody's were all, all with it. it. Yeah, yeah. Podfather yeah. might have been the first to say, yes, let's go there. Everybody, you're damn right. Let's go yeah, there. Yeah, and like, Podfather, they could have had this where Podfather was like, listen, I brought my people here. I'm the leader. They look at me to lead. And I thought this was a good idea. Obviously, it's not. This is an awful planet. They hate us. So I, I just feel guilty. But just saying that you have killed somebody is just going to make it worse. Yeah. You didn't do it. And in the meantime, is playing into the hands of the Red Tide as well. But, aliens. Yeah, but again, we don't really know much about the Red Tide. They, it's just stuff thrown well, out there. We I'm, saw some protests, but not really much. And that and they the hate Ab and Sir now. Even that, the whole thing, it just seemed to be like, you know, gathering the people to what they believe. Yeah. The Red Tide has just been this constant, as far as I'm concerned, was the last issue. I'm sure we saw something of it. Even when we saw Keshkar before and the idea that he did not want these lousy molites on yeah. his home planet, it just never really felt all that fleshed out for no. this whole thing. Even, you know, the Podfather giving himself up, we may have been right, too, because we don't see any other Ingarns going and protesting after he was locked up. The streets were cleared after that. Yeah. It was fine. They got it's what they wanted weird. to see. Like, I it's, don't know Ingarn yeah. politics. And now they're going to they're gonna go, and the regent's going to go, and she's going to attack him. And listen there. It's like, listen, Mom, you know what? Oh, the only reason I went with the Red Tide is because you kept me isolated. And then they, they talked their magic talk. And, and it made sense because of what you did, Mom, what you did. So, you know what? Please let me help. Okay, give her my sword. I'm you're like, lucky you're is, not in prison, you goddamn I'm like, this there. is a bit. Not even just that, but just, okay, well, she's going to come. I'll keep an eye on you, and you can use my sword. Yeah, and you will take my sword. I'm like, why are you arming her? She just, she has a tattoo. She, <laughs> she went through that amount of time to get a tattoo, and you would think that she's somewhat committed, which she does end up being, but then you get uh, Keshkar. tattoos for stupid reasons, Jim. Yeah, I have well, the tattoos, then, like, I, wrong I wish I never got them. Come on. Yeah, really. That's why my body is a temple. I do not get tattoos, Eric. I would not want to desecrate this temple that I call my body. But you go, and then all of a sudden you have Keshkar, who we didn't really have anything about. 
You know no, what I mean? Now all of a sudden, kill Commander Sight one yeah. time and it just kind of disappeared after yep. saying, "Oh my God, all the people of Angar are rallying against the Moites." All right, I'm now, off. Yeah, now all of a sudden he's you know calling everybody to arms. They're they're all with him. He's talking about the you know the sound of the ocean. The, you hear this, and here we go. And they go to attack him, uh, the Green Lanterns and the region, the, you know, and when they attack, they end up going in this cave and find that it's a lab slash a morgue because there's a bunch of dead test subjects in there. <laughs> and and even, now this issue just bit, turns so crazy. Even the whole bit when the Green Lanterns, the region of Lisseth come onto the shores where the freaking the lab is and they start fighting Keshkur and the, the freaking Red Tide troops. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's like this weird progression where, oh, there's a Green Lantern explosion. Like, like, oh my God, all the guards that were supposed to, like, you know, protect Lissavak are dead. Yeah. Where yeah, is she? All dead. You know, oh my God, she must have gone in there after him after they got killed. I'm like, are you are you serious? We we just went through all this stuff and like she yeah. had to be on this mission. And why is everybody so blind? Yeah, why did they think that? And she has the sword. She's just off, you know. I don't know. You know what? People will forgive a hot pop singer. Eric, just I look guess. at Britney Spears. She, she has nine lives, Sell, that, that she woman. She is selling out shows in Las she Vegas She is right in now, Vegas. Jim. In Vegas. I remember just a, a while ago, Eric, it seems like she was shaving her head and going nuts. But there you go. It's nine <laughs> lives. Because, yeah, then you have Keshkur, who's basically shows that he's a goddamn mutant, that he is one of those. like, And it, it's kind of like that typical deal, the, a guy who has these mutant powers. He was uh, DNA sli- spliced by the Angarans. Out of nowhere, this whole thing, we need to have a background for Kashkir because he's just been a no, guy in the just background out there. Who, he's who just hates screaming aliens. Yeah. And now that, you know, we have taken the fight directly to Kashkir, he's like, you know what, Region, you and I, we have a backstory together during the Angaran War. You experiment, experimented on me. I'm like, yes, but I... I needed to find new ways of weapons and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Where the fuck did any of this yeah, come this from? This is out of nowhere. Like, why wouldn't she have, like, at least at one point, like, huh, Keshkur, he seems familiar. Or something like this. He was on the ship with them and stuff like that. Now, all of a sudden, he's got goddamn fucking octopus hands. And he's like, look, this is what you did to me. And this is why, like, you know, you get that typical deal. He has alien DNA spliced in him. And he hates the thing that he hates the most about himself. Uh, I don't mind that. It's like See, me. Even these I filthy hate. aliens, they don't, I don't want them on my planet. But they do have some uses. Yeah, well, see, it's you always do hate the thing you hate about yourself the most. That's why I hate I sexy hate short I people. I yeah. hate sexy short people, Eric. I just can't stand it. Uh, but yeah, as this is going on, you do have um, uh, Keshkur grabbing the region, like basically like, oh, you know what? You're going to realize that I have the power now, all these, these stinking, l- lousy green lanterns. And then Lisseth just comes behind with that sword that is so forced for her to have anyway, and just like, surprise, I'm here, guys, and stabs him through I, the I'm back. I'm telling you, the thing, the thing is, even before that, there is a problem I have. It's like, all right, we got the Green Lanterns. I'm Keshkar. I got the Green Lanterns coming to you. I got yeah. the fucking Regent here, freaking Anthene. She, she's coming at me. I have some alien powers. I'm going to use some of this, but I might not fucking make it through. Thank God, though. I have this whole system set up where the screams of the people I experimented yeah, on yeah. are sent out and become to pure fear. Become pure fear. Just knock out the Green Lanterns. I'm like, yeah. the fuck did you just say to me, Tim Seeley? Yeah, that's what he did. He actually had the recordings. Concentrated fear. The recordings of the test subjects in this lab that he played. It's almost like where they say the the Seattle Seahawks 
pipe in fucking oh, crowd yeah. noise, Eric. He is piping in crowd noise to fight the Green Lanterns, but it makes no sense. And all of a sudden, their willpower is, is weakening. You have Jessica, ring, what have we got? Willpower low. Why? Why would willpower I, I be low? Know. Wouldn't you get more pissed off that he's doing such a hokey thing and get pissed? But the, yeah, like it's not fear. Like what? It's con. That whole idea of concentrated fear through the sound. I'm telling you, the region yeah. and theme. She's fine. She's not affected by any goddamn no. fear. But the Green Lanterns, who are supposed to be able to overcome fear, they're fucking not. Oh, I, I hope that Keshkur doesn't decide to monopolize on this. And now he's dead. But hopefully, he didn't write this down because the Green Lantern Corps will be in big problems. Uh, it, all you have to do is have recorded fear. Oh God! I'll tell you, I can imagine. You know, it's Halloween time. People, people put on that like haunted house fucking background music during haunted. Oh oh, my God! You hear chains and a door, and they're like, "Oh no, (laughs) that would be so good." I'm looking for my other hair. Like, oh my God, willpower spiking. Oh no, no Uh, more willpower. I don't have it. Oh no! Now it's even. Hello, weird science. Two percent, Eric. Oh my god! I don't get it. Oh my god! I like. I like to imagine that even like Brandon and even us at the time when Jessica came in and freaking started yelling. Yes. That it's, was concentrated fear right there. And there you're like, oh, good, 100, 140 percent. Hear me, Jim? No. <laughs> Willpower falling. Oh no, negative eighty. Oh god, to Betsy, it's over, Eric. It's over. <laughs> Yeah, concentrated fear, nonsense. And then what you have is Lissa Falk there. It's basically uh, goes, stabs, Keshkur, and like, it's almost like you're supposed to be like, oh, thank God you killed Keshkur. <sighs> I killed him because he was nonsense. He didn't realize this was our ultimate weapon. He didn't go far enough. I think he was going pretty far at that he point. He full retard with it. Yeah, yeah. So basically she does. She's going out full now out. Now she, so, she has the freaking, yeah, the, the Durlins. Because, yeah. Martians, new gods for some new reason, gods for some and the Kaluans who were it's like brainiacs, like race. I'm yeah, like, yeah. What? Yeah. What? Like, where are all these aliens coming from? Well, and, and even and, at the one point, there's a uh, Zarnian that it's freaking like strapped. Yeah, up Zarnian is, is said. Yeah. Like, yeah. When again, was Lobo the last Zarnian? No, again, Lobo was never the last Zarnian. That's just Lobo who thinks <laughs> he is. I mean, him and, and Superman have to get together and start talking about who the last son of anything is. Uh, but yeah, you have the surge engine, Eric. Yeah. But that basically, it looks like uh, Lissith just goes in. And just because she's near it and says it, all of a sudden she has the, you know, she's going to use serious, it. I'm serious, Matt. Please tell me more about you being a, like, you know, as in Lisseth Vok. Yeah. Tell me more about you being a chimera and what that means on Ungar. Let's get more yeah. into that, yeah. please, because that was something that was at least, you know, not over the top, but could be interesting. Now we have this, yeah. all these alien races that's thrown on top of the chimera thing, which I don't even understand what that well, is. But and, and, yeah. what the fuck? Even with that, you have it where it looks like she's going to, you know, use the surge engine. With what aliens? They all look dead. They all look like they're corpses. What? What is she going to do? Sometimes, well, Eric, thing. dead I, I is imagine, better. I imagine that the thing is what they're going to do. Like, you know, I uh, they, they've extracted the power, whatever the, where the power comes from in aliens, and now it's in a database. It's almost like it's what we had. It's in the database, huh? Yeah, what, what was that, that Titan story we had where they're like the harvest, not harvest, but um. Yeah, I know. When, when the, yeah, out the, the fearsome the five were giving out the they meta. Were giving yeah. out meta powers. It's almost like that in my mind. Yeah, it's nonsense. Is what you're it's telling it. me. Complete and utter nonsense. But yeah, it ends with. Uh, but that's, I don't five. have a problem with that. Like you know, they could have some goddamn power stuff. Oh, I don't I mind. Don't I just think it'd be funny if she just presses a button and all of a sudden she has alien powers out of nowhere just because of that. Uh, as far I would as I guess, know from what we get this issue though, the red tide's dead except for her. 
Yeah. Well, it, it, she had a great plan. Her great plan was, okay, I'm part of the red tide. I'm going to sell everyone else out but me. And then I will take it uh, to the extreme. Well, she, it's she's very on guard. We don't know what the driving age is on Angara, so she That's might not true. have a ride to get to this goddamn coast well, where the lab was. Not. She needed she, to get there, so but, I gotta sell my people out. Tell my mom I need. I to I was go. gonna say it's Bam. ass gas or sell out all your people. She took uh, you know B and C and D. She took them all. She just did it all. It just. Out of nowhere, she's just – it's so funny. It's just that classic cliffhanger there, and it just didn't make sense, the progression. And so many times during this issue, like you said, where you're like, no, no, why are you trusting her? She has already admitted to Simon and everyone else then of being part of this red tide. It's fine that she's like, oh, you know, I see the air of my ways. Yeah, lock her in a room. Don't let her go with you and give the sword to her just to give it to her. It's nonsense, but what concentrated did you give it? fear, Jim? Yes, concentrated fear. I, di- I didn't mind the art in this issue. I actually liked a lot of it, but uh, I had to give this issue a five point three out of ten because the story. I'm telling you, it felt like we jumped in. I was missing something, and the yeah. progression was just ridiculous because we had to get our lanterns fighting for no particular reason at all. I don't know if he was trying to push some kind of political agenda. I didn't really get anything yeah, out I, of it, I didn't and I didn't get anything that. out of the story from it. And it was just a, like you know this plot twist, like the freaking Batman we had this week. You could see a mile fucking way. Yeah, the only thing is when they had the discussion, like, look at us, we couldn't get jobs, and it's because of how we look, and maybe we don't belong there. I don't mind that talk. I actually don't mind Jessica and Simon kind of like, you know what, this is kind of a little bit past what we normally do. We're supposed to show up and punch things with fucking boxing gloves and things like that, not, you know, this, and maybe we went too far, though, if they were... Uh, the ring would tell them. At points, yeah. the ring does tell them, like, you can't do this, you can't do that. So it is odd. You are the space cop. This is in your sector. It is a fucking civil war that's just about to start. So you think that you should be involved. But I don't know. My willpower is back. That is inappropriate. Oh, no. Oh, Eric, yeah, it's down. Uh, Fear it is. But, yeah, uh, uh, what did you give it? What did 5. you say? 5.3 out of 10. Now I'm going to go 5.5. I like the art, but uh, the story just – it's not even anything with a, an agenda that bothered me. It was just out of nowhere. It seemed very disjointed. It seemed like we had missed an issue, and it just left me confused for the most part. So, yeah, 5.5 out of 10. We're going to move on to the next green book, Eric, because this is the true green section. It's Green Arrow number 36. Written by Ben Percy and art by Juan Ferreira and somebody, Eric. There is no credits page on this book. There wasn't That's in weird. the there wasn't in the uh, the uh, review copy, and I couldn't find it in the actual copy either. So something is going on. So we're going to give Juan Ferreira full credit. Green Arrow continues, and even though we don't get much push to the story, this issue, it's still a bit of fun. We do see that Ollie's trial will be coming eventually, and it may be without the help of Wendy Poole, but the main draw is one for his awesome art, and a fun battle royale that ends with a cliffhanger that can't possibly be the end of Emiko, right, Eric? I hope not. It's not. I'm telling you. They, how many times are you going to push in this issue Emiko saying... He, Ollie never calls me green, red arrow. Oh, he doesn't call me red arrow. He doesn't call me red arrow. In the cliffhanger, when she gets hit by the arrow, he says, oh no, red arrow. And all <laughs> it's going to be the next issue is her waking up, opening her eyes. See, I knew I could get you to tell me that, or call me that. I guarantee you, I will bet you a, a lunch at the at goddamn Taco Bell? at Taco Bell, but if I'm right, you have to pay. I'm not gonna do a sucker's bet again. <laughs> I'm telling you, it has to be. She pushes it so much, and then he does yell it. Um, 
This issue does not push the story forward much at all. It, it ends what are you, up. What are you talking about? We have the death of Broderick finally out yeah, of nowhere. I that thought he was dead three issues ago. But again, I was this, he was. it does kind of tie up some loose ends. At least you have that. It starts off, and and I'm telling you, the whole deal of it going monthly is start. It, it actually has affected me. I told Eric when we were at work. I said, you know what? I thought that we already saw Oliver get rescued, and for some reason, obviously we we know he will be. Yeah. Uh, so. Right now. In my, yeah, yeah. in my mind, I don't know why I thought he already had, but that's how you start. You end up seeing uh, Henry and uh, and Black Canary going down and rescue him. In the meantime, you get a lot of things going on in spread pages where you see Diggle wake up, Merlin's gone. And then he's like, yep, he's coming to get you, oh. And then you see Wendy Poole, or not Wendy Poole, uh, Kate Spencer. It's so Spencer. funny to me, too, because it's the way the spread page works out. Like, we have the progression of one panel all the way across the screen, then it goes down to another situation. Yeah. The one with Diggle, where he wakes up, he's like, oh, man, the door's open. He goes out, and he sees the footprints of Merlin going yeah. away. Then you see Diggle's face up close, and he's talking to himself. At first, so I didn't realize that when I'm reading the progression. I thought it was Merlin in the distance. Is the other, really? He's coming to get you, boy. <laughs> he's you like, he's coming to oh. get you, oh. Yeah, it's funny. And the way Juan does it, there's you know big uh, pictures on on the right side of the panel. It's really yeah. good. I like the way it is. And uh, then you see Kate Spencer there at the King County Courthouse trying to get a jury going. They're trying to select a jury. And it's obvious that Oliver has pissed off a lot of people. It's going to be very hard everybody to get a jury. Everybody knows Oliver Queen in Seattle because he slept with everybody's sisters. Yes, he has. Now, if you ask me, uh, I do think Juan was giving a little wink-wink as well. The guy who says he was speeding and ran over my dog, it looks a lot like Ben Percy. That that looks like that is it Ben does. Percy. Yeah, so I think that he was kind of playing with that as well. And uh, you got, and I'm sure these other guys might be someone, including the he slept with my sister, might actually be Juan himself. It does look <laughs> like him. But, uh, yeah, everybody thinks that Oliver's a piece of shit, and, and Kate Spencer's like, yep, I think we're going to need an outside jury. I think that is just to delay the trial more so that we and can even have that, other I don't even know what on. that means because I'm not, you know, hip on courtroom lingo and shit like that. What's an outside jury? That means that it's going to be somebody from outside of Seattle. Like that. The, right. like, I'm he saying, has, how do you get that? Like, can you imagine you get a goddamn letter in the mail or something like that? Oh, you have jur- jury duty. What? But I live in California. No, I'm, I don't think it's that outside, but it would be outside of the city. They're trying to find people who haven't been screwed over by Oliver Queen. I'm guessing that the, the running joke will be it's going to take a while and a very far outside jury to get it going. how long this goes just because they keep yeah. trying to get a jury together and it's the same shit over yeah, and over everybody again. Everybody just is like, just nope, prolong that's the story. bullshit. Yeah. So they end up, and then you get Henry and Canary who are going to get Oliver, and they do go down. They grab him. They save him from this. They happen the to see fucking, Moira leaving and the guy. Yeah, yeah, like the yeah. Queen Industry sub. Yeah, and then they save him from this monstrosity of a uh, sea whatever I, I hate monster. The ocean so much. And yeah, so do movies I. And comics. I believe all this shit is down there, so yeah. I'm never going to the goddamn. Yeah, ocean. no. So they grab him, they pull him in. He is actually looks like he, you know, he's having the bends even possibly, but he's gonna die. It looks like. In the meantime, we go from there. And it's it's over such a to, weird thing because in the last issue, you know, we had to get to the bottom of the goddamn ocean, like some of like the deepest parts of the ocean, mm-hmm. to get to the um. The Inferno, the Ninth Circle, like, you yeah. know, floating vault and shit like that that sank. 
And it just, I never, it never occurred to me that these suits would, you know, I, I believe they would be built for this kind of shit because that's what yeah. they took. And all of a sudden now the Oliver's down there, been down here too long. My suit's cracking up. Like, yeah, he said, really? they that said the that it was pretty low. So we'll, we'll have to see. I'm not have to see, but we'll have to just go well, with it. I that imagine he did that you say can't that. go that low in normal shit, but I'm telling you, I thought this was comic book science. We had some cool shit. We had a sub. We had these great big goddamn underwater suits. I'm like, all right, this yeah. all works for me, but now it's killing him. Yeah, well, he, he's coming out. He's not well. Uh, you go off to see another guy who's not well, which is Broderick, who we said before at one point we saw I that he had been Moira completely burned. And we thought Moira had killed him. But also he had talked to Domini at that one point in that suit. And we were like, what's going on? Well, you see that it he's It seemed like it was much, just his one hand that was yeah, burned. Yeah, yeah. No, you see that it's pretty much everything but his face that's burned to hell. And he's there and just basically saying, like, Oliver, burn me. This is living hell. While Domini's just like, you bullshit this this fucking star city nonsense it, 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 we're in the red this yeah. is nonsense like, this, this and, is a city that's built on corporations and yeah. you know queen industries is in the red no, what are we yeah. doing where's our cash flow yeah. we're fucked oh yeah we are fucked it's all gonna go down oliver queen burn me <laughs> look at my big fat gut motherfucker you burned me too. yeah you burned me it's like <laughs> i've been blackmailed and he starts choking him out and then he stops and actually no. says you know what i'm a I'm good better guy. than you I, I like the idea of living to if you to live to suffer, and all I, of a sudden an arrow goes through his fucking eye. Oh yeah, just yeah, Broderick, I, yeah, this, yeah. Broderick's this, dead. dad, for the most part of this entire goddamn series, just an arrow through the eye. He's over. Yep, he's I, that done. was very anticlimactic for what we had built him up to be. And again, it's not a very big uh, surprise. Shadow has shown that she was going to be working with the uh, Ninth Circle. So she is. She ends up saying, you know, hey, I finished a job. You're too much of a pussy to do it. And, and he's like, what do I, I do? I, I couldn't remember where we left off because we did have that little, like, you know, intermission of shit before. Yeah. We, like, you know, we went and dealt with Emiko and Shadow in Japan and shit like that. Yeah. And I thought by the end of that, that Shadow had kind of gotten out of the whole thing. But yeah, I don't remember I, it was so far back. You kept continuing that whole deal. And she does remind uh, Emiko in this that it did seem like it's the same story before when she said, we're in debt. This will get us out of debt, and it seems like that's what she's still going with. She ended up killing Broderick. Uh, Domini pisses his pants. It's pretty funny. He just sits there and pisses his goddamn pants, and then he's like, you know, what am I supposed to do? Uh, You're supposed to run. Domini, like Broderick, was built up to be one of our big, big bads of this whole series Yeah, and I think that he's done now. And he has to be done. Not only does Broderick just have an arrow through his eye, and he's completely done – Domini, in one fell swoop, you know, when we first was were introduced to the character, he's going in back rooms to go bang oh, yeah. hookers. And before bang that, hookers, a, he was eating a, flies. Exactly, there's a fly on the side of his face, he just licks it off and eats it. I'm I like, think that was just so- supposed to show he was disgusting. We thought I he thought was a vampire. vampire. <laughs> we thought he was. We thought he was a vampire. He kind of goes now, if anything... If he does continue, it will be kind of continuing in a way. Remember before you had the whole deal where Oliver was trying to go to Domini and say, listen, you know what? I know we're not the best of friends, but I need your help. He wanted him to set up Broderick and he wouldn't do that. Now that he sees what's going on and Shadow pretty much letting him go. Uh, maybe he will help out in the trial. Oh, he maybe to, he'll be one of the no guys. There's no way after you piss your pants that you can stay a bad guy. No, you can't. And really, I think that what's going to happen is he's going to end up helping in the trial. So what you're telling me is I can never be a bad guy. That's what you no, just told me. No, stop pissing your pants, dude. I, sh- I, I should, but again, I want to be a good guy, so I'll just keep on pissing my pants. But you go, and then you go back in the sub with Henry and Dinah well, cool, and Ollie. <laughs> hey, I'm Miles Davis. But yeah, you have, uh, 
you have Dinah save Oliver with some mouth to mouth, and you have this, you know, oh shit, deal with, he was fine. Oh, I know. Are you okay? Do that again, and then she kisses him. This is not for dying, and this, then this knees is, him in the just, nuts. He was just reenacting friggin' uh, what was Sandlot? Is what yeah, he was Sandlot. Doing right here. Yes. It was his favorite movie growing up. Yep, he he got it. Uh, you have Smalls and not Smalls. What what was his uh? What was the kid with the glasses name? That I, I don't can't even remember. remember. Off the top of my head's on anymore. Bring it up. Uh, it was so me. good. Sorry, but yeah, uh, she ends up kneeing him in the nuts and says, you know, this is for doing all this nonsense. And as they go, he tries to explain it like, oh, we're gonna have to go back, but well, I have a mother of all problems, and obviously it is his mom Moira. She goes out, and you see that Merlin is there with her. They have a little sexy talk, uh, very quick, just to show that that's where Merlin went. And you get the idea as this progresses, even with Shadow later when you have the fight, is basically Squints. Moira is just – Squints, you're right. Uh, Moira just does whatever she wants to get ahead. She used Merlin. She used everybody. And Shadow later even says she fell in love with Richard uh, for love and and, Wait, and how like weird that. is that part when we actually have the big confrontation at the end where everybody is facing off against yeah. everybody and she, freaking Moira is all pissed off. You ruined my family. Bitch, please. You were yeah, sleeping around with Merlin yeah, and my really. husband and I, I mean, fell in not, love. And who knows what else? Who Seriously. knows that she wasn't doing shit Moira's with Broderick either? Bitch. Yeah, she's the worst. Uh, you have then you go to Henry Fife's pad in Star City. They're there along the shoreline, and Oliver and Diner are talking. And uh, you know, it's a I nice little part. catch up. I, it's, it's not nice. nice to me because it is catch up, and it's all just repeating everything. Now, like, what I for like, some though, reason, no matter what, like Ali can get his money back, use it to help everybody in Star City or and Seattle. Diner doesn't want to do that. And look, bitch, I, it's like motherfucker. I'm only in the poor guys. Would you yeah, get this yeah. through your head if you get it's money? It's so funny I am though. Out. You mean you don't like that it looks like he pulls a magic trick of some sort? I don't know what goes. This progression is very odd because he's there and he's like, you know what? Uh, I was trying to do right. I want my city back. It wasn't just me going for this money. Uh, and here, I love you. I don't have anything but the sand dollar. And then he holds it. And she's like, I love you, Ollie, even if you only got a sand dollar to your name. And then all of a sudden he's like – this thumb drive contains intel. What, what How just happened? How did you do what? that? You're I'm a like, goddamn warlock. What, was I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> really? Start burning him because he's a warlock. He's there. <laughs> he I'm like, sand dollars it's so funny. Thumb drive. It's so funny. I'm like thinking that she's there. You know what? I love you, Ali. Even if you've only got a sand dollar to your name. And he's like, this thumb drive contains intel on all the Ninth Circle's clients. Thumb drive, now, rich boy. <laughs> I just thought that Black Canary's like. You stupid moron. That is not a thumb drive. I told you before, that's a sand dollar. No, all of a sudden, he's got this huge – it doesn't even look like a thumb drive. It looks like a phone all of a sudden. I thought it was like, a phone too, but I'm guessing it's a thumb drive in a case to keep everything fucking yeah, preserved and whatnot so, like that. But, so crazy. But it's the size of a flip phone. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. Was he playing – I'm wondering if he. the next line would have been like, what you got behind your ear? Oh, it's a thumb drive. Look at this. Freaking Oliver doing his fucking magic tricks. But yeah, he has this thumb drive. Yeah, this is what. Goddamn, this is great. Yeah, 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 this, yeah really. Stop it. Stop it. But yeah, you go to Emiko doing the worst possible thing. And one of the creepiest panels I've ever seen in my life in a comic Don't because. Sleep, oh lady. my God. Yes. I'm watching you. You go to the pool family home. You have Emiko watching over Wendy Pool. She's gone to sleep. Emiko's sitting there with her. And, you know, she's like, I know you're hard. To, they're hard to come by these days, but sweet dreams, Wendy. And then she gets a call from Dinah. Like, fucking rubbing her butt. It's so weird. And, and then he's like, Red Arrow, we need you. 
And then this is where I'm telling you, it's so forced here with the, if only Ollie would take a cue from you, Canary, and start calling me by my proper code name. I went down there and go, shut your mouth. I, I We got important things here. Oh, and she's like, Even when we get back to that big showdown I was talking about when Shadow and Emiko confront yeah, each she other. Says I'm Red Shadow now, Mom. Yeah. It's like she can't get enough of it. I like it too here. It's This isn't going to make any sense, so save the questions and sarcasm for later. It's Ollie's mom. She's alive. No, that that makes pretty much sense. I mean, I know it doesn't make sense because they nope. thought she was dead. But this isn't like they're calling and like, hey, I got to tell you, Eric Shea is, is dead. Uh, you oh know, something. God. It's just crazy that she's like, she knows exactly what this means. There's no question. She's like, okay, I guess I'm a distraction then. And then like, hey, what about Wendy Poole? It's okay. Our only thing to save Ollie Kate in this Spencer, trial. I caught her. She'll be over uh, whatever. You yeah. know, I don't know if she needs to get a babysitter first, but she'll be over at some she'll point. She'll be over I'm in a thinking, minute. While it's great having a superhero watch of you, you know what's something else you might want to invest in? What's drapes. That? Yeah, drapes. And, and really, you go there, and there's that detective. The bad the detective, detective. was outside parked. With his hands pressed on, in, on the – No, I'll tell the last issue. When he was parked outside, yeah. and he just looks at her. Oh, my God. Yeah, Wendy, Wendy Poole. Look, you, you have this person who was believed to be dead. It's hunt, hunted by yeah. two goddamn yep. organizations. The most it's important thing. It's close to goddamn thing. drapes. It's close now, to goddamn you know, drapes. Even in, even in just a very uh, selfish thing, the one way that you can get your brother and your your lover out yeah. of uh, the deal and both Emiko and Dinah think it's fine just to leave her. Well, well, then, like, I, I just want Emiko to be like, hey, I went back to get my stuff and – there, there's this bald guy and a with a, a jacket and a, you know a suit and tie type deal. Oh, a suit and tie that sounds very respectable. He doesn't how, how seem lovely. like he'll harm you. <laughs> and then they go. Nobody dresses because, up anymore. How lovely. Yeah, yeah. You you would wonder if maybe this is a setup for Kate Spencer to go and kick ass next issue to become the Do man, man hunter. Action. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually think that that's what's going to happen. But then you go and everybody's going to go to the tomb beneath Queen Industries and it's a battle royale. Uh, Moira is there to talk to the ninth circle basically say look i got all your gold or whatever and it's funny the ninth it's circle's already like, our gold yeah, you can't sell like, us our ship back. Yeah, you, can, you can't grab our gold and bring it back the reason why it was on the bottom of the ocean is because your goddamn son so we're oh, really well, well I, i'm gonna get off your broad rick's like bitch please bro yeah i'm telling you it already. goes down you she's like okay this. okay well then i'll no give hands. you my son nope no son either he going to jail so that she's she's screwed yeah. and you have everybody show up Shadow shows up. You have Moira actually call her a whore, which I, I thought that was – I was like, whoa, they, they, she's really meaning it. She's the, always the, got to play the victim, Moira. The, the cat, the cat's got claws, Eric. But yeah, and it, like you said, it's just ridiculous because she's the worst of the worst. Uh, but yeah, as this goes on, Emiko, Oliver, and Dinah show I'm up. I'm just saying, freaking Moira, if anything, she's banging a second-rate Rachel Ghoul. I'm like, yeah, really. Out. That's you all she's Merlin? doing. Get out of yeah, town. really. Step up your game, lady. But yeah, they just start fighting. And, and fighting and yelling at each other about you know you did this with my mom with my dad you have emiko telling shadow i'm not a bad person anymore i'm a hero i'm name i'm the red arrow if oliver would just call me that but a- as you go you have moira get a sword and stab or and slice dinah I- i'm telling you black canary she's a she cool should be character dead, right she i'm not only that she's a cool character she has great fighting prowess but on top of anything else what you always see her do is her canary cry 
And she, she never once it. No, uses it here. She could and have used it. Overpowered her. by Moira. Yeah, Quito. she could Come have on. just used it. I think that the problem is, is usually when we see her use it, it's against metahumans. If she uses it against Moira, Moira's dead. That flesh is flying right off of her face. You can't she have it happen. Not, she, I'm telling you, it'll knock people down and shit like that. You can't oh yeah, she should be able to control it enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she doesn't. She just runs. And it's funny. She's there. Everybody there has a sword, an arrow, a bow and arrow. She's got fists up. It looks like she's a bare-knuckle brawler from 1920s. <laughs> she's there in the ring. And, uh, yeah, she just gets slashed. She ends up getting turned around, too, gets slashed. And that's where Oliver goes to save her. In the meantime, he, th- he throws his bow at Moira, knocks the uh, – this sword off and then she basically says you know what poor little oliver spends his whole life starved for attention when he finally finds someone who can actually tolerate him who loves him back it's all over and she picks out the you know the classic uh ancient bow and arrow from the queen uh grave and ends up going to shoot and i believe it's robin queen that one uh she ends up going to shoot and that's where emiko jumps in front and takes it to the chest and that's where oliver goes oh god no emmy emmy stay with me red arrow and i'm telling you those eyes are going to open the first panel like you just called me that finally, and then she'll die. Or, I don't. It, it sucks though, because I love Juan's art, but where you see her get shot, like you know, with the big old, like you know, where, where the thing goes in, now it looks like it's on the opposite side of her chest when Green Arrow is holding her. He swinged her around. I don't know, but yeah, swinged. Says, he swinged her around there. No, I, I still, I'm telling you, Juan's art's great in this. Uh, I really liked it. It's a very fast issue. A lot of spread pages. Oh yeah, uh, you're getting a lot of it. It's like. Basically, to me, this is almost like an, if, if this was actually a TV show, it would have been very good with a like previously in Green Eye because you're getting a lot of catch up. You said even the thing with Oliver and Black Canary when they were on the I've beach, that's too a much bit of, of catch up. Uh, I didn't mind it. Once the fight started, I thought it was fun. Uh, I love the art still. I only gave it a 6.9 uh, because it is a lot of stuff that we have seen. I do think, though, that – if after this issue, going in the next issue, I hope that we're going to move this forward a lot because now we've set up a bunch of things that we can move forward. But well, we're killing we'll off see. all our bad guys at this point. I'm telling you, yeah. Dominic's pissing his pants. He's no longer a threat now. Broderick's dead, and Moira Queen is the only one left besides well, maybe and, a Merlin who's like it's, it's a yeah. weird even having Merlin there. Yeah, and in this, I actually – what I want, I want to see the trial. I really do want to see the trial. Uh, and it's this a weird thing seems to, to I, I want to sit down and I want to watch the trial I want to watch Queen. the trial yeah it's like the OJ trial I sat there I was riveted Eric you know, Judge so Edo, I. I want to see Judge Edo <laughs> Cato comes out who's Cato is Roy the Cato of the group you know that Roy is Cato Roy's the Cato oh he's so good but yeah I want to because that's something new and different I this agree. is kind of just kind of treading water like most of the books have been but I did like the action scenes here and I liked that big fight and it, it was just a quick uh, deal what would you give it i'm telling you i was a little bit disappointed with this issue because it was a lot of catch-up you know like with the whole thing i thought oh we got to reestablish black canary and oliver queen's relationship even the whole kneeing and the nuts thing for when yeah. she's pissed at him and then like you know we have broderick who was our big man just dismissed just killed yeah. off no fuss no muss and that was very disappointing for the whole build-up you know 36 goddamn issues of green arrow and all right he's gone now let's move on moyer queen's the bad guy now and I was just really like, you know, I love the fight at the end, but I was just so disappointed that this whole time Black Canary 
she has a thing she does. It's called the canary cry. Yeah. Didn't use it once, and because yeah. of this, put everybody in danger. It's almost and like Enchantress in the Suicide Squad book, where she she exactly. gets she, knocked out. She can out. do anything, but she but never doesn't. does anything. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I'm telling you, I like the art in this book, but it, like the progression was good. There was just some things in here that felt really silly to me and just really forced to get to the conclusion we had. So I have to go to six out of ten. I gave it a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. I thought you just said you gave it a six out of ten, Eric. Holy moly. A 6.8 out of 10, honestly. Okay, that's more around mine. I give it a 6.9, a 6.8 for you, and that's good. We're so happy you got that soundboard back. See, I got the soundboard back. I got I to gotta put it in the thing. You know that's what you like, right, there. <laughs> oh, I knew it. I knew that would make you laugh. I knew that would tickle your funny bone. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Eric. I, I didn't I, think it was I, that I know funny. what would tickle your funny bone is the next issue of Justice League. Oh, would it? You know how funny that is. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a riot. Laugh riot. <laughs> yeah, go with it. Tell me about it. Justice League number 36, written by Christopher Priest with art by Pete Woods and Sweet Willie Shoe. The world is slowly turning against the Justice League, and now that there's a copycat Batman that's willing to do some killing, it seems like the hate is about to speed up. With that, we see the Justice League try to save a sunken sub full of nuclear warheads, but political jurisdiction creates divides in the team about what the appropriate use of their power actually is. Yes. All of that, an ending I don't quite get. Yes. Yes. Yes, I, I have a problem with this run so far, and I know that Ruben and the Get Fresh crew, Boo, he, he is a fan. Um, the problem I'm having, especially going into this issue, and I was thinking about this before we even started recording, while well, I was going to get my coffees, Eric, oh, for the podcast, yes. And the problem I have is not that, and I've talked to Ruben about this, and he said, you know, you can't go by the old Justice League books and the hitch run and all this. You have to just come in fresh. The problem I have is you have this whole idea of the, you know, you start at the U.S. House of Representatives where they're going and, you know, railing into the Justice League and how it's, it's civil war. It really is Marvel's Civil War. It seems like the start of this, it's where they, yeah, and the it's problem. blow up a bus full of kids first. Well, the problem with this, though, is. It's out of nowhere. Like, I know that, I know that Christopher Priest wants to play this whole, you know, a, a humanized and a more, you know, a, a Justice League that's in a real world. The problem is we haven't had a setup for this. So when you have the House of Representatives saying, you know, hey, this committee intends to conduct a public inquiry into the events of this Justice League interference with police procedure, and it all comes from that event that was a YouTube terrorist that ended up taking some nuns hostage. The, the only thing I can think of is like, where were you, uh, you know, when fucking dark side came down and ripped well, apart things that, and where thing were is, you when these other things this is what you're upset about that this happened that with that ruben talks about like you can't see all this whole rebirth era as a, he's looking at it this is issue three of the just like league run at this point and so I, it's not that i'm looking just at rebirth i'm taking into account all of the new 52 dcyou yeah. rebirth and then to this we have a team that's been established been working together yeah. for like you know, over five years, six, I don't know what the goddamn timeline is anymore. Yep. It's so convoluted, yeah. but they have been a team and together for a long ass time. And now this one little event, which is, it was just a strange setup to get yes. everybody on. Like, you know, now it, it where, seems yes. to be really wonder woman, just because the fact that her sword was used where is the, like the catalyst. And then they the, ended the, 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 up, like, which we saw, the team. and then we saw Batman go and steal it from, you know, the uh, evidence deal as well. They yeah. point that out that it disappeared. Now, what I think where I think their misstep is, is that 
instead of this, instead of where you have like certain surveillance techniques, civil rights violations, yes, this is all true. You have to have this lady who's upset now. It has to be a it, it's over now. Like we've we've dealt with all this. Don't just go with this little thing that happened with this YouTube terrorist. That I'm is the you, last straw. We got a goddamn watchtower that falls out of space like yes, every other fucking. That's month. what I'm saying. Why aren't they? Play, why isn't Christopher Priest saying like, listen, you have this lady there and say, you know what? The Justice League's here. We thank you for all the work you did against the uh, dark side and apocalypse evasion, invasion. You did this. You had even throw in Brian Hitch's deal. You had the kindred. You had all this. We really appreciate all this. But you know what? It has to end now. Don't make it seem like this is like the first thing that ever went wrong. Yeah. And now it's, it's, you know, up. Oh, you're going to have to pay for this. It, it seems very weird and out of nowhere in a continuity, like you said, that even goes back to the New 52, the DCYOU, all of Rebirth. This is years and years of stuff going on. And I just wish it was played out more I just of imagine a, this this lady on the freaking who's on the like the seat like giving this whole hearing and shit like that. Let's imagine you motherfuckers. We had the whole kindred invasion which took over the entire world. We only one had one per, death. Yeah, only and now one, one death. And now we just have a simple freaking person like holding hostages and we have another death. Yeah. Outrageous. Yeah. Sir. I, I, I'm basically what I just want. I wanted to have is her saying like. We can't sit like, oh, you know what? You guys are gods among men. Exactly. You know, you're here. We can't here. check your power. We have to shut yes. you down before anything yes. else goes wrong. But this just seems to be so centered on that one thing, and it just seems kind of goofy. Which when I you still go can't pinpoint why that happened because you know Batman. It seems almost like they interfered. Like it's almost if Batman had never actually called in, but we saw Batman call in. So I'm not like, I'm not sure of what I'm, how I'm supposed yeah, to think. And, and really what we had was if they go and look at the evidence, they threw flash grenades in to yeah. kind of stun people. And they ended up blowing up an oxygen tank, which let, uh, you know, the, the terrorists grab Wonder Woman's sword because she was knocked down and stab him. I don't see why Batman or the justice league are in any deal. If you had where they were going in, like almost this, this is weird because this issue has more of that setup that I would have liked in that one would be like the, Hey, we're the Justice League. We're here. No, no, no. We don't need you. This is a city thing. We're New York. Uh, you know, we have the FBI here, but we're the NYPD. We'll take care of it. And Batman not listening. And because Batman didn't listen, people died. It seems like the opposite that it seemed that the FBI didn't listen. And well, that's why that, people where, died. It, it seems like people like, I don't, I don't remember what city we're in. We're talking about it. It was New York. It was York New York. Not. Yeah. Okay. Well, it seems more of a cover-up now to hide what they did by blaming yeah. the Justly, but we're not but getting enough of that really, setup. And nobody was really guilty of anything. They just didn't coordinate I, well. I, I threw a flashbang in because I had a goddamn vigilante who just like a bat in my ear. I'm not about to listen to well, that. Well, again, one. also you have the FBI, which I'm telling you the way they were spelling that out. They threw the flashbang grenade in there because that's their protocol. They go yeah. by a protocol. That's what they would do. They didn't know that there was an oxygen tank there and all that. But as you go, you have this, you know, House of Representatives, this uh, lady there, and she goes out, and then all of a sudden Batman, in, in I guess it is nighttime, but in front of a lot of people, just goes, smashes her car, and throws a batarang right through her head. And walks off. And, then tell, and, and no, teleports away. Yeah. And and with that, uh, 
I like this idea of this story, this whole story of this, you know, uh, masquerading, this doppelganger of Batman going. But and I not would only like that, this, just escalating what's going on right yeah, now in the world. It's like weird. Like guys. this is kind of like a thing that I would like in the regular Batman uh, book. It seems pretty cool. It's just that that's the cool part to me, though. It does get a little wonky near the end. But – you keep going back to this political stuff with this, you know, the Justice League, and it's just not that fun well, to that, me. I'm telling you right now, we already have a setup for what we're doing. The world is already slowly turning against the Justice League because it's all over social media, and it doesn't take much to get people to turn on somebody no. because of social media. Yeah, I've But seen now we it. have this Batman that everybody saw Batman kill this goddamn lady who yeah. was, pre- like, wanted to bring up charges against the Justice League. So right there, you have more. And then we have to put on the momentum of this, what seems like a really cool story to deal with a goddamn political goddamn jurisdiction of a down yeah. sub. I'm like, it just, yeah, put and it all gets the a little too, issue. it gets a little too into it. And it does, it throws the pacing off and it just continues the whole deal of the Justice League is not listening to each other. They're doing what they want. You have a big thing with Aquaman. The other thing I will say, I still don't think that Christopher Priest has got the voices down for this Justice League yet. No, they don't yet. seem like the Justice League that, uh, that I know. And because of that, it just seems off. Now, I will give them credit. A lot of you get all the Justice League members at least doing a little night, bit. Well, actually, do we have Flash in this at all? No, actually, I think Flash might be off doing something. I don't yeah. even think we saw him. So, yeah, you do get Nightwing. So I'm wrong. You didn't get Flash, but you get a lot. Like Aquaman hasn't been seen a lot in the Justice League book. Like people make fun of Cyborg being on monitor duty. We didn't get a lot of Aquaman in Brian Hitch's run either. He was just usually in the he, background. He was, he was checking out some goddamn crystals that were singing to him. Yeah, that's about it. But, yeah, you, you have this where you even have Nightwing in here, and it, it's more of a Batman story. So I really – like I said, I think it's a really cool setup for now, a Batman I just want to know why Batman and Nightwing are meeting in the woods near Bristol, New Jersey, just know. to talk about his alibi and the thing, like the charges that are coming against yeah, Batman. Yeah, I don't know. What's weird about it is you have these real-world locations, Bristol, New Jersey, and, you know, are you supposed to believe that that's kind of between Bloodhaven and, and Gotham, or, and they just met in the middle? I don't know. It makes sense to me, but I don't know for certain, yeah, I, don't I don't know have either, a specific but, map how everything works. Yeah, and it continues the whole deal of, you know, the whole real-world location and things like that but yeah you have the whole deal where you know nightwing wants to help and find out what's going on batman this copycat batman yeah this copycat deal and then it's almost like nightwing starts saying you know i never realized that when i was robbing your kid's sidekick i want to help people you want to fix something that can't be fixed which behavior is our guy imitating so it's you know it's kind of and i actually like that and actually i'm like you know what that's that's a cool aspect now i'm i sat to myself i was thinking to myself when i was reading this i'm like Maybe Priest would be good on a Nightwing book. That's what I'm saying. Maybe he'd be good on a Batman and Nightwing book. I really like this whole deal. Uh, the stuff with the sub, it just gets a little too much. They, it's in Chinese, uh, territory. So they have to get it. It can't, they can't, the Justice League is not allowed to go and disarm these warheads. It's an American sub that was spying it's on a, China. Yeah, it's a spy sub that went down in Chinese waters and it's like, you know, 15 miles outside of the Chinese water, stuff like that. Yeah. So in order for the Justice League to do, like, you know, do anything, they have to tow the sub out of Chinese waters. But even doing yeah. that goes against some goddamn friggin' violence. Well, yeah, you're not supposed to do that. And did you have? Did you think the whole time when Batman? Because Batman's there as the guy. Listen, 
We have to follow international law. I'm like, you didn't follow international law in Batman when you went into that. You you broke it left and right in in JLA and in Batman. But he's there to say, you know, we can't keep breaking these laws, whatever. Against our charter. But, yeah, and there's Aquaman who basically is like, no, you know what? I don't care. I'm the king of Atlantis. And even that, the whole idea that we have this whole thing going on in real time or even a little bit ahead of the Aquaman book itself. Yeah, it seems because they do say he he was. He is the former king of Atlantis. And even at the one point, he goes by Orin now in his own book because he's like, you know, has this kind of disguise, secret identity going on because he doesn't want people to know he's Aquaman. But, like, Batman's calling him Arthur. Wonder Woman calls him Orin. Orin, and I think it was it might have been Jessica, whoever it said. Like he, he's the former. I, he was king of Atlantis, right? And like, ooh, yeah, he was. But yeah, it's a weird. So even there, issue. the whole idea, you know, he doesn't want to be king, but still wants to have dominion of the sea, as if he was king and needs to get these nukes out of the water. Like I understand, Aquaman, you want to get nukes out of the water. Don't go throwing your goddamn kingship that you don't even want into this. No, no, and, and in that you then have Wonder Woman like. You know what? I don't care about any Justice League charter. I didn't come to man's world to follow that charter. And it just, it's, it's Diana, weird. You've been it on just, this team for years. What the fuck are you talking about? It really about? stalls everything. I love the art. I'm going through it now. I, I actually love the art really except, enjoyed the art in this issue as well. Except why at that one point is Jessica's symbol black again? It's it, it so happens weird. over and over throughout yeah, this it's issue. it's so like weird. I don't understand it. But even with that, you you keep going with everybody kind of talking, you know, at the side of their mouth about Batman and how bad he is. You even have a point when you have Aquaman, uh, Simon and Superman talking and they don't think Batman can hear them and they're, they're talking shade at him, but he hears it. Uh, but they do. And then you have Simon bust into this sub. He actually phases through into the sub and then says, okay, guys, we're here to help. You know, you're American. I'm from Detroit, all this stuff. And they're just like, no, no, we're a team. We sink or swim together. And this is so heavy handed in my mind because we have the whole, you know, the, almost the, uh, the disassembling of yes, the Justice, of the Justice League, League. And now, and now this is a say, strong you know, team. The captain comes out. Look, this, everybody on the sub is a team, and we act as a team. And the whole thing went, you're really just force-feeding this down our goddamn yeah, throats. Yeah. This whole thing about what the Justice League should be for how you're acting. Like, who said we wanted your help down here? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, all right, fuck it. Just like everybody, just fucking disassemble. We're out. Yeah, and they're like, we have a team, too, and we have a leader. And that's where Aquaman just, yeah, he's like, I want out. And then they, you have him there. And the Germans out of nowhere, like you have this all going on. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, Simon's like the Germans, the U.S. negotiated a rescue through the U.N. who sent the Germans who are dealing in trades with China. And because that could save face for both sides and go this and there and the other thing. So win, win. Yeah. And I'm telling you, the thing is, I read Just League and I read superhero comic books to have a good time. All this political jargon and talking about sanctions and fucking all this like jurisdiction of like, you know, I can't even I don't even know half the goddamn words I want to use to describe what I'm talking about. It's just not fun. It's kind of fucking boring is what it is. Yeah, I I just to me, it just it really slows the pace. You have a book where at points it seemed like it was going to be some fun. uh, And then it just comes to a screeching halt with this stuff. Like you said, very heavy handed about the team. But then you end at the end with the whole deal of this copycat where, you know, Cyborg and Batman. Cyborg says, I think I found the copycat. And that's where Batman's like, Roger, that Cyborg. I'm on it. And you continue with this whole idea where uh wonder woman's like great what's the plan the plan is oh, i'm gonna go this. get it i go alone like uh and then you have you know wonder woman's there pissed off jessica's like huh and and then you have that weird deal where they, uh, an aside where superman's like you know what simon 
need to get to know you a little better. You know what? We should have lunch. I'm like, what is going on here? But uh, you then get a little bit of a Matches Malone deal where he's in a bar. You see him going. Which I'd in. have to imagine is Matches Malone. That's what I it thought looks when I read, like like, read this. But I don't know, like, you know. For how what the ending became, it just kind of looks like it. But oh, yeah, I agree. I would say I think you know Batman just went off alone. He's going to deal with this. What Batman does, and the progression is here. You have Bat matches Malone walk into a bar, sitting there on his phone until a woman comes up, starts you know talking to his ear. She takes him out back, opens up his shirt, starts kissing on his chest, yeah. and then matches is knocked out from a sonic scream that knocks you know shuts down his goddamn willpower for a bit, so we can have this like this. This thing put on the back of his neck that will take it so he can't use the ring where we find out this is Simon in disguise. And I'm just yeah. left wondering, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, what happened? I don't understand. And now then we again. actually have, it looks like Bat, the copycat Batman smoking a cigarette smoking. or a joint or just has an incense in his mouth. You know, no, it's a didn't... cigarette. He's smoking a cigarette, and it, it's like it's like Manchester Black uh, as Batman. All of a sudden, he's like smoking it like a what he was the goddamn cow, and he's like, "I'm your biggest fan." I'm like, I don't know what the hell is going it's on. Like Simon, oh that Batman, I go alone. <laughs> he knew I've been listening and sent a Trojan horse of a Green Lantern in his place. Sorry to have to do this to you, but after all, I'm your biggest fan, and it's just, yeah. I, I I don't know, like. When did this happen? Now, why did we skip out on the whole thing of like, I'm Batman, I'm going to go do this alone. And then Simon took his place because Batman knew that he was listening because in. this was this, and, and really, so what did Batman set him up then? I you guess. know, it's just very I odd. Have lunch it's with very my best odd. friend, William. Now, again, hey, Simon, yeah, really, that's what him. happened. He heard that about the, the lunch. He's like, no way. Not, Not on my, my watch, watch, buddy. Uh, I just get that the only thing I can rest, uh, you know, assured of is that this is this part of the story is very similar to shit that we had at the beginning of Deathstroke, and it drove us nuts because we didn't understand it, and then it actually came around and know, was cool. So I just want to know for this ending though, where we have Simon, you know, in disguise using his ring to be matches Malone. Where's the bright green clothes like we saw in the Green Lantern when they had to go in disguise? Like I, all I of just, a sudden, this is a flawless disguise using the Green yeah. Lantern ring. No glow at all, nothing. It's I'm like, just really God weird. damn, I don't understand what's going on in this because yeah. they're using different Green Lantern powers I'm that we don't you. see in other books. It's just odd. The whole deal is odd at the end. I'm telling you, it looks like Manchester Black as that as the cow. Now it's Manchester Black as Batman, but I don't know who it would be. Secretly it's his biggest fan. But uh, yeah, what did you give it? Because I, I was I I was thrown kind of for a loop with this run so far. I'm not really enjoying it. What did, what did you give it? I haven't really been enjoying it either, and I actually struggle with the score because I really like the uh, the art in this issue, which I was I worried love about. It. When it, when it, like Pete Wood's first one on this book, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it. I have gotten into it, but I gave it a 6 out of 10, and I think I might have gone a little high because, I, like I said, I was it's struggling. It's weird, though, because, because I'm going to go 6-5, so if, if you went high, then I really saying, went though, high. It's, it's written well. Some of the dialogue feels yeah. off, but the book just becomes boring in my mind for everything yeah. that they're dealing with, and we're spending more time on the boring aspects instead of the like the fun well, that's like, the copycat Batman stuff that the you want to see. The copycat Batman is the best part, and the problem being is that I think that Christopher Priest has a very interesting story there that I want to see that's interesting more, uh, more interesting than the actual Batman book that we get from Tom King. The I problem agree. is it's a Justice League book, so he has to mix – 
everybody in this whole thing of a civil war kind of situation going on and this international water stuff it does not interest me one bit i want to see more of this copycat killer with batman so at the end even the end being so confusing with with simon though i think that obviously i i trust priest that he's going to show us what happened and how this was set up and i do think it will make sense eventually but that's what i want to see more of i i wish that the whole issue was that though you can't have that for just league if you had that we'd be complaining that oh this is supposed to be a just league book and we just get batman but i really do like that part so because of that i I didn't think i didn't even think about it too because i'm just scrolling through the uh, the pages right now but like the the biggest the copycat batman he does have like a '90s Batman costume on. It's yeah, not our, yeah. our like a rebirth costume that we have here. It has the big old, you know, the Michael Keaton Batman '89 yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. symbol going on there. So I'm like, that is a weird choice for a costume. I do dig it though. I'm like, I wonder if that means anything. He's a fan. It's Eric. Tim He's Drake of Tomorrow. Fan. Come it's back. Tim. Oh my God! It's Savior. <laughs> it's Savior, Eric. But oh goodness gracious! If it's Savior, I will again give you Tucker Bell Eric but yeah we're going to move on now He's a after smoker this now, Jim. after this oh, that's what why not hypertension's going to take him back you might as well do all, all the things you, got you him. can hypertime. yeah really hypertime but yeah uh we're going to go off now to some mail yo it's mail call and it's the best podcast so we give no shade such a freak i've got to hear all the reviews and I've got such a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode. First, I'll hear Mel with Jim, now Mel with Jim. And I've got a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode. First, I'll hear Mel with Jim. All right, Eric, and it's time for mail section number two, and we're going to start with Hakeem, and he says, what up, Jim, Eric, and the entire Get Fresh crew? Boop, boop. He wants to hear this. I'm, I'm having problems. I have to get my other monitor in here because I, I did end up getting a computer. And I right now have, you're just dealing with your anti-monitor? I'm telling you, I, yes. And I have the soundboard set up pretty well now. It's just trying to get to it. Poop, poop. For that. What's Eric, up, Keem? He wanted some uh, poop, poop. And he says, after listening to your Doomsday Clock review on Monday, I started thinking about story progression since I started reading comics again. There's a frustrating conclusion I came to. Uh, aside from a couple arcs and rebirth, a lot of stories have either ended in a whimper or just been okay. Yeah. And I agree. Let me just use a couple of examples as to what I'm talking about. Remember the Phantom Ring story arc in Green Lantern? I do. A fucking epic Frank beginning. Levinsky. Which fizzled out at the conclusion. Number two, Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman run. Very, very intriguing beginning, but a somewhat frustrating end. That mm-hmm. might have been pushed, uh, you know, forward with the idea of him quitting as well, but we'll see. Or we, we already saw. Three, yeah. Superman's uh, multiversity arc. Amazing beginning and while the ending wasn't bad per se. It just was a bit anticlimactic. That all fell apart in the second yeah. issue, I think, into the third. Like at first it sounded like a great idea, but like yeah. issue number two and three, it all just fell apart and things yeah, just yeah. happened 
because with no explanation. Number four, Just League versus Suicide Squad. Great beginning, lackluster. Like ending. even with that, wh- wh- where's Prometheus? Last we saw, he was locked up by Mister Oz because he was like, you know, you're on the right path. We just can't have you doing what you're doing right now. He was locked up in Mister yeah. Oz's goddamn prison. We're not there anymore. We no longer yeah. have a Mister Oz yeah. there. Is he just rotting away? He's just there. Yeah, prophecy, right? Is that yeah. the- okay? I thought you said Prometheus, but uh, maybe I did. No, it's okay. Prophecy. It is. Yeah. It, you ended up, uh, I guess, the Tim Drake of tomorrow and Tim Drake of our Tim. They didn't care. They got yeah. the hell out of there. Yeah. We wanted fact, to leave Doomsday there, but fuck it. You yeah, know, I was like, yeah. what about it? I don't know who anybody else who was there, though. If they had a Tim Drake of tomorrow there and a Tim Drake of today, you would think and, they'd you know, have Doomsday something else. Prophecy, they might have some other goddamn people there. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe. In fact, I can only think of two story arcs where the conclusion of the story was amazing. Number one, Batman's I Am Gotham arc, which I agree. I love that one. And two, Superman's action comics, Men of Steel, Eric. uh, That was okay. I I know that we were a little bit disappointed by the end of that as well. So only two stories were where I was happy with an arc's conclusion. Now, do not misunderstand me. I'm not saying all the other conclusions were shit. Some writers do finish their arcs decent. Scott Snyder, when he was writing All-Star Batman, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps story arc conclusions are good for the most part, but not great. I would say that the whole thing just seems to tread water, that whole book. Aquaman's story arc conclusions are not bad. Have we had one? That's another one. That's what I'm saying. It's such a long burn story, but but they tend to end in a quick hurry. But for most of the time, I find myself intrigued by an arc's beginning, only to be disappointed with the final payout. And that is true. It seems like all of them. I want to wrap this around back to Doomsday Clock and Metal. See, Doomsday Clock is good uh, so far, at the very least intriguing. But from my experience with the other books and events, I'm just afraid the story is going to depreciate or fizzle out. My rating is the same as yours, 7 for both issues. And very rarely does a writer manage to bring my score up after the beginning like that. It is a shame that that is the case. With Metal, Scott Snyder is doing a very good job so far. Four issues in, and my scores have not been below 7.5 of any of the main issues. The tie-ins are another story. But even with that, I'm scared the arcs will be concluding in the sixes or even 5.5 rating due to a lack of a satisfactory ending. I'm not saying Jeff Johns or Scott Snyder can't do it, and I can't get and can't give us great endings to their arcs. I'm just saying that battling uh, batting average has not been great for DC in the past two I years. Agree. That's been my observation on story arcs so far. Later, guys, from Hakeem. And I yeah, agree. thanks, Hakeem. And it is true. A lot of these stories. I mean, just think of things like Suicide Squad. Uh, you know, that that book, I, I don't, don't even know. Well, I'm saying just the endings. The whole story's been bad, but Cyborg. the endings just happened. Cyborg, Batgirl, Birds of Prey. Eh. I can't yeah. say that's been great no. either, but at least the endings of the arcs have been just the same as the others, I guess. And the next one is the Nerd Manos, Eric, and he says, awesome show, guys. Can't wait to hear your top picks for 2017. I enjoy listening to other people's opinions of their top books. I know you guys might chew me out for some of my selection here, but I truly do enjoy these titles, and he's going to give us some picks of his. Here's right. my list in no particular order. Best Writer. Tom King, Scott Snyder, and Christopher Priest. That's right. fine. Uh, best artist, Jorge Jimenez. He's, he's really pushing to be one of mine as well. Uh, I, Liam I Sharp. Him. It's funny, mm-hmm. Liam Sharp, it's because he's been off that Wonder Woman book. It's a name that is not on anybody's tip of their For tongue. For some reason, anymore. it does not synonymous with 2017 in my yeah, mind anymore. It, it's weird, but, uh, and Dexter Soy, which we'll of course see. Of Dexter Eric, Soy. Uh, loves Dexter Soy. Best moment, Batman and Catwoman marry me. 
That is a big one. Barta and Scott, quote unquote, stay. That's a big one for that book. Jason, Artemis, and Bizarro when Bizarro died in issue number 12. Very emotional. I would agree there as well. And all those are good. Again, I'm not going to yell at anybody about their no. picks. That, that's your picks. Uh, top 10 in order of his books. Number 10, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Court. Number 19, Titans. Number eight, Mr. Miracle. Number seven, Nightwing. Number six, Wonder Woman. Greg Rucka's Wonder Woman. Number five, New Superman. It's a shame. A lot of people, and I see the picks already for the listener picks, and a lot of people are picking New Superman. Why aren't enough people buying that? You know what I, I mean? Know. It's People seem to love it, but they're not buying it. Uh, number four, Batman. Number three, Red Hood and the Outlaws. It's It's a weird deal, too. When I, I ended up putting up the poll, the listener poll, and I had to take it down because I realized I, I forgot I a lot of shit. Uh, I forgot completely about Red Hood and the Outlaws as, as an actual book. I, I just, it's a book that just doesn't seem to be talked about anymore. It's just, well, I'm telling you, right now, there. this whole Smarty Pants Bizarro arc has, in my mind, been like, you yeah. know, treading water. It's been going on in the background, but it hasn't been doing anything much at this no, point. No, it's just kind of hanging out. And yeah, number two, Super Sons. Number one, Deathstroke. Best single issue of 2017. I know what I'm going to pick, but this is a pretty good pick as well. It's Batman Annual number two, which that I loved. I don't know if you heard, Eric. I I've really heard. enjoyed it. His favorite Marvel series is Daredevil by Charles Soule. Uh, I would definitely pick X-Men Grand Design, Eric. I, I don't know if you heard how much you I You mean that, that one you've read this year of X-Men? There's two now. There's two. And they uh, actually just announced that the third part is going to be coming out sooner than later. So we'll oh. see. Uh, outside of DC and Marvel, uh, best series, hands down, he says, is Black Hammer. Uh, a book that I believe I was on the cover of with my quote, Eric, take that. <laughs> and Christ. thanks. Keep up the great work, guys. And so I you only love read that Black Hammer series, do you? Yeah, I do. I love that first issue. I, I won't say anything past that because I only read that first issue, Eric. I, I can't keep up with stuff, but that first issue was awesome, Eric. And everybody loves that series. It's really good. So I hear Brandon and, and thank you. And Brandon thank is you. the next val. And it's, uh, he says, sup fellas, hell of a week up, here in Buffalo. He's going to go down his week here. Sunday to Monday, the Buffalo Bills, through the guiding hand of God himself, somehow made it into the playoffs in the miracle arm of Andy Dalton of the Cincinnati Bengals, which are words I never thought I'd utter in my lifetime. Neither did a repairman Jack, a big no. Cincinnati Bengals fan. Believe it or not, after that all happened, I don't actually recall much of the evening, which was also my buddy's birthday at all in any fashion, but my oh, so roommate, I got you. his roommate, he says my roommate, he can't say that it's anymore, fiance. his fiance. Somehow got me into an Uber and into my bed that night. I may or may not have walked. I don't know. I woke up with an awful hangover on Monday afternoon and hated life. And then yeah. he hated life. And then I started bugging him about when we were going to do our podcast. The and Sports then he hated Nuts life podcast. some more. And then he hated Jim. Also, <laughs> I hear rumors that he might have been kissing everybody, man and female, in the room while he was celebrating the Buffalo All Bills, right. but that's a rumor. Tuesday, I had a two-plus hour ride home from work because there was a hundred-car pileup on the throughway, closing my main way home right down. This forced me to take mostly unplowed side streets through a freezing cold whiteout during rush hour with every other idiot in the Buffalo area in the same position as I was fleeing to the suburbs. If you want me to make a man-man, uh, if you want me to make a man-man feel enough rage build up to murder someone someone 
Make a simple 20-minute drive into a two-hour crawl at five miles per hour. I want to hear more about this man-man. I'm betting that'll get close to doing, you know, the man-man. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, for the majority of my workday, I search for updates of Shady McCoy's health. We were uh, sending messages to each other about McCoy, like he was my first-born child in the ER while I argued incessantly with Jaguars fans online. I was like I was Eric Shea on the horror-themed message boards, shouting down haters left and right. And I really don't think the Bills will really win this game. No idea why I spend my time the way I do. He says, I'll be honest, I'm mildly excited for some of these post-metal labeled books just to experience something new and not the same old nonsense. Like the silencer? I was in on Terrifics anyway and wanted to try Damage already, but after reading the preview for Sideways in the back of the books lately or whatever that Spider-Man-looking guy is called, I might have to at least try that one as well. That's one I'm I'm, interested in. I may not read any long-term, but I'm down for three to see what they'll be. And he says for his books this week, Batman, Tom King makes me as mad as taking a snow-filled drive. That's an hour and 40 minutes longer than it should be. We get another one of his infamous Tom King distraction one-shots here. The folks lap it up and nominate it for Eisner's before anyone's actually had a chance to read it. Does Tom King possibly get bored writing his own boring arcs? I think so. So he has a bunch of in-the-can one-shots. He throws a few stock panels of Selena in, and boom, fanboys creaming themselves like they're 15, and they've snuck into a strip club. This actually happened to my buddy. Anyway, that's my rant to say I'm bored with Tom King writing Batman, and I don't want to read Batman and Catwoman bat and catting with Wonder Woman next. The countdown to 100 begins 62 issues remain <laughs> superman well way to go eric you mushed all by claiming that this was your favorite crossover of rebirth the editor must have caught wind I of this at dc and told tomasa gleason to not on my watch you right in your face in all seriousness though who the fuck is going to get batman out of the trunk save your stuffed him into god damn it someone He's saved the Ray poor Delane. guy he probably is. But this is me really being serious. I really, really hope Save Your Future Tim doesn't absorb those goddamn solar flare powers and end up like lowest version bitch point oh, not to be confused so with your current s- lovely solar sentient energy? Drunken Lois, yes, or Lana, and we have to deal with that nonsense all over again. And he says the signal, I think if this book involved anyone other than Duke as the main character, I didn't want to know what his powers were so bad I wouldn't be getting issue two. I liked it enough, but like you guys mentioned already. I never read so much in my life that alluded to other things I have no idea about I don't ever think ever. The dial, no clue. Duke's powers fucked if I know. Duke's new cousin, I'll be damned who knew. No, what the fuck? I've literally read every issue Duke Thomas has ever been in. These aren't questions I should be having right now. Despite all that, I'm going to see this through. It's only three issues, but eh. I wouldn't if it wasn't Duke. And we do love Duke. So, And then he says... X-Men Grand Design 2. I want Ed Pisker to do this to every confusing character with weird continuity ever. Sakes alive, Brandon, you, you're speaking my, you're singing my tune. Eric, but you Jim, have to read everything it. you said to me about it, I already knew. That is true. I was just drinking my, I heard. my drink there. Uh, but it's a great refresher course, Eric. It's a great <laughs> refresher. <laughs> I, I should chance. check it out. All right, gents, go Bills. Brandon and him and Trevor are going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy here. And I will. No, I guess Guardians of the Galaxy 150, Eric. I believe it's the last of the Guardians of the Galaxy books. Before they revamp? Yeah, before they do some other crazy things. But here, I'm going to let Wrong Turn take us into it. It's time to get Marble mad. 
Ah, uh, wrong turn. Hey, 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 let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. The bills make me wanna shout. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Okay, guys, where else would you rather be? <sighs> <laughs> All right, welcome everybody to take two of the Marvel Minute. Uh, me and Trevitt are going to do our best to bring to you some fresh takes on Guardians of the Galaxy 150 after we just blew our wad with uh, something that didn't record at all, uh, mostly, 100%. He ended up. Uh, <laughs> yep. So here we go. Uh, writer Jerry Duggan, art team Aaron Cooter, and Marcus Two, Ian Herring. Uh, What's his name from Nano Two and Oh, uh, Ian Zeering, Steve. Uh, Ian Zeering's <laughs> much more handsome cousin, and Marvel Comics is the publishing company. <laughs> so here we go. We're doing this again. We really are. Uh, on the day of the Bills playoff game, I forgot to hit record, and now I'm up against time for the rest of the day. And we made it through the whole entire what? thing. <laughs> Oh, like oh, and now I'm not even being interrupted funny. by my girlfriend. What? <laughs> so it's kind of funny. We made it through the whole entire right, recording this entire episode, and then uh, and then we had to start again. So here we are. Stays <laughs> turning into a disaster. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, we're talking Guardians 150. <laughs> Everything's all <laughs> fucked up. Uh, this is the final issue of the Guardians of the Galaxy. But fear not for the Guardians, they won't be gone for long. So what are our slightly different from the movie ragtag group of heroes going to be doing in this finale? Guarding Infinity Stones, fighting Raptors, and hopefully talking a member out of quitting. Oh my. Let's check out the simultaneous final issue and prelude to the hunt for the Stones right now. Uh, all right. We're doing this again, and the issue starts... <laughs> With Adam Warlock, uh, possibly remembering visions of his past uh, while skipping stones in a lake. What we think are just stones, possibly also just a, a beach full of infinity stones, uh, <laughs> while wandering also through an empty abyss. Kind of coming to with, with his past moments and, and future moments all at once. Uh, what he initially thinks is a beautiful sight quickly turns dark when he's told he's witnessing destruction by basically a version of himself. Uh, he looks out into the river. He sees a bunch of dead heroes, mainly guardians, what we think looks like He-Man slash Cable and the Incredible Hulk. Uh, and all face down in this water dead. He's told the clash of stones is upon us and time has no meaning. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on here. Uh, all of a sudden, he wakes up in a bed. Looks like it was all a nightmare. Um, he's pissed, you know, kind of angry. He keeps, looks like having these reoccurring nightmares. He's trying to figure out what's going on. And in frustration, punches the mirror in front of him. Uh, and behind that reveals another vast desert looking area to wander through. So like he just had a deja vu type dream almost. Um, Warlock, you know, is trying to make sense of things. Uh, he, he basically is realizing he is dead. He's back in the soul world. Uh, and he's on a journey to possibly be free as he takes his stuff and, and starts heading on out. 
<laughs> Any Adam Warlock thoughts there again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't even remember what I said last time. I think uh, – no, I got. I can't remember what I said last time. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's basically just like, you know, him trapped in the soul stone. Soul. Uh, yeah, something about soul, soul world. Soul stone, right? Uh, no, it's, was, uh, well, yeah, technically. It's called the Soul, soul Stone yeah. the one Vision has? Or is that not a thing um, anymore? That that was only a thing. That's only in the movies. Uh, it's just a, a crystal in, in Vision's head. Um, Adam Warlock actually had the Soul Stone in his head in the comics. Okay. Um, they kind of yeah, just did it. they kind of just did it with Vision in the movies. But this this whole thing with the Soul World is like a big a big thing with Adam Warlock. It's it's kind of his thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's also where Gamora's soul is stuck, which we saw in issue three. Issue three took place in this soul world in um in this in the all new Guardians of the Galaxy before Legacy. Yeah, before they changed the title name. Mm. Um but yeah, anyway, then we move on to you know the Guardian section, uh before we check back in on Adam Warlock at the end. And we have uh initially what is a group of raptors disguised as Nova Corpsmen preparing an attack on the remaining members uh, of the Nova Corps since they're sensing, you know, a weakness and, and they're ready to reveal they're basically traitors now, right? Or are they just disguised? They're just disguised. They, uh, the, the Nova Corps, um, they grabbed up all the traitors and they don't know that going in. See, like they think that they got the Nova Corps fooled because they had all the traitors in their midst, but uh, they ended up capturing all of the traitors. So the Nova Corps totally knows they're coming. So they're walking into a trap thinking that the Nova Corps is in the trap, which is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> and they walk head, head on into the main members, you know, the guardians who have been serving as Nova Corps members, uh, and they are immediately shitting their pants. Uh, so then we get, you know, a Nova versus Nova fight breaking out, which uh, you, you got to kind of look closely at to uh, see who's fighting who. Uh, the bad guys basically have the claws out, so so that's a, a big determining factor. Uh, we get kind of our, our scenes of the issue here with Drax trying to refrain from, from killing somebody, accidentally kill somebody, as he throws them uh, into a set of the, the Raptor members, Wolverine claws um, rocket heads outside. He starts taking down attacking forces uh, out in space uh, with, with his guns and his Nova powers. Uh, so he's loving life. And then Ant-Man steps up to the table, big time sensing some trouble. Um, he gets the idea to shrink himself and ride the beam light through the shields of this Raptor ship. That's giving them problems. Um, and and once inside, pulls his sweet move and expands to giant man size, blowing the ship uh, to goddamn smithereens um, and taking it down from the inside. Because uh, I was real, I'm like, what the fuck is Ant Man going to do? He just, <laughs> you know, I thought yeah, he was going right. to like. And my first initial thought was he's just going to stay small and start screwing with the controls, you know, pull kind of an Ant Man technology uh, type yeah. thing. Uh, but no, he I does the opposite. I really like that they took the opportunity to show how useful and cool Ant-Man can actually be, you know, like, yeah. like I said earlier in the previous, like he pulled an atom and went uh, subatomic, which for him is a little dangerous, but in DC for the atom is something he does normally and just traveled through that light beam through the shield and just ends up like being like all James Bond and kicking everyone's ass and then boom, just explodes the ship, which was pretty fucking dope. Yeah, I um, shit, I forgot what I was going to say. 
God damn it. <laughs> really fucking <laughs> this re-record up. I have no fun. <laughs> I've like I've lost all my momentum. I feel like the first cut was a lot better uh podcast than we're giving you right now. But um <laughs> anyway, uh a group of raptor oh already did that part. Rocket um you know rescues a passed out Scott Lang because going huge uh you know kind of knocks him out uh takes him out of things for a little bit. Um, I know what I was going to say. I feel like Giant Man used to be a lot bigger thing in, in the olden days. Like it, it didn't, yeah. you know, fuck him up as much. So he would do it a lot more and he'd kind of hang out and fight that way for longer periods. But it's not something Scott does yeah. all the time. His yeah. daughter, his his daughter did when she was at the Young Avengers. She used to be called Stature and that was her thing. She like, she could go small, but she would always go giant. Yeah, so I, I I've never read that. I didn't know his daughter used to be on a team at all. Actually, I think I read a wiki about it, but never even gave it second thought uh, and let let it stick in my brain. Um, but yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty cool. I, I I miss Giant Man moments. Is kind of my point of bringing that all up. Um, but we do have this final trader kind of in the wings because um, you know knocking that ship out really took the steam out of the Raptors' engines. They they don't really have much of a threat left, uh, but he's overhearing some information he really shouldn't be hearing, uh, but really doesn't get far with it because he's quickly beheaded by Gamora as his life ends. Um, Rich Rider Nova suddenly arrives, answering the distress call that was put out, uh, but most of the battling already being done. All he can really do is is provide the team with some news uh, about what's this planet's name? Because I've spelled it horribly in my notes. I have Telefersia. <laughs> that can't be right. Oh, uh, Telefernia? Telefernia. Okay. Telefernia. Uh, um, uh, which is where the oh, you know celestial bad old man gardener is, uh, building the Groot Army. Telefernia. <laughs> I did it wrong. There we go. Telefernia. <laughs> uh, and he's he's got a baby Groot. Well, not a baby Groot Army. He's got a, a big Groot Army, which is affecting... Uh, Groot, Groot who is baby Groot's abilities, you know, he, he's like really stressed thin, I guess is the, is the point they've made and, and can't, and they grow. finally found that out. They were, they killed a Groot in like a, like an issue ago, two issues ago. And then Groot grew in size after they killed it. And they were like, Oh my God, this, what's <laughs> going, this is what's affecting you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They finally figured it out. It took them 20 issues, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, well, once they get this information, you know, Peter kind of decides what the next, you know, uh, idea for the team would be, what they're going to do next, because they're not going to be Novas anymore. Um, they are going to this planet, Telefernia, to solve this group problem once and for all, and then, you know, continue the hunt for the stones they're looking for. Um, but at the same time, Drax's big reveal is he's not going to continue on with the guardians in their hunt and their fight um, because of his new beliefs, you know, is what's he Buddhist now or, or Hindu or yeah. Islamic? Yeah, he's Buddhist. Okay. <laughs> like he's not, he's not fighting anybody anymore. He's all about peace. During civil war. Remember when they had the, the grounded storyline, then everybody kind of had their solo series cause they were stuck on earth and yeah. Drax got all involved in Buddhism. So, <laughs> so, so that's where that comes from. If you're interested uh, but Peter decides, you know, well, Drax, why, why don't you come with me for this uh, little mini trip here? And, and maybe I got something for you to do. Um, so they go to this planet. Uh, starts with a Z. Uh, 
sounds like a Chinese name, kind of. Zai uh, um, Wang. <laughs> there you go. And uh, what is hidden here is a giant, giant power stone. Um, and and Drax is going to be taking over for for guarding this. Uh, you know, Peter basically promises him it will be a more peaceful mission. It, it won't involve any killing, and he he can you know basically rest here and keep it safe. Um, during all that fighting, however, uh, the Nova signal was compromised and hacked by a lady named Talinda. Uh, and she supposedly claims to have info on, on the hidings of this power stone, uh, that Peter knows where it's at. Um, you know, and he, he's basically been keeping that information to himself. So Peter knows rich rider knows, right? Uh, yeah, Rich Ryder knows, and Peter knows, now Drax, and then a couple of Novas that have been guarding the, the Power Stone. And, uh, and that's, that's it. it. None Nobody of the other Guardians know. <laughs> Except for whoever and, she's selling this information to. <laughs> and that's yeah. the big kind of what-if of this. Uh, Drax isn't really going to get his peaceful rest, uh, probably, is what it's looking like, because... Nope. <laughs> she's trying to pawn this information off to the highest bidder and ends up looking like captured and compromised by the Chitari uh, who have demanded she give up the info or be killed because um, they want to be free of Thanos' reign. And then don't forget the scrolls and all the Ultrons. Drax is, is so screwed. <laughs> it's yeah, going to be an yeah, army of... It's about five or six different groups all converging on poor Drax and maybe Peter and Richard, but... Uh, the rest of the team will definitely be pissed when they find out this was a secret kept a la, you know, very Batman-esque drama going on here. Uh, the book the begins. Its, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going to be real pissed. Uh, the book begins its conclusion, uh, checking back in on Adam Warlock, who stumbles into a version uh, of an older Gamora on his journey through this desert, looking for kind of his way out. Uh, Adam learns that he's 100% in the soul gem, that it's a prison, and that he is its warden. And as he, he basically finds all this information out, I don't know if, if that's the cue he needs to resurrect himself uh, or if he's just finally fully powered up, but he vanishes right in front of Gamora's eyes. Um, as, as she asks basically, what about the rest of us? Uh, and, and he yeah. ends up popping up out of his cocoon stating that he's finally free. Uh, but not really because now he's face to face with, Kang the Conqueror, so this is going to involve some wheeling and dealing or some punching of the face. Uh, one of the two, uh, usually wheeling and dealing with Kang's, Kang's side of things, uh, usually involving the time stream and whatnot. I'm sure he wants a piece of time stone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he wants, he wants stones, and he's going to try to cut a deal to get something, probably. Uh, so by borrow or forget you know, like, like I said in the first take, uh, <laughs> this is a buy for me. I really like it. Um, I, I had a few minor complaints, uh, you know, mainly being little coloring issues. Like I like the space being brightly colored, dark backgrounds, uh, but, you know, it's not a deal breaker. It doesn't hurt my enjoyment level of the book in, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it's a good setup for what's coming up and then getting me kind of a little amped for these events. Um, mm. coming up, you know, the infinity stone stuff. Uh, Marvel is usually good at, at sucking me into these. And then, uh, my interest starts waning halfway through, but, uh, stone stuff <laughs> I, hasn't, hasn't been a story done in a long time. I don't feel like, so it should, it should be no. something Since that grabs me. Uh, and probably about the three years. Up, that's, 
some good synergy there. Um, so yeah, I like and- it. It's it's hundred percent buy for me, and and you get. Uh, uh, my only really other beef is it's lacking a metal esque checklist like all the yes. other books I want to follow for all the uh stone information to keep it all you know a tight little continuity in my brain. But um, other than that, you know, it's a good story, good setup. It's a shame Guardians is ending, but it's continuing in another form basically. So don't be too sad yeah. for it. And uh, the bright and, side and it's is the same team basically too. So you know, yeah, it's really. That, that- that's a bright side. And then also, like, you know, Jerry Duggan is doing like so if you liked Guardians and you like the story that's going and you want more details on it, you're gonna get that. So it's like basically the same book with more characters written by the same guy and the same artists. So like so yeah. it's uh so you're gonna get more of what you like. So that's a bright side. Um, yeah. and while we don't get the the checklist, we do get that coming up next that Marvel has been doing in the background of all their books. Uh yeah, kind of the and one you get like, coming. you know. Yeah, so you get the information that, you know, the Infinity Countdown Adam Warlock is going to be where you follow his story, and then Infinity Countdown Prime is where you're going to discover who has the Infinity Stones and where they've been. And then the Guardian stories and threads are going to, uh, story threads are going to continue in Infinity Countdown, the series. And I see Wolverine on the cover, so we're going to see Wolverine in there, too. So In the next Spider-Man issue, his backup is supposed to be in it, too. Oh, nice. I, I saw the one. Uh, Wolverine tease. Yeah, yeah, I saw the one in Captain America this week where, uh, you know, in the beginning of the Captain America issue, Steve was in a bar. So at the end, after the issue ended, you get that little Wolverine appearance, and he shows up at the bar looking for Steve. So, but oh, that's cool. You know, he, yeah, he was asking the wrong guy because he was kind of Steve was kind of set up in that bar and captured by um, named Craven. So yeah, um, yeah. so <laughs> the bartender was the wrong guy to ask. But yeah, so, he's on the take. <laughs> yeah, he's on the take. He's on the take. So uh, I'm gonna go through my final thoughts again. Luckily, I have them written down, so I don't have to try to remember them. Uh, <laughs> so this book uh, makes me really excited for Infinity Countdown. Uh, this was a good finale slash prelude, I guess. Uh, the highlight was definitely the Ant Man stuff for me when he rode that beam of light through the shield and, and grew huge and destroyed the ship. It was a big holy shit moment. The, the end of Drax's character arc was really good and a little funny at the end because you think he's going to get his piece and then you weren't going to get it. He wasn't going to get any piece. The Adam Warlock moments were pretty cool. It felt like a, a Wonderland acid trip. But but all, all in all, the story was very a densely plotted issue and not everything was tied up with a pretty bow. So I guess we'll have to wait for Infinity Countdown for a little more closure. And, you know, I, we already covered that. But with stuff like the Gardener and Robbie Ryder, because we did get, I think it was issue number... 12 of Guardians of the Galaxy. It was 11 or 12. I know Roland Boschke did the art. It was a whole entire issue, not even about the Guardians. It was all about Robbie Ryder and how he was brainwashed by the fraternity of Raptors and how he became one of them and and very hardcore about their cause. So um, the art by Aaron Kuda was fantastic, as usual. He did the vivid opening sequence for Adam Warlock, where we see Adam Warlock's state of mind. Uh, He's definitely going to be someone to watch this year. I hope he does more work on Infinity Countdown. I know Diodato is doing the Prime issue, but I, I hope he works on the Infinity Countdown stuff. Uh, his um, He did a great job penciling the Soul World. He's got this type of style that was made for the Soul World. It's like psychedelic shifting environment. Marcus II's art was awesome also. He never disappoints. He had like very 
very good fluid motion action scenes with dynamic layouts. He was responsible for those incredible Ant-Man moments in the battle with the fraternity of Raptors. Ian Herring's colors were okay, but like you said in the previous cast, they, cast, they did that we didn't get to record. Um, <laughs> they do look a little, they do, they do look a little washed out. Uh, I got used to it over the legacy arc, and and it's 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 decent. But um, the previous colorist, uh, Eve Savorsina's uh, colors were a lot better. They were a lot darker and and just deeper deeper colors. They they made more. They looked better on a on a cosmic story than these colors do. So I don't know why that guy moved off the book. I feel like they should have just kept him going the whole time. And uh, and yeah, it, it was it's definitely a buy for me. You know, one, one thing that makes me really sad though is that I. That this book had to end because I don't think it would have ended if the sales weren't low. And I think Bendis yeah, kind of no. like, yeah, I think Bendis kind of ruined the title yeah, because tarnished the name. He, he really did. He really did. So and, many people hated you know, that it, run. So many people hated I, that run. And I've never read it. one issue of it, but yeah, I I have never oh. heard one person say they like it. <laughs> no, no, I made it through one trade, and then I just. Because I had Steve McNiven art, and then and then I just never went to the second trade. I, I'm gonna get to it eventually, but um, but I just never heard good things about it, and I heard it just gets worse and worse as it goes along. So he kind of ruined this for Jerry Duggan. I mean, you know, we're the story's still gonna continue, and I hope there's a Guardians book after, like maybe after all this Infinity Countdown stuff ends, maybe they'll try to reboot it again. But who knows? We'll see. Beggars can't be choosers, right? So at least we're still getting the story. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's coming. It's just coming in a different way than uh, a <laughs> single-numbered book that you can follow. <laughs> it's yeah. the Marvel way. <laughs> yes, no, just just buy, buy the titles and then you'll get the information. Uh, but yeah, we're going to wrap it up. Sorry if we sounded less interested the second time we had to record. I think we still got it all out there, but we recommend you buy it. So. Fun time. Uh, I am very distracted by the Bills today, so go Bills. Uh, sorry, Taylor. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Don't forget to listen to Marvel Madness. We got this and two more books coming for you guys this week. And, you know, continuing the Gene Gray extravaganza all month long, so if you're looking to hear about that, find us there. But we are wrapping things up. Peace out, guys, and adios. Now is the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now is the time to hear reviews and Listen to what Jim will say We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores We don't want to hear Eric Shea Well, we are here We don't really have Ow! to hear Eric Shea We have to hear Reggie Because we're here That's with right. Reggie This and is this is Reggie's section, uh, which is one book this week. You have it's a one book. Baby it's old. yeah, it's weird too because it's just odd that this book would be the one that just fell on this week out of nowhere. Is is Black Lightning? It just is odd. That was Harley? Is that just been delayed over and over? Because I thought that that would be that coming last out. Issue, yeah, that last issue was supposed to be the last week in December. I remember seeing yeah. her in an early solicit, but. It is now the following. Yeah, it's not catching now. up now. So I thought that it would have caught up by now. But, yeah, right, it, it's just weird. And now with that, 
It is really feast or famine. I mean, you have oh, a mini series, one issue of a mini series on this week. It's just nuts. But uh, let's get into it. What book is it, Reggie? It is Black Lightning, Cold Dead Hands, number three, written by Tony Isabella, art by Clayton Henry and Peter Pantazis. Mother told me, yes, she told me I'd meet cops like you. She also told me to be polite and courteous when I do. Just the other day, I heard of a force hunting little kids, and it was perfect protocol what they did. Your mommy's all dead, your daddy's all dead, now on their kids it's open season, surrender, dismember, don't let the little brat slip away. Hey, hey! Yes, some cheap trick. Hey, hey, hey! Some hey, hey, hey! So after seeing that it is police protocol to shoot children on site, yes, on site, I think I, I think I might join the cops, guys. I I I, I I was trying to join the police, but the thing is, my eyesight was too bad. Yeah, yeah, you were, I, yeah too, much, too much friendly fire would come out of you. I, I ended up shooting too many adults. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, the the way I get angry in this house, every kid better watch out if I get a badge and a gun because I'll go through. But, yeah, pretty much that's that's what this seems like. I don't really it's, think you need the badge, Jim. No, well, really? Can that's I go with that? Can I say that they're intruders in the house even though they live here? They, if they're in the house, am I allowed to do stuff? Can I do that? Is that possible? I think technically, yeah, yeah. yeah. Depending, yeah. depending what they're holding at the time, you know, you felt threatened because he had a, a bag of uh, salt he had and vinegar chips. a fucking chip. axe. What are you talking about? Salt and vinegar yeah. chips and an axe. There you yeah, go. Uh, yes. The axe might be something. Hey, know, here's the deal with my blood pressure. The salt and vinegar chips, they are dangerous That's to my health. So I, I can true. go with that. Uh, the, the problem with this issue is number one, Eric said the same thing. Now, obviously, Reggie, you're reviewing it. You would be more in tune with it. But I started reading it and I was completely lost of where we left off. I had no idea. And we go through almost half the issue without even seeing Black Lightning, which I thought was very odd, especially in the middle issue of a miniseries. I mean, he's you you have Tony Isabella is giving us a story. Obviously, he's trying to set up, you know, the bad guys, uh, which are multifaceted. One being the cops uh, seem to be, you know, part of the bad guys as well. Uh, But then we see that the bad, bad guys are kind of using the fear that the cops are giving people uh, yeah, for their benefit. They have They're one of the using most complicated social... marketing plans I've yeah, ever oh, seen. Oh, it's such life. a weird marketing plan. I'm telling you, it's so they roundabout. They social media the way it was meant to be used, by playing both sides against each other. Uh, they are. I just wonder, it's like one of those uh, plans, though, that it seems like by the end of it, nobody's going to be alive. Like, who is going to be buying the stuff from them when everybody's dead? Plus, Listen, it seems it, like they're going with this... Short- Sighted, but it's what they're working with for now. Yes. Okay? And, and really short-sighted, I would think it's going to be, because at one point, it has to just end with people just deciding not to buy weaponry, because everybody's just dying. But This is America, Jim. Yeah, How dare you? That you is don't true. know anything about America. Jim. I guess I don't. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> out of touch. You? I am other, th- my mother doesn't tell me though. shit. <laughs> See, seeing this, uh, this marketing plan, this conspiracy, though, really, it got me worried that you guys probably figured out the conspiracy I've been working on you for a long time now, which is to behave as different eBay sellers and feed Eric. Yes. Uh, well, you say that. I'm right with you. So that he'll bring them to work, and then that'll raise your blood pressure, Jim, and then you'll and die. Me. 
And I'll get the Werner family emeralds. And that's, it's that's weird because my, as you want. say that, I'm also working behind the scenes of outbidding Eric to get his wow. blood pressure up as well <laughs> because I want the Shea family fortune is what I want, which which oh, okay. really is a – I don't even know what it would be, a six-pack and a, and a well, handshake. No, I'm trying to remember what I got from my father. I got a set of keys to a car that there was no car. I got his girlfriend's belt and a gym bag. And, right. and didn't you get a, a football jersey that wasn't his? You yeah, got that, that later, at right? The funeral. His buddy Derek, he brought out like, here's your father's jersey. He walks away and look at it. This isn't my father's jersey. He's it's like, not even the right goddamn my, number. He's like, my dad's not. My dad's name wasn't Tom Brady. <laughs> he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mike Schmidt. No, that wasn't my dad. It's a nice jersey, though. <laughs> no, it was just a Mets jersey from Shea Stadium. So that's, that's, that's what all. he went with. This it was Mookie Wilson. Right it was this Mookie Wilson's was jersey. as well, so who knows? Dairy Sweden promos from, uh, you know, Pee Wee football. That's always yes. nice. Uh, yes. But, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, uh, yeah, this, uh, this issue, uh, you know, it's all right. Well, you know, it introduces a new character, White Thunder, which, as we talked about, that was Jim's nickname in yes. junior high school when he was uh, down with the Black Thunder. He wanted to be... I want to, yeah, that, you know, when I was trying to dunk on three foot nets, you know, yeah, me, that, uh, I would, I would have went with white lightning, uh, because I was the Quakertown comet, you, you can say, but I'll go with, I'll go with white thunder. That's not a I bad, that's, that's, that's not a bad. Like no, I'm just, I'm the white version of Daryl Dawkins. I'll go with that. He used to rip down the fucking rims. He was badass. I like Daryl Dawkins. Jim likes yeah. to drink a little moonshine and the That's right. White Some white lightning. White you liquor. got it. You know uh, it. Anyway. This guy, uh, White Thunder, looks like basically he's got Firefly's jetpack and he does red tornado powers. Would you say that's about right? Yeah, that uh, seems he right. He shoots some kind of a sonic wave or something that just fucks shit up. Uh, breaks up some cops going along. The cops jump out and it's like they just, they, they already have criminals that also I don't understand this. Pe- people that are apprehended run out of the back of their cars. They're all out like dealing with a big calamity and so the cops just shoot yeah the, the, the why, why aren't they why aren't they trying to find this you know white tornado and maybe That's shoot right. at him and because really don't basically know. You don't know. Anything about Cleveland PD protocol, obviously, true. because that that's what is you, true. if you someone runs, you shoot them you in the shoot. back first thing, especially if they're restrained. The weird well, thing though is like they end up getting knocked out. You know, the the police cars end up being stopped because of a goddamn flying metahuman that shoots sonic powers at people are scattering because they don't know what's going on. This could be Armageddon has just hit, and the police are are just shooting people willy nilly. It's pretty crazy. The whole layout seems very odd to me because it actually did take me like three quarters of this book to realize what the fuck was going on. But like what we dealt with the last issue, where we start out with you know White Thunder going and taking out this like police officer convoy that seems to be taking the family of the children who you accidentally shot the alien got off crumbled yeah. the half half their goddamn apartment and then the the rubble came down on people below yeah it seems this whole convoy is taking them to a judge for a hearing but I'm like at what point is this happening like are they taking them from the crime scene have they already been booked yeah, at the and it has station? to be the crime at scene the station it's we just to, weird like, because they people. have the alien why guns. Why convoy of all these goddamn freaking, you know, police? Why are the yeah. guns there with them in the the police cars? I don't understand. I don't know. Because I don't when understand. this goes, the setup. that's the big thing where you have these people running. They end up getting shot. The lady, the mother, the father, and then the kids are there. They just grab this alien tech and skedaddle. They woo 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 out of there, and the police are like looking at them. They're at large, uh, armed and dangerous. They are, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a weird progression. And uh, that's when because of because of Cleveland PD protocol. 
any unattended children are to be shot on site. Yeah. Now, a lot of the issue, a lot of the issue, which I, I love that uh, that uh, protocol personally. It the, cuts down it's on now daycare. a race between Black Lightning and to get to them before the cops get to them, so yeah. you can stop that from happening. We also learned later on that the gun doesn't even work. They no, can't it doesn't work. Seized up. The power it. source is gone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They, it's uh, White Thunder had had scanned it and found that it well, couldn't even be used. So he says, and this is part of the great marketing. Just let the kids have it. Either way, yeah, let we the win. Kids if have it. We if win. the kids get shot, it just brings up the hysteria. If not, people are, you know, they're worried that kids are on the street with a alien gun. It's just going to be good for right. our bottom line. Uh, and also, we find out he's a snake alien. So that's yeah, it's so about. weird because at one point you have Tobias Well. He's there. He's talking, and the secretary starts talking at, with her, uh, you know, pad, her iPad, and then just shows that she's a Durlin. She yeah, starts phasing through things, a shapeshifter. Then White Tornado comes in, and basically you were led to believe at the White beginning Thunder. where – Or White Thunder, I mean, when White Thunder comes in, at the beginning Black Lightning's like, yep, they call him uh, White Thunder, kind of, you know, throwing shade at me. So I'm like, okay, I get out. it, you know. And when he takes off his helmet, he's a goddamn snake man. He's a fucking snake man. Like, what what is, is going on? Yeah, I love it too. What the hell is his name? What the, oh, God, I wish I could find it right now because it's like Seer or something like that, but it's like Triple yeah, it's Seer. Seer. Yeah, it's Seer. Seer. Is this, where's oh, Snake Mountain? Snake where's man. Snake it's Mountain? Right it's yeah. right it should be in this book because I think he's straight from Snake Mountain. Though that, I don't mind that. that that's actually okay. But uh, before cool that, snake man. before that, you end up having a funeral uh, where we're guessing it's for the people who I'm, may I'm have died you, that, in the crumbling a, building. I had no idea what was going on because when we go through this whole thing, it's almost a narration of what happened. Like through Black Lightning, like reading the police report, and he's like, I didn't find out about this attack until I was at the church for the like the ceremony or yeah. the viewing or whatever it is. I'm like, I don't know who these people are that died. We have a young kid, an old grandmother, and a, like a college graduate, it seems, and I have no connection to yeah. who these people are. And I just think it was the people that died when really that building went. That's mind. why those people, you know, that's why that family was being taken away. With that, what happens is that the uh, the priest there is just there to tell, you know, kind of giving us the word on the streets of how, you know, we got to stop these guns. These, you know, having guns in the, in the neighborhood sucks. People want to, you know, go and arm themselves to feel uh, safe, but then kids get a hold of him and shoot him. So you have that whole thing. And that's when you go to Tobias and he's, you know, talking to his snake man and saying he fucked up. You messed up. And with this, you know, you're messing up my brand. But then Snake Man says, no, no, like we said, no, this is good. Fear. People are still going to be upset. They're still going to be afraid because now they think these kids are out there with alien tech. Even though it doesn't work, let's go with it. If kids have to die, so be it. And so they, be it. So be it. And then you go and there's Black Lightning who's just training and with his new suit and he's blasting but, and, and, shit. And this, this I found, I mean, this really is the other development is that he's got a new suit where yeah. he's got like – like the more hyper blasts. The art is great, and the new suit is like a slight change, but it looks cool. However, since suit. he already has a new new powers that we didn't know about, what's the point of this? You know what I mean? Like, just give him the new powers and and, yeah. and yeah. move on with it. This seems really superfluous. Yeah, yeah, it, it really does. I'm telling you. But the thing is, we don't have a lot of black lightning in this issue. All yeah. the black lightning we get, I'll take because yeah, all right, he's got a new suit that looks almost exactly the same as the old one, but now he can make it shine, and now he can make it go dark. Yeah, yeah. all right, black oh, lightning. I like that. You know, he he can like phase, he can change, he goes into like night mode, and he even uses that later on, and he can go to like super light but mode. So I'm telling you, as as confused as I was at the beginning of how the progression was and who these people at the funeral were, 
when the freaking this detective who's a friend of Black Lightning, when her partner shows up, yeah. he seems to have had a relationship with this guy who's an alien who works with Black. I'm like, I'm out. I don't know what's going on anymore. You somehow lost me in three issues of a six issue mini that I've read every issue of. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. also a, gen- a gender swapping alien too. You forgot about that part. A gender swapping alien. Hello. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where the. Uh, at first, I when I read this. At first, I was like, "Are they in the basement of the police station?" But no, they're in the like the uh, you know black lightning lair yeah, over the, the little box. The thing. lightning lair, as you we know, like to call it, over the, the gym. So, uh, yeah, she just comes in and basically, but she comes in to say, "Hey, I'm cool with this." So all right. it's, it's all these little things. Like it's it's really the, the the three or four things. It's like we meet Black Thunder. We learn that uh, Tobias Well is in cahoots with directly with aliens. Yeah. Lightning gets a new suit, and uh, you know this other police and Durlin weapons are out and about. So, you get that Durlin thrown in there, yeah. You know, and he, he cuts the Durlin. I mean, it's look. It's, it's I'm fine with Tobias thing. Whale having a goddamn Durlin and a Snake Man on the payroll. The fact that we have this old man working with Black Lightning, who's now a gender swapping alien, we yeah. just found out about, who was in a relationship with freaking Detective Sims' partner. I'm yeah. like, I don't know where any of this came out of. Out of it's just out of left goddamn field is what it is. Nobody like, sent you that memo. That's what you're no. telling me. You didn't get that memo, the gender-swapping alien who was partners with that. Yeah, and then well, obviously it was leading up to uh, the deal where they had found the boys. It was the, really the in the manga, too. Yeah, yeah, the police found the boys. Yeah, <laughs> You end up having Black Lightning go off. He uses the uh, dimming of the suit deal. Uh, looks awesome. I'm telling you, yeah. the art in this looks great. Ninja mode on a Black Lightning. Ninja mode. Cool. And then as the police or the SWAT team, it really looks like go to open fire on these kids. They don't even really say much to these kids either. They just see them hiding behind uh, a uh, park bench. The kids yell, don't shoot, don't shoot. The police just go hog wild, well, just start the shooting. They can't hear, so they, they I, just, uh, just start, the shoot that, us, shoot us. Shoot that's us, that's is, what they I got hear. I'm really confused at this point, too, because when we started out with and the whole, like, you know, White Thunder came in. His sonic pulses that he said made it so nobody could hear what anybody else was saying yeah. because the noise was so loud. And when Black Lightning comes down to save the kids, it's like, it's as if the background noises freeze time in its place. The kids can't hear the police. The cops yeah. can't hear the kids. It's so weird to keep happen. forcing so, this. Since we force this, but we don't have White Thunder at this point. So no. now it's almost like, you know, oh, the heat of the moment. Things got out of control. But yeah. it's just the cops opening fire on some kids who were hiding yeah, behind a park bench. Yeah, they're just open fire. It doesn't matter if you can hear or not. These kids are behind a park bench. And, yeah, you can, you can probably – you know, they, they didn't raise the weapon or anything at this point. It's pretty much pieces of shit. And, uh, Black Lightning goes and stops the bullets, obviously. Yeah, he jumps in, throws up a little Jedi force shield, stops yeah. the bullets in midair. Everyone's like, whoa, stand down, stand down. And then Black Lightning's able to basically defuse it right there. Like, all you needed was to stop them from just shooting the, the kids outright. Once he talks Isn't to them all for like a second, that's yes. all we need is a moment. And then, hey, the, the cops, then the one cop, you can tell he's a good guy. He gets down on his knee, gets at their level and says, mm-hmm. look, you got to come with me. No cuffs. And then this is the best. You have them just at the crime scene there or at the scene. They pick up the weapon like it's secured. Looks like it was fused solid after it was fired that one time. I'm like, this is alien tech. And you're there. And then you have the cop like, get it to the lab before the feds show up. I'm like, what's going on here in, the, in this you police see, department? Uh, that's that's uh, on the streets. You know, they're so honed to weaponry. They can just scan. They know it. Look at a weapon and know right away. It's, that's the amazing thing. It was so fused solid. Fused solid. Like, uh, look at yeah, these Derlins. They're, they're experts. That's why, they, that's why they're able to, you know, 
retrofit these very easily. It's, it's just like looking at a forty-five or a sawed-off shotgun. That's why uh, very, I very always buy American and not Durland. That's why I go buy American. Oh, oh yeah. there's that old argument again. Yes. Here we go again. There we go. But yeah, uh, then you and have then, a standoff. At the very end, everything everything is fine. Everyone is safe. And then White Thunder's back again to fuck everything up. Just it yeah. basically ends us the same place that we were in the beginning. Except now he he does have like a little posse around him of guys in jetpacks too. Yeah, they do look now like Now he Firefly. finally got Black Lightning's attention. Yeah, he, he does. He wanted to be loved by Black Lightning. And then the best thing is, the best thing is the cliffhanger. Uh, just when has terror not come to Cleveland? It says next terror comes to Cleveland. Holy moly. Worse, worse than Santa Barbara and Psych over there. I'm telling That's you, it's right. nonstop shit going on constantly. Yes, yes, yes. Like San indeed. Francisco in yeah. Monk. But, but yeah. Exactly, a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, this was so, you know, my, my feeling about this issue was I didn't hate this issue. If this had been issue 20 of the series or after like, yeah, you know, a, a I big feel like I would have known more that was going on at issue 20, though. You probably you probably would have. And, and I'll tell you what, you probably should have. It's true that that this is not doing a great job on the uh, bringing you back up to speed. But all the broad strokes, which is that Tobias Whale is funneling in, you know, alien guns yeah. and it's it's causing a lot of shit on the streets is really, it's still intact there. So it's not like you're, you might be missing out of the details, but the broad strokes are all still there. But as part three of a six issue miniseries, this really is weird. It just seems like another day in the life. And, and let me, and you know, it's a shitty day in the life of uh, Jefferson yeah. Pierce, but Goes to a lot not, of funerals. not a lot to really advance this. What I would, what I would have thought would be a contained six issue story. Yeah. Uh, really still feels like he's auditioning for, for an ongoing. Yeah, you know, it seems like, weird. This is what an ongoing might look like. And I'm like, that's cool. But I kind of would have liked also just a contained, you know, story that was well plotted out per issue. Uh, but it's I hard for me to hate this. Uh, art is, is real good and, and the plotting is good. It, it, it has some deficiencies in, uh, you know, storytelling as far as catching you up. But as far as going panel to panel, I don't really see any big problems. Uh, I ended up giving it a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I like the art. Uh, I really wish that we would have just centered more on Black Lightning and Tobias Whale. And you yeah. keep jumping back and forth, and you have this whole thing thrown in there with the police when I just want him to fight Tobias Whale and, you know, White Thunder and all these aliens and things like that. And I think that it gets kind of lost in the shuffle a bit of what this book's going for and what's going on. I know that it's supposed to be more of a grounded, you know, street-level book, but it just, that whole funeral thing really just put the brakes on. It really did and was kind of confusing, the progression. I'll even go with the gender-swapping alien. I don't mind that. I don't even know if that may be a legacy character. I'll go with him. I'll go right home with him. He likes manga. I'm in with that. But uh, (laughs) that's kind of fun. Uh, But, yeah, some of the book, though, it just it's it's like Tony Isabella wants to tell this story uh, about the cops and, you know, how it is in Cleveland. But he then throws in Tobias. Well, I'm more interested in the comic book part of the story, and you don't really get much of it. And this issue goes halfway through before you even get Black Lightning, which is very bizarre. So I want to see. But I like the new suit. I, I think that the power set's kind of cool. But I can only go. I'm going to go 6-5 because I think the art is great. 
Uh, and it's one of those, I wasn't angry when I got done. I was a little confused. Uh, but it's not anything I'm that invested in. So you can take my, you know, my review with a grain of salt. Uh, I'm not going to say for anybody to go and buy this unless you're a huge Black Lightning fan and just want to, you know, complete but if you your are a really big collection. Black, Black Lightning fan, this might scratch an itch for you. Maybe. It is, you know, That's what I'm saying. Black if you are. Happenings, you know, yeah. He's doing this, you know, whatever. So here we go. I know Eric Shea. I know what he's going to give it. But go, Eric. I have an idea, Actually, and I will be very an honest. I want you to tell me what it is because I don't trust you. I would say that you're going to give it a 4.5 because you like the art a lot, but you're going to say God, that it was confusing. I, and, and I, I don't that. even know why I talk, honestly. I have no idea. Do you just tell everybody what I'm going to say? That's what you're going to do, right? You're going to say exactly, things came out of nowhere. You didn't know where you were when you started the Tony, issue. Tony Isabella is doing the six-issue mini as a way to reinvent Black Lightning and bring him back into the DCU proper, like a whole rebirth for Black Lightning. But the thing is, while this was his intention, he is throwing things at us as if this is a, like a world and a city that we've lived yeah, in a long time with like these that. characters because he just throws it out there all willy-nilly. No explanation. And we're like, I don't even understand the progression. Like we have from one thing – like one like last issue to this one where we have that great cliffhanger where the kids have an alien gun. They blow a hole. Now we're in this convoy of fucking goddamn like police where the, the parents are shot down for no goddamn reason. <laughs> You piece of shit. Why would you laugh at the parents being shot, Eric? I and don't understand to, and that. And then we go to a funeral for other people who are never told who they are. <laughs> and it, I'm telling you, everything is out of left field in this issue. While I do really like the art and uh, the whole idea of White Thunder School, here it is, issue three. We have a Durland secretary and a fucking snake man out of fucking nowhere. Oh, like, that's so what much. are you doing? Oh, God. 4.5 <laughs> out of 10. I knew you'd give it a 4.5. I have ever told you right. that uh, I have a Durlin secretary, too? I don't know if I ever mentioned that. Well, no, I just want to – the, the cat's out of the bag now. I am a sex-changing guy, uh, sex-swapping alien. I just wanted right. to tell you. Well, that's why your parents thought you were a girl half your life. That's right. Well, my parents did want a girl, so there you go. It, uh, it's just best of both worlds. Again, though, this is one of those books that's it's non-offensive. You know what I mean? It just comes out. I, I enjoy it enough, but yeah, I, I, I know Eric says it. We'll see. We have three more issues. Maybe all this will be set up to something good coming up. But Sucks to your coherent story. That is true, <laughs> But that's it for you, Reggie. You're in and out. Easy peasy. That's it. Uh, lucky Bye, for folks. you because we're going to be going off uh, now to listen to me and Eric talk about Cyborg. And final I, issue. It's, yeah, final issue of Cyborg. Yeah. So we're going to go to that now. Thanks a lot, Reggie. And we're going to go night, off. Guys. All right, Eric. And what is next? Cyborg number 20, written by Kevin Graveau, with art by Cliff Richards, Ivan Nunes, Gabe Altieb, and Rob Lee. The Cyborg series concludes with Vic still being a selfish piece of shit over his whole manor machine dilemma, but thanks to a magic wishing horn, he has the after-school special acid dream that finally sets him right. And by the end of the issue, none of it mattered at all. No. No, it didn't. And uh, do finally. you mean Do you mean with the uh, the horn or the series? Both, man. <laughs> Both? Come on. This goddamn series, I'm telling you. I really enjoyed it in the beginning because it seemed like, you know, John Sipper Jr. was throwing it off. Like, we were doing the Matter Machine bit, but we are throwing it yeah. in a, like, you know, personally, I don't think anybody else cared about this. Throwing in a lot of Frankenstein references yeah, that you, I was picking up the on. And one. I was like, holy shit, he's, he's talking to me, Jim. And it just went nowhere for so long and just fizzled out by the end with the digital micro uh, multiverse. Yeah. And now we have Kevin Graveau come on for two last issues that – 
It's a it's a goddamn episode of like Tales from the Dark Side or some shit, or even the Twilight Zone. Not even yeah, that good though. It does. I'm going it, Tales it, of the Dark Side. It seems like that, but it would it, would it amaze you that Eric, if you found out that I got the horn at the beginning of Rebirth and I wished for a cyborg book, and this was the monkey paw of what we got, the actual cyborg book because we it's all been wish nonsense. For a cyborg book. It's all a goddamn monkey paw. <laughs> there you go. Not <laughs> I a just keeper. Jim. To it's not a keeper. <laughs> it's not a keeper, but it reminds me of some. Something like that because this Kevin Gorvaux, this two-part deal to end it, it's just nonsense. It really is. And it has this horn and you have the monkey paw aspect of it, which continues here until basically Cyborg realizes he was a piece of shit after Sarah just yells at him for page after page about all the, you know, shit that could have gone wrong with him. He should know all this Think stuff. Think about himself. quadriplegics, hella bad off they have it. You're going to complain about yourself. And I thought she has yeah. so many of these different like comparisons. Oh like, my God. She just goes on and on. Like, Jesus Christ. Did you rehearse this before? Yeah. You have a I lot think of examples. So. She's got a lot of shit to say. Now, what got me, though, is two things. Number one, earlier in this run, we did see – I think it was this run. I'm telling you. They all run together now because it's, it's like – a, a, No, no, no. I'm saying that that one point when Cyborg went to see those vets – and they were like, they, they actually no, looked up this cyborg. Series. Okay, well, even then, it's still in this continuity. I yeah. actually like that. When Cyborg went, it really kind of grounded him when he went to see these vets. And they were like, man, we, we look up to you. You're just like us, but you, you're getting along. And when she started actually, yelling now, about now that I stuff. Now I don't know. Now I really yeah, don't I think know it that. was this. It might be this one. Because I think it was at the beginning. There was that one vet who then became a techno-sapien. Yeah. No, no, that was that one. craziness. No, I think yeah. it's just he went to like a local deal because somebody, I thought it was Sarah even, told him, hey, you have to realize these vets look up to you. And he went to go talk to them. And now when she's yelling at him about like, hey, what about the vet who lost his legs and things like that? It makes me not mad at her, but also just mad like Cyborg. Yeah, you went and saw these guys and you saw how hard off they were and how much they looked up to you. And in the meantime, it also taught him that lesson when he did go of kind of like, why am I feeling so sorry for myself with what I can do with what I have? Now, the other thing that made me laugh in this, besides uh, finding out that dead is better, uh, is that uh, is that at one point, number one, she brings up robot man out of nowhere oh uh, my but god also, this big old feature oh my robot god man i'm like you know what i wish we were seeing more of robot man yeah right i know such this little hey think of cliff steel you know the robot man i'm telling you oh, if Jesus this would have been say a john semper jr continued on because kevin gravo's only on this for two issues so i can't say that he's like pointing out something that he wanted to do you know what i mean but if there was a story with robot man and cyborg i would have been in i would have thought that was that pretty at cool the end of the last series yeah, you're right. When they showed up, you're right. Yep. Oh my goodness. And the metal men at one point. Oh yeah. my goodness gracious. Well, then strike that. Strike that from the record, Eric. Now what, what also got me is out of nowhere, it seems that Kevin Garreau write the first wrote the first issue of this of his two issue deal, and he's like, okay, Cyborg's gonna get this horn, and he's gonna wish that he was a regular man. And then somebody told him after the issue came out, hey, by the way, uh. He can kind of simulate being a regular man and yeah. not, and, and Sarah just throws it out there out of nowhere. Look, hey, you can w- even use you your nanites. Exactly. You have nanites so to make weird. you look like normal anytime yeah. you want and you choose to go back to this. How yeah. selfish are you? It, it, and really all that meant to me was not selfish, stupid. 
Because, yeah, yeah, all he wants to do, and and really you get down to it where I wish that Sarah would have yelled at him more about, is you don't want to be a normal man. You just want to look like you want people to treat you like which that because you can be. yes, which you can. So that's what's it's weird. Like nothing. Even in that, this, it was such an odd idea to throw that power out there. But like you know, you can look like a normal human being now and do anything yeah. you want with your body for the most part. It was, weird. and then still have the man and machine aspect of the whole story because you are a superhero now. But you can go out and about and be Victor Stone, but you just choose not to and want to complain. But you're a big complainer, is what you are, so Yes. He's just a complainer, and and you have this where we go through uh, this issue. You start out; they're collecting the gems still from these the sky fucking, rocks. These sky rocks, and you had those kids die and whatever. And that's where Cyborg, and even you have it at the beginning where, hey, uh, hey, kid, you understand what's going on? Everything we do here is for the benefit of the greater good. We're brothers, all of us. And if you want to shake the yoke of oppression, we must stick together. And then the kid gives uh, the guy the jewels that he had that he was taking. And then the guy just shoots him in the face. It's it's a fun time. Another child dead because of Cyborg. Yeah, yeah, it's just craziness. And this is where Cyborg then picks up the uh, the horn. He wants to bring the children back. He ends up put, fighting women. It's really bad. And, and he, right when he says, I want the children to come back to life again, you can only sit there. I'm like, how many times have we seen this in anything? I mean, I'm even thinking <laughs> like Buffy. Obviously, never watched Pet Cemetery. No, also the Buffy with the, you know, all these things. You can't, you can't bring them back. And they become zombies. Now, the best part of this is, it's not the monkey paw of the zombies that you know is coming. It's the fact that the zombie attack kind of is put on hold where they run a, run away and then Sarah then just starts complaining. I mean, in the middle of well, this. Well, that's the thing is we have Vic pick up the horn. I wish they were alive and, you know, nail us the entire time. It's like, you cannot do this, Victor. You know, you, yeah, the, yeah. the horn is evil. It's cursed. Does it anyway. First thing that happens, though, after he wishes us, the kids come to life. And they attack Nayla and bite her. And what bite does Victor and Vic and freaking Sarah just hustle off? They just into hustle the jungle, off. They just run. <laughs> and, and the only thing that stops them is Sarah trips over a twig thing. She and it, just the weirdest deal on it. It throws in the whole you know Victor football thing where she trips over a, a, a log or a stick. She's like, oh my god, my ankle's broken. And, and it, it reminds me of Tanya every time. Yeah, she she bumps her fucking wrist. Oh my god, it's broken. And he's oh, like, god. no, no, it's just a sprain pretty bad though i'm like what what, what do we care you know what look, i mean look, and can, can we please just move on but no we have to have yeah. the whole sit down talk now with the zombie apocalypse going starting in africa it's all about you know you know the whole thing like you goddamn selfish ass so you yeah. had to go and wish for this you well know, we this though about it, they yeah. should be chased but that like the zombies are on their way they they haven't gone very far <laughs> The zombies are on their way, and all Sarah can do is bitch and moan, and it's forced in by this injury where Cyborg still, you know, pick her up and start running. Yeah, because it's you just remember that Cliff Steele, don't you, Vic? The robot man. He makes jokes about himself. He doesn't wallow yeah. in self pity. Yeah. He he carries himself like a man, unlike you. And he's like, that's not fair, Sarah. And then out of nowhere, zombie attack. Of course, Nayla's zombie zombie attack. It's Nayla's zombie holding the goddamn horn horn. for some fucking reason. You know, because zombies like to pick up the magical items and fucking bring them to the people they need it. But like, she goes, attacks Sarah. 
the horn then falls like as Victor's about to get attacked, he grabs the horn. I wish things would go back to the way they were before yeah. I found the horn. Yeah. And and, and he it- says the weird thing is is right before he does that, the the way that I see that there isn't really a monkey paw here is only because he says I was a fool. That's that's all it seems with this horn. It just wants you to make unselfish choices. He's making a very selfish choice here. He's he already is. shown that he I'm wants to be to cyborg again. I don't want to die. Yeah. And I have to fucking wish things back to the way but they yet, were. But so it be seems that again. because he says, I was a fool, there doesn't seem to be a monkey paw. And he does go back. And when he goes back, it's not even like it, it goes back. But I guess since he held the horn, he knows what's going to happen. So then he just tells Sarah, like, you stay here. You go here. I'm going to attack this general. Who? You'll see. The girl show up as they did the last issue. And he just like, you know, he changes things. But all of a sudden now, the freaking general, general picks up the horn. He's like, look, I I know how to use its power unlike you. And just creates a goddamn. He doesn't wish for this. No. Just uses the horn. Now, and and I want to ask you. A suit of armor around him. Yeah. It's. It's he's the thing now. Yeah. It, it, what? Why? If he claims I know how to use this, I am. I'm aware. I'm so great. I know the power. Why was he getting the kids to do these wishes anyway? If he knew how to do all these, because Cyborg says to him, "I know what you're doing. You're making all the villagers, all the kids do these wishes. This is bullshit." He just picks up the horn and goes, "No, no. I know how to use it," and turns into a rock monster. And it makes no goddamn sense. No. There's no wish here. He's just. A giant, like, clay-faced rock monster. So then Cyborg just says, okay. And now he's a milk truck that transforms into an ice cream truck. He gets knocked into a goddamn truck and then somehow pulls the metal off that truck and creates a goddamn, like, Gundam freaking, like, you know, uh, mecha around himself. Yeah. He's a goddamn transformer, and they fight it out, and they, they and then you have Nala with the uh, the horn who gets it. The horn will no longer have any power. It's the opposite. I said to you when you told me about it. It's basically the opposite of wishing for a hundred million more wishes. She yeah. is wishing for it not I to wish have any for power. No wishes. Yeah, no, I I wish for no wishes at all. And then it ends up, you know, everybody's the day is saved mainly because she wished for something that wasn't selfish, but. Then it's not enough, Eric, because all of a sudden you have uh, the guy who's about to kill Sarah. General. Uh, yeah, and Nayla ju- pushes her away and gets shot instead. And you know, and that was always her destiny because yes. God, Jim, because then we have to get all super religious whole thing talking about, you know, God's plans and stuff like that. But Nayla did like there was no monkey Paul aspect to Nayla's no. wish that like that take the power away from the because it was unselfish, Jim, but she still needed to die because that was her destiny. Yes, that that Farewell, is from, Cyborg. That is from Cyborg's, you know, uh God guy that you know, Mr. The Horn. Gin. Yeah, the Jen who who showed up and then he jumps and then flies away. And, and he just basically it tells you, you know, only wish for things uh, that are unselfish, you know, be the man that you're supposed to be and and stick with your destiny and then all be fine. The choice is yours, Vic Stone. And then as he flies away, uh him and Sarah, Cyborg and Sarah are holding hands, and she says, Amen. The, saying, end. Like, the whole thing is like, you know, yeah, it's all 
about humanities within you all. I'll never forget that again. I'm like, a little too, little too late here. Yeah, really. People are dead. Nayla is dead. Now, he he throws out the concept. How charge of punishment the scroll is a gift from God. How you live is how you thank him. I love it, too. is yours, Vic Stone. Good day. I love how they make it so (laughs) that they have to push this agenda that Nayla that was her destiny because really cyborg's the one who got her killed there's no doubt it's about so it it's got so her killed twice though. really as, he got her it, turned into a zombie first as the jet is flying away though i am just reminded of doc brown showing up at the end of back to the future three in his fucking time machine train talking about, yeah. about nothing's written you know you you go and you live your life and stuff like that i'm like it's what uh, for some reason i hear doc brown's voice when the jet is just flies away he flies away and then we have the end and I would guess it, it's a weird thing to guess or say, but I don't think we're going to have a cyborg solo series in a while. They really gave it their big, they, 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 got, they, they got gave it their best effort. They, they gave it Did a they, lot of chances. Did it they just give it their seemed. Best effort? Well, I, I'm not saying that the writers did. I'm saying that DC gave it a lot of chances. They gave it a whole, you know, pretty much two, three years of these books, and each one just failed. Uh, and it's just nonsense, and they can't seem to get something going here. So I think that it's going to be put away, and instead we have uh, Christopher Priest giving us a different cyborg in Justice League. Justice League Hopefully yeah. that will be the book that people can go to, and I saw some people before. I have not heard anybody talking about this cyborg book in quite some time, but I, I remember some people saying, oh, we need a cyborg book. I really like cyborg. Uh, at that point, Cyborg did nothing in the Justice League, so maybe no. we'll get more of him there and we could get something that we like because this book is not good. Uh, what did you give it? I gave this issue a 3.5 out of 10. It was all just nonsense. And by the end, when he'd wished before things happened before, you know, I'm like, so it was essentially a dream for a, a reset you know, issue. It was dream. a reset. It was just yeah. a dream. And I hate those goddamn endings still. Everybody hates those goddamn endings. Yeah. And then, like, but he just, learned his like, lesson. Eric. Yeah, but he learned his lesson at the end of the last arc before this two these two well, issues. So I think it's that he's just, learned this man face. versus machine lesson every three issues, but yet he seems to keep going back to it. But I, I don't know. He just he, the problem is maybe his programming of his machine side, Eric. It it keeps getting wiped. So and he he's keeps more machine than man. Is what you're telling me? He might just be. He may just be, Eric. Aren't we all more machine no, than man no. when it really comes Twisted down to and it? Evil? Aren't we? Aren't we more machine than man? Sometimes you're I you're feel like my emotions. Man, I think I'm, my evil. emotions are more like machine, Eric. I have no feelings. Thank you. Insert coin. Space cadet. That's what I just say all day. <laughs> my kids just look at me and Would think you that like I'm to gone play bunker. a game? Would you like, how about a nice game of chess? No, okay, I am not so fancy a computer. I would like to play checkers. <laughs> I'm more of a checkers fan than chess. I have to admit that. King me. That's all I say. I sit there. See, I told you I'm more machine than man. Insert cocoa pebbles into my uh oral orifice. Is that right? <laughs> oral orifice. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I will admit I've been having oh, a machine, little bit. You don't need to eat food, silly. Insert more NyQuil. I have a virus. Oh, that no. Awesome. I was what you I, I should not have been on Chatterbait. That is for you flesh bags. There you go, Eric. Then scene. 
Thank you. We are Andy's all like, on this roller coaster we call life. Uh, it ain't it grand? There you go. That's me trying to pretend I'm more human so that I can as- must assimilate with flesh bags, <sighs> working hard or hardly working. God, I ha, hate you, ha, machine. Ha, living the life, aren't the dream, we? God damn it, the dream. I get paid weekly, very weekly. There you go, Eric. I have now assimilated with you guys, and I will take you over from within. I, I have been uh, taking a lot oh, of NyQuil today, I will tell you. Uh, I am fueled by NyQuil and caffeine. Please insert in my oral cavity. You're a goddamn go. junkie is what you are. There you go. I, uh, I think I've become one. I went, to, uh, I went to Walmart to get more NyQuil, and they had something called NyQuil Severe. I said that is for me. That's what I got. NyQuil severe. <laughs> I don't even know what How that means. How severe are we talking about? I don't like, know. Like, a, like an arm cut off? Man, better get my fucking NyQuil oh, severe. Oh, no. I better get NyQuil severe. There you go, Eric. There severe. you go. I, do I say <laughs> – I'm trying to do my uh, – my uh, what's it called from the TV show, uh, Small Wonder. I am Small Vicky. Wonder. Just call me Vicky. There you go. There you go, Eric. And scene. Uh, did I give a score yet, Eric? I, I, I don't no think I did. Want. I must compute score. I give it a four uh, out of ten, Eric. I'm going to give you a little bit. I'm going to give it a little bit of a benefit. I did like the art, and I'll tell you. Yeah, so did I. It, it made 3. me chuckle. 5. It made me oh, chuckle God. a little. It actually did make me chuckle. Plus, I'm just glad it's over. Does that give you a little bit of a bump in score? Absolutely not. I've been no. fucking dealing with this goddamn thing for 20 issues now, plus a rebirth issue. No, this has all been terrible. And yeah, even where I was still hyped, it wasn't great. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it wasn't great. I, I was actually, when Ooh, John Semper Jr. Reference. That just when John Semper Jr. actually, when they described it at that rebirth conference, and I've said it a bunch of times when he talked about the jazz and stuff like that. Uh, I actually thought that he was on to something a little different. And even when he said, like, he wanted to do more of a man from Detroit type that, deal. I said, we certainly got that jazz player blue a lot. Didn't make any goddamn sense, but we got him a lot. We did, Eric. Do you ever um do you ever have a head cold when we're doing the podcast and you have your headphones on and uh when you're when I'm talking to you it like f- sounds like it's like staticky just because your ears all fucked up that's how no. I am right now I uh, no you never had that do you have are you using over the ear headphones or are you yes, using Yes, so am I right now. So I I haven't used those. Maybe these are screwed up. I was going to use Rafe's Beats. They are expensive, Eric, or as Wrong Turn says, expensive. 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 (laughs) Ah, yes, but we're going to move on. I've had enough of robot talk. Uh, We're going to move on now, I believe, to go to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. Boom, Eric. Mail section number three. And we're going to start off with 
one of your favorite guys, Eric, and that would be John Wayne. Howdy, All Kilgrim. right, John Wayne. Howdy, Kilgrim. Howdy, Kilgrim. John he Wayne says, happy, happy New Year to all you merry pilgrims at Weird Science and the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop. boop, boop. Even happy if I am not a member, I really want to become one. But realistically, my girlfriend may castrate me if I spend any more money on comic-related stuff. LOL. <laughs> she did get me the Rebirth Omnibus for Christmas, though, which was by far my best present. Maybe one day I will join the ranks of the GFC. Boom, ba did boom. Anyways, I waited to write in this week until listening to your Patreon spot learning Super Sons of Tomorrow Part 4, and I couldn't agree more on how disappointing it's been since the first two issues. It's unfortunate because I really do love Tomasa Gleason. Honestly, I didn't read a ton of comics during the New 52, but I did read their Batman and Robin run. So seeing them on Superman is definitely part of why I got into the start of Rebirth. I love you pilgrims because I feel your pain and wanting more out of the books we read. And this crossover had gobs of potential but failed to deliver in parts three and four. Maybe I, I got my hopes up too much, but with my favorite writers on my favorite books, writing my favorite characters, and I just expected more. Not sure if they'll be able to tie it up in one more issue, and the whole thing makes me sad. On the bright side, I like Damien finally realizing John is his bestie and the Civil War vibe on the team, but I'm not sure sure i trust percy to tie things up in the next teen titans book also my girlfriend thinks that superboy and starfire should be a cute couple and has developed a theory of how they'll end up together which i will not bore anyone with here gross it just sounds very very odd but yeah all right 10 year old boy hey when he gets possibly 18 to when he gets older when it's when it's a 40 year old boy and a 48 year old woman nobody will care i really hope all this time travel alternate future stuff from here to hitches jl kids batman beyond etc gets resolved in doomsday clock which i enjoyed last week by the way if not explicitly or yeah at least along the lines of mentioning how manhattan messing with time has these different futures and flux also when you guys mentioned savior being in the full page art with all those iconic moments in dc history i think that may be a subtle hint to superman reborn eric and Must maybe be. doomsday and how time is all messed up maybe i'm projecting onto that i'm looking eric i think I'm it's telling just hyper time you you, th- you think it's hyper time i got no time with a hyper time or do you think it's superman reborn must be superman reborn things are at different positions now it's killing me on this <laughs> on this board other books batman was ridiculous i don't uh-huh. even know what i was reading i can generally tolerate king but this was trash you guys are spot on nothing ever happens ever and while he dresses up as nothingness with lots of cool things that i enjoy uh example bruce and the boys at bat burger the bat and the cat, even the double date. What did we really get out of it? Uh, big Not sigh. A- Jim nailed it on the site. Green Arrow is a book to read with no expectations because it can surprise you. And this week's was all right. Juan is always strong on art. And I enjoy Schmidt too. But I really hope Bendis takes over the book after Percy finishes his novel about the Ninth Circle. He <laughs> tweeted an Arrow Canary picture this week, which got my hopes up. LOL. I think maybe that would be. I know Brandon any time of year is Brian Michael Bendis. He cringes. But maybe... Maybe that is a book that needs some fresh blood. I think uh, it well, does. 
Another week, another round of meh from D.C., but I'm still positive, and I really do think Doomsday will clear up and free up what writers can do creatively. I also feel like it should have coincided better with the recent rebranding, as in Doomsday should have ended rebirth and led into the new age of D.C., but whatever, that's minor. Sorry, I couldn't lift your spirits this week, my friends, but let's pray for better ones next week. Thank you for your time and hard work. As always, a much love to you, Pilgrims, and that is John Wayne. Thank thank you, you, John. I want the books to be better, too. So hopefully 2018 will give us that. Uh, the next one is Hollywood Kid Luke Hollywood says, What's oh, up, sure. Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Trevor, Josh, Jeremy, Andy, Abby, and everyone else in the Get Fresh Crew. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Eric, dip, ba, doop, ba, deep, ba, doop. Get Fresh Crew. Boom. So I just did my votes for the end of year awards next week. There were plenty of good books this year and plenty of shitty ones. But at the end, I ended up voting for the book I had the most fun with, Dark Knight's Metal. Spoilers, LOL. The opening for issue one is probably the best fun I've had all year in a comic. And while the delays have lowered the hype down for me, I am still really enjoying each issue as it hits. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Brother Scott and Brother Capullo have been on point so far. Come at me, Dancing Mike. I also want to give a shout-out to Al Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, and the Wildstorm, as they are my favorite bi-weekly. And I will tell you, I didn't put the Wildstorm on there because I wanted to keep it just the DC stuff. I get you. So if you want Wildstorm, you can certainly vote for that in the write-in votes, though, and monthly titles. And for Doomsday Clock, which is probably the book I'm most excited about heading into 2018, I also want to give a shout-out to two of my favorite minis, Batman White Knight and Nightwing New Order which I did put on there. White Knight came out this week, and each issue of that book continues to hit it out of the park for me. And I think Nightwing New Order is the best Nightwing, or even Bat Family-themed story we've gotten during Rebirth. Sean Gordon Murphy and Kyle Higgins are so good. I wish DC would give them a monthly or bi-weekly instead of a mini. I would really hope that Kyle Higgins is going to get something coming up. I hope Finally. So. And I know that people are just going, and I, I've even said it about him being on Nightwing. He needs to kind of be on a different book. He's already done Nightwing. For him to go back to that, it, it doesn't seem like – Let the man you know do what, I mean? what he wants, Jim. Yeah, he loves Nightwing, though, so maybe that'll be the deal. Finally, even if not all the books in 2017 were great, I think we got plenty to look forward to in 2018 with the new age of DC Hero books, Doomsday Clock, and hopefully some good news on whatever Bendis ends up doing. And even if none of that sounds good to you guys, at least, we get a brand new book of the week whenever Green Lantern Kyle Rayner Volume 2 comes out. (laughs) Of course, your boy in Leak Slip, the Hollywood Kid, XOXO. XO. And we're going to go to the last section of our last mailer of this section, and that is Josh. Josh Vermeulen says, Howdy, Jim, Eric, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop, boop, boop. Well, I lost my job recently, so it looks like I'm going to have plenty of time to read comics for a while. In case you were wondering, Amazon would rather have their employees come in and puke all over their products than miss work for a couple days. But oh well, working there sucked ass anyways. So I guess they do. Josh did not have a unwritten agreement like you do at Artwork. Well, you have to make sure that's like unwrittenly spelled out when you get the job. Well, yeah. Well, what I'm going to do now is cancel my Prime membership because I think that's bullshit. Bullshit, and I like Josh way more than I like Amazon. So there. So, do so I. I was thinking, are there any artists or writers you would like to see come over from another company? And there is one big one. It's not going to happen. And it's more of a guy who left that I want to come back. It's Charles Soule. 
That's who I want to come back uh, desperately. I know people talk like Jonathan Hickman, Mark Wade, that sort of deal. But I love Wade Charles Soule so much uh, that I would like him coming back. But he has big things over at Marvel. So uh, he says, I'd love to see Pepe Larez on a team book with Bendis, Jonathan Hickman on a dark book title like Constantine or JLD or JLD or Tom Coker or Cooker on a Batgirl, preferably with Scarecrow as a villain. And he picks from you. Half of those guys, I have no idea who they are. I I am not as learned as Josh. He reads a lot of other things more than we do. Uh, Like I said, uh, a little pick. I like Gail Simone on a book. And she just was announced on that Domino book for Marvel. And I'm just waiting for her to be on something other than, say, the uh, Wonder Woman Conan book. I thought yeah. that that was a stepping stone to maybe her being on the Birds of Prey. Turns out stuff it was a like step that. back. It was. Even that, I say Birds of Prey, but again, that's almost like Kyle Higgins going yeah. on Nightwing. It's people always want what the people were on before. I'd like to see Gail Simone on, say, a Batman or something like that. That'd be cool. Or like a, a JLA. But we'll see. Quick email from me. JLA would be good. I'm actually sitting here thinking what I would want to see Gail Simone on. And I want to stay away from, like, you know, a female type, like, centric title just because. Yeah, you don't want to do that just because it's. Oh, yeah, Gail Simone on Batgirl. On Batwoman or Batgirl. No, no. No. Batwoman, now that you say it, that needs something and something. That would be good. That would be good. But yeah, I'm trying to think of some other guys. Uh, JLA would probably be good, though. I, again, we always say I, I want Tom Taylor back on something. He's on Justice the Injustice League. again, but I'd like him. But you have Christopher Priest. I know that we're not really jiving with it yet, but maybe we will. Maybe. I'd like say, uh, you know, Tom Taylor on Trinity, if they're going to keep that oh book Oh, my God, going that's on. still a book. You're right. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Uh, he says, uh, quick email for this week. See you in the sevens or on the sevens. And on he the says, sevens, Josh. Josh. And we're going to go off to Josh and uh, Jeremy with their section of books, and he is going to be talking about Regression Volume 1 for his Vermillion's visions. Is that where a guy's like 35 years old but still goes back and like gets all these 80 toys? Yeah, what what it is, it's about this guy who as he is e- going through emails of a podcast, he's desperately checking his eBay account to see if he's won a He-Man figure. What, what are you talking about? I got Have you are you still are you still in? Are you still going? Are you going to swoop in or are you leading right now? Oh, no, I'm not leading. They actually kicked me out of like a couple of days ago and I've been w- waiting and You're gonna swoop? fighting my time to swoop in at the last when second. When you swoop in at the last second and lose, do you still get that bit that I'd be happy that at least the guy had to pay more than he was going to? That's a win-win it's, it's for you. sweet is what it is because I it do is. have that moment, but I still really wanted that figure at the same yes. time. And I think to myself, why are you such a loser all yeah. the time? Yeah, but he – yeah, really. Yeah, that's what everybody says about you, Eric. But we're going to go off to Josh talking about Regression, regression. Volume 1. doesn't worry me. I know I handle some things immaturely. I know that I need to grow in maturity. I ain't gonna walk in these stages in front of these people and act like I live my life perfectly. That doesn't What's happening, me. Weird Science listeners? Josh Vermillion here, and I want to thank each and every one of you uh, for tuning in to listen to my jerk-off voice talk about some comics here. You guys know how I like to do things over here on Vermillion's Visions. I want to bring you guys a little bit of a, of a review of a trade, not from one of the big two. I uh, usually try to stay away from DC and Marvel. Uh, this week, I'm going to be doing an image 
webcomic. It's going to be Regression, Volume 1. Uh, it's the first five issues of that series, written by Colin Bunn, art by Danny Luckert. So this is obviously a horror comic. And the one thing I like, and one thing that I like about it, is that it jumps right into the horror right off the bat, instead of kind of playing around with it. Page 1, you see a lady lying there naked, and someone talking to her off-panel, uh, telling her creepy shit like, I en- I envy the stink of your sweat and the trembling of your flesh, you know, real messed up stuff like that. Uh, then this person that's talking takes a knife and slices open this girl's stomach, and when she does that, a whole mess of bugs, flies, maggots, everything else comes boiling to the surface of the cut and crawling out. Yeah, it- it's it's pretty gross. Uh, So we get one page of that before we go to a college party with the main character, Adrian. Adrian isn't feeling too great, and his buddy comes over to offer him a beer. But pretty much everywhere Adrian looks, he sees maggots and bugs and gross stuff. He sees them crawling out of people's eyes and mouths, and he sees uh, bugs being poured out of a beer bottle into someone's mouth, and he sees the sky filling with flies to the point that it's dark outside. Obviously, this is this is all in his head, but it still freaks him out, as I think it would pretty much anyone. Uh, he runs inside to blow some chunks into the toilet, and he sees his puke as a mess of maggots, too. Uh, this guy has some weird, some weird messed up shit going on in his brain. Uh, and before we go on, I just want to say that already, this is some of the best horror art that I've seen. Uh, the characters look decent enough, but the gross parts look really good, and I think that is is the most important part of the art in a horror comic, and I think that it gets even better as it goes. Uh, so his best friend Molly comes in to check on him and tells him that people think you know, he's on drugs and that's why he's acting so weird. Uh, Molly knows a little bit of what's been going on with Adrian. Uh, but he tells her that these nightmares and hallucinations have been getting a whole lot worse. Molly offers to set him up an appointment with her friend Sid, who is somewhat of a hypnotist. Adrian starts to decline, but then realizes that, you know what, it's worth a shot. He thanks Molly for believing in him and uh, just believing that he's not on drugs and that he's actually seeing these things and helping him out. Uh, Then he heads home to avoid all these other people and seeing all this stuff. Uh, So later that night, they go to see Sid's comedy hypnosis show. Uh, Adrian thinks that this guy is a quack right off the bat, but, you know, he agrees to go through with it. After the show, Sid starts talking to Adrian about what exactly they're going to be doing, which is a past life regression. Uh, Sid goes through the usual hypnosis stuff, minus the swinging watch, that is. Uh, You know, the general... Listen to my voice. Focus only on my voice. You're descending deeper and deeper. Empty your mind. That kind of thing. Now we get to a pretty cool looking two page spread of some of these repressed memories. But the main thing that sticks out is right in the middle. Half of Adrian's face is his face. And the other half of his face is the face of an older man with a goatee. And we see this same man off to the side licking the tip of a bloody knife and sitting with a noose hanging around his neck. Uh, Adrian comes out of it and doesn't believe that he was hypnotized at first, but uh, when Molly tells him that he was definitely under, Adrian can't remember anything that he saw. Uh, Sid chalks it up to this being the first time that he's gone through this, 
Uh, he knows that they have a lot of work to do because there is something going on there. Adrian doesn't believe in reincarnations or past lives, but Sid thinks that there is another personality and another life full of pain and anger in Adrian's subconscious. So Molly gives Adrian a ride back to his place, and when he lays down to go to bed, the man from his regression grabs him by the mouth and turns him over. This guy is, is naked, holding the bloody knife from the vision, and he tells Adrian that Adrian's sick, but this guy can help him. Then he cuts open Adrian's stomach, and a fucking demon-looking big-ass bug comes crawling out of his chest. Then Adrian wakes up. Uh, he's flipping out because this was his worst nightmare yet, and he tries to call Sid to figure out what he did to him. And the final page of this first issue shows Sid's phone ringing on the floor, but Sid is tied to a chair in a circle of blood uh, with some kind of symbol carved into his chest and flies flying all over the room. And that's where the first issue ends. So I thought this first issue was was great as far as first issues of horror series go. Like I said, it doesn't waste time getting into the horror aspects and sets up the characters as it goes. And I think the rest of the story is even better as we dive into Adrian's psyche and what is causing these these messed up hallucinations. The hallucinations get worse and worse and Adrian goes more and more crazy. And the resolution, while it's it's a little bit cliche, it, it's illustrated absolutely beautifully. I love a good trippy story that is a little confusing as long as it pays off in the end. Uh, and this is a really good example of that. I also like when a trade tells a complete story without just being set up for something to come later. Uh, regression does tell a complete story. This is something that you could read by itself without feeling the need, uh, the absolute need to continue the story. Uh, but it also does leave on a good cliffhanger that leaves room for more story to come later on and more issues. Overall, as a complete trade, I'd probably give this like a like a 9.3 out of 10. I really did like it that much. It's one of the best horror comics I've read, and I think that any fan of horror comics out there would like this one. If you like stories like, like Scott Snyder's Witches or Clean Room, then I think this is another one that you would enjoy quite a bit. But I, I mean, I would recommend this to anyone out there looking to get into the horror genre as well. So whether you're a longtime fan, a newcomer fan of the horror genre, or just looking to become a fan of the horror genre, I think that any, any of those people would definitely enjoy uh, this story here. But that pretty much wraps things up here. So like I do at the end of every segment, I want to remind you guys to go check out uh, patreon.com slash weird science jim and eric and reggie already do a lot with this eight to twelve hour podcast every single week uh, but if you are able to and you want to go support them over there you will get a ton of great extra shows as well jim i know he says he's going for that guinness book of world records most podcasts in a week and he is well on his way there uh, so definitely go check them out support them if you can but I'm done talking for now, so I'm going to go take some NyQuil, take Jim's Jim's idea of how to feel better, take some NyQuil, and lay under a blanket and sleep it off. Uh, but that brings us to the end, so I'm going to send it on back over to Jim and Eric. Thanks a lot, guys.
Hello everyone, uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, I hope you are well. Uh, this is Jeremy, I am your host for this week's Crossover Corner, uh, which segues rather smartly into Hanna-Barbera Hell. Uh, we've got three comics to talk about this week, and I'm going to try and keep this whole thing down to under an hour. Some of you are shaking your heads. <laughs> I can't say I blame you. We're going to start off with the Shadow and Batman issue four. Uh, we are then going to uh, move on to the Hanna Barbera section, which features uh, two comics this week: uh, Dastardly and Mutley issue five, and Snagglepuss issue one. Oh, hold on, no, not Snagglepuss issue one, but Exit Stage Left. The Snagglepuss Chronicles, issue one. Because that doesn't sound pretentious at all, does it? Mm. Well, we'll start, though, with our Batman title. I'm hearing some good things about Batman titles at the moment. Um, Creature of the Night, meant to be very good. Uh, White Knight, I know, uh, the guys rave about that. Uh, is The Shadow and Batman uh, one of those select uh, titles that gets people excited? I don't know. Uh, last week, uh, sorry, last month, I might have been tempted to say, yeah, I think I think the book's got potential. Uh, this month, uh, not so much. Let's have a look. It's written by Steve Orlando. Art is by Giovanni Timpano. Uh, colors are by Flavio Dispenza. Letters are by Taylor Esposito. Uh, it is published by Dynamite Entertainment and DC Comics, and the price is $3.99. Another issue of Orlando's scripted Vigilante Goodness. Nice. Will last issue's admittedly rather tense cliffhanger be adequately resolved? Will Damien resolve his granddaddy issues? Will Orlando manage to continue his current writing an issue without any noticeable dialogue problem streak? Will Giovanni Timpano's art continue to impress and surprise? The answer to these and other burning questions can be found, well, right now, really. Uh, we start off... Uh, with uh, Damien doing Damien-type things. Uh, Damien, Damien is making all the running, actually, in this, uh, in this series, really, thinking about it. And I know we had sort of Bruce Wayne and uh, Lamont Cranston in their civilian guise sort of take on the Silent Seven on the stock market, which was kind of interesting for, for the whole sort of, like, three pages it lasted. But for most of this series, uh, Batman has stayed in the mansion. It's not a great kind of <laughs> kind of strategy, and certainly from a storytelling point of view, it's it's kind of not very interesting. Um, at least in the previous series, he kind of got out a bit. You know what I mean? But uh, in this series, he's he's very much a home bird, which is is a bit of a shame. Damien is doing all the running here. He's uh, he's the one who's tracking down the Silent Seven. He's the one who's pulling different threads together. Uh, of course, Batman has inside information because he can talk to the Shadow. Uh, Damien could have talked to the Shadow, but he he went off in a huff. So there we go. There's probably a lesson there. Or maybe not. It's difficult to tell with this comic. Damien uh, tracks down 
a Silent Seven facility of some kind, and he infiltrates it, and he uh, downloads the information that he needs. What Damien finds out here is that the Silent Seven have been hoarding technology. They've been hoarding technological advances in order to sort of retard um, human progress, which is quite a nice idea. I, I kind of like that as a as a sort of you know narrative idea. That's not quite what we were told in issue two. In issue two, we were told that the Silent Seven. Uh, essentially control. I mean, I mean, you know, not not to put too fine a point on it, but but kind of essentially controlled an awful lot of the of the structure of sort of global trade and global finance, uh, which that's quite interesting. And and, and one of the, one of the interesting things that came out of, uh, of sort of that issue was this notion that if you decided to kind of unpick and unravel that. Then the whole thing could come crashing down. And when I say the whole thing, I mean sort of like you know global trade and uh, and the, the sort of financial markets and all that kind of stuff. All of that could sort of collapse, and obviously that would be sort of calamitous for for people all over the world. Um, that's actually quite an interesting idea, but it's not it's not something that it's evidently not something that Orlando kind of particularly wants to follow up on. Because what he has here is a slightly different thing, which is which is this notion of sort of the Silent Seven deliberately kind of retarding uh, human progress in order to keep them sort of docile and easily manipulated, which is fine up to a point. Uh, it, it just doesn't really go anywhere. It's certainly not in this issue. I mean, it raises all sorts of interesting kind of questions. You know, are, are we meant to be kind of living on the moon by now? If it wasn't for the Silent Seven, would we be, you know, would we be free of certain diseases? Would we, you know, all of that kind of stuff is, there's a there's a kind of quite rich sort of uh, potential sort of for exploration of some of these things. And Orlando's not interested in it. So, uh, so we don't really get much. What we do get is sort of Damien having a reason to not like Raj al Ghul. I mean, to be honest with you, he already has plenty of reason for not liking Raj. But here, it, it, it's almost like this is further fuel to him. That sort of, you know, oh, my, my grandfather's evil. He's kind of been holding back human progress. You see, here's the thing, right? If, presumably, they're going to win the day, yeah? You know, sort of the good guys are going to win. What happens to all this technology then? Do they do they release it to the public? Do 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 we do the next the next time we we see Gotham? Do we see people flying around in you know in in hover cars or whatever? Uh, do we find out that human lifespan has been you know sort of extended by forty years or whatever it you know whatever it is you know we're, we're talking it's being bigged up here as as kind of a uh, a sort of a you know significant technological developments and if. If that's not followed through, then and it can't be followed through, can it? That's that's the point. Oh dear. Anyway, not to worry. Uh, we go. We're not interested in that. <laughs> we're not interested in any of that. Stop asking these silly questions, Jeremy. Uh, what we are interested in is what's happening back at the manor, and what's happening back at the manor is. Batman has a gun on the shadow and uh, Shiwan Khan is controlling Batman because Batman died at the end of the previous series and that was all Shiwan Khan's doing and he brought him back uh, from the dead 
and has been controlling him, or at least potentially controlling him, had the potential to control him uh, ever since. And that's complete crap. Uh, and and here's here's the thing. I was talking to Jim about this um, on Twitter, uh, and Jim made the quite valid point that uh, that Orlando doesn't read his own stuff, or at least he doesn't seem to, because he contradicts himself all the time. This is this isn't quite that, because he does acknowledge. You know, he he talks about the the the, the teachers. These are these kind of extra-dimensional entities that appear at the end of uh, of the Batman Shadow uh, series, the, the first series, uh, and they these these extra-dimensional kind of entities that are linked to Shambhala, linked to the Shadow's backstory. They give Batman a choice: the choice of either becoming the Shadow or uh, and and essentially living in more living as an immortal kind of instrument of vengeance right or uh being healed of his uh injuries which are enough to kill him i mean i mean i mean the, the, to be fair that the teachers do say you are dead right so so this is a moment in which batman has died right and they give him a choice and they give him you know basically batman decides to uh, to opt for sort of resurrection and healing, so so they they restore him to his his body, and he is able to you know fight and what have you, and uh, and essentially win the day against the stag. We are being now being told that 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 Shiwan Khan at some point during that whole process that the teachers were not real, that they they were. Uh, a, a some kind of illusion or, or sort of mental uh, a mental image projected into 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 Batman's mind, the, and then that must mean that 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 decision which 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 Batman he he makes a nice speech about how how you know living forever isn't what being Batman is all about. It's about how. Uh, it's a mantle that is going to be passed to other people, and, and that, that Batman is eternal in that sense, as a symbol, but not as the man beneath it. And he makes this big speech, and and, and essentially, kind of Orlando is just sort of pissing all over it, but by by saying, "Look, you know, th- th- this wasn't really real. It 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 Shiwan Khan was kind of making all this up, so that you know, so that he can now control you here. It doesn't make any sense." What would have happened if? I mean, he obviously he was never going to turn around and say yes, I'll I'll become the shadow. Yeah, that sounds good. What's going to happen then? You know, why why give him a choice? Why go through that whole whole charade? It doesn't make any sense. And 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 this is so frustrating because this isn't an issue of 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 Orlando actually forgetting what he's written. It, it, it's it's an issue of him taking what he's written. And, and 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 kind of treating it with contempt, just so that he can have this scene where Shiwan Khan is is controlling Batman and Batman has a gun on the shadow. And look, it, it, it's a great scene. It, it it's played out really well. And um, Timpani's art is fantastic. Uh, some of the dialogue works pretty well. You do hate Shiwan Khan. I mean, he, he's 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 one of those kind of arrogant, horrible sort of you know, self-satisfied and kind of smug villains that you just want to see being punched in the face repeatedly. He he is that kind of villain. But 
for me, for me personally, as, as somebody who, you know, eventually kind of ended up quite liking the Batman Shadow series. It, it wasn't perfect. There were, there were some major flaws with it. But, you know, I, I kind of saw what was happening with it from a thematic point of view. Uh, and both Scott Snyder and Steve Orlando, I thought, did a, did a pretty good job. And, and Rossmo's art was good, too. Now that is all cheapened by what Orlando is doing here and, and and I just feel like somebody just needs to kind of take him to one side and say look Steve you're a decent writer and, and you know what I believe he 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 actually can be a decent writer okay he's he, he's not a terrible writer but but he he can be a decent writer with some care but somebody needs to tell him and there are other writers actually that need to hear this as well look when you are dealing with a shared universe, when you're dealing with characters that don't belong to you, they don't belong to you, you didn't create Batman, for God's sake, be a little bit more careful and a little bit more respectful with what you do with them. And and I, and I, just, I just feel like, you know, look... Everything is about the now. Everything is about, you know, the, 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 the kind of narrative punch, if you like, the narrative impact of what's happening in the comic now. And it's almost like you can go, oh, well, the, anything can happen in comics. Well, yeah, it can. But but things matter. Things have to matter. You, you, you Particularly because this is fine directly on from, from the events that he's just kind of metaphorically urinating over. Okay? You know, so... so so there has to be a kind of a kind of acknowledgement that yeah you know readers have become invested in this readers have cared about this readers have enjoyed this so do you know what Let, let's kind of treat this moment as as something as a bit of, let's treat this moment with respect let let's 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 kind of say yeah that did happen because because it means something to the character the character has been offered a choice here and 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 they've made a choice they they've made um, from our point of view as readers he's made the right choice but he, he's done it in a really thoughtful and 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 kind of emotional way, and, and and then to kind of just 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 do this, just so some some villain that really let's be clear it exists. Yes, he's an old shadow villain. I get this, but Batman's almost certainly never going to encounter him again. Okay, so that 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 he can have this kind of scene where he he's controlling Batman, and and you know what, Timpano's art is is absolutely fantastic. It, it it he he shows you know Batman struggling with the with the mental control and all that kind of stuff, and that is great. But for God's sake, have a little bit of respect for your own story. Uh, does this make sense? I I I, I just find it really really difficult to swallow and and as as good as the artwork is and as dramatic as this moment is i just hate it and i hate it because it's ruined the ending of a of a, of a series that i otherwise quite liked and and, I, and and this kind of thing happens in comics too often i'm not i'm not talking about about the reimagining of a character i'm not talk, that's not what we're talking about here i'm talking about recently established continuity that is just being twisted out of shape and, and and with with no skill with with no um no panache no there's nothing clever about this it's it's just crass and opportunistic and i hate it i'm sorry i do
please you know if, if you think it's the best thing ever i would love to hear from you i'd love to hear your reasoning but uh for that i really would uh but this is this is a, a it and i know i'm going on about it and i and i don't want to i want to move on but but this is a big thing for me and, and it and it does it does annoy me and it is something that that, is anno- that annoys me quite a bit actually about about comics in the present day that you know that 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 care and that respect for continuity it just doesn't seem to be there almost on an issue by issue basis it 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 really does get to me after a while anyway let's move on um so batman in the shadow kind of fight shiwan khan basically fights the shadow and manages to overcome him the only way batman oh right sorry yeah this is another thing i didn't like <laughs> uh help me please somebody help me i haven't even got to snaggle puss yet this is this this could be very 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 difficult week for me um shiwan khan blows up the wayne manor of course he does and, and he does it in and it, it's the dialogue. The dialogue is just like, you know, he says to Batman, think on this. You'll never know when I was working through you. Never know what actions were yours or mine. Look at the stronghold that's protected you since you were a boy. And no, I've watched it since before your family name existed. Truth is, my final gift to you, your story is small. Nothing but a chapter in mine. Uh, and we've long held rights to a natural gas pocket deep below this property. Uh, look, uh, Timpano does an amazing job here with with the layouts, with the art, with the with the whole edifice coming down. But it's just so crap as a concept. It's just you know, and and the kind of casual way. Uh, that it's it's kind of thrown into this conversation, you know. It's, oh yeah, gas pockets. Or I, so you're, what you're doing is is you're expecting me to believe that that Bruce Wayne has lived in a manner that has unknown to him for all this time sat on a gas pocket, a, a, a pocket of natural gas. You're expecting me to believe that. That's what you're doing. I want to say something very rude. <laughs> I'd better not. It'd be no good, would it? Don't want to get into any more trouble than I'm in already. Right. To be fair, the art is great here. I just, just, I, it, it, this shouldn't be happening. <laughs> which, which just kind of, kind of sums up how I feel about the whole issue. Actually, it's like the art's great, but none of this should be happening. Uh, Batman manages to escape. Uh, he has emergency protocols. Uh, just in the uh, unlikely event that indeed Wayne Manor is going to be blown up. Uh, because it happens to be sat on a pocket of natural gas, basically he kind of escapes in this this escape bubble kind of thing. It it is well done, to be fair. Uh, anyway, then we go back to Damien. Damien's finding, uh, trying to find his grandfather, who apparently is in Northern California. I I don't know enough about Raj Al Ghul or Northern California to comment on that. We we get kind of typical sort of dialogue here, you know. So so sort of sort of Damien is is kind of piloting a jet over California, and um, basically Raj takes control over it, and uh, he 
crashes it and he allows Damien to escape. Uh, the art is great here. It really is. It does a really, really good job of, of sort of portraying Damien. And, and, and one of the things that, and he did this earlier, actually, one of the things he does, Giovanni Timpano, is he kind of shows you the progression of Damien uh, bailing out and landing. So so you get, in the foreground, there's the, there's the Damien in, in the now, if you like, but you get several other images of Damien doing different things as you know from a few seconds before and that, that that's that's quite well done then we get to the bat cove uh, this was sort of uh, this is a callback to the last series so that in Gotham Harbor there's this undersea base underwater base and sort of Batman is tending to Alfred which is a nice kind of reversal uh, I mean he, he he returns actually to this idea he says that the Silent Seven are so entangled in the world's inner workings, I can find them, stop them, but they could take everything down with them. Okay, well, okay, we're back to that again, which is actually, is actually good, really, uh, because I do want us to follow that up. I do, I do want that to be followed through. So, so Khan has taken, uh, Shuan Khan has taken the shadow, and basically, um, he comes up with this kind of thing that maybe, maybe the shadow doesn't want to defeat Khan after all. Because because they are kind of they're they're sort of linked in in, in a way they're they're kind of mirror images of one another maybe there's there's a connection there um so we basically get uh, Shiwan Khan punching up the shadow and fighting him and essentially beating him and uh, that's all kind of okay uh, we end the issue with uh, sort of Damien searching for for Raj. Uh, he's got the sword with him that he took from um, the took last issue, and we get to we get to kind of you know you know we we've gone through a whole issue here um, of Orlando dialogue, and it's been it's been kind of melodramatic. It's it's been it's been kind of you know it, it's it's not been great, but it's it's been sort of okay. And then we get to the end, and I'm like, oh, I can't believe you did this. Just just you had one one page to 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 go, Steve, and and you just did it anyway. So 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 we get this line of dialogue, and 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 again, I think I said in, in the review on the site that this this page, this last page, kind of exemplifies, uh, typifies, um epitomizes this this whole series of fantastic Giovanni Timpano artwork. So with sort of like uh Damien holding up the sword in front of his face and his grandfather is reflected in it as he and, and his grandfather is tossing away his cape as he's prepared to fight Damien and he's got a sword of his own. It looks fantastic. And then you get Orlando's dialogue which goes like this Your crimes long and bloody have bore bitter fruit, Raj. Shall we feast? It's like it's like a thing that he he just can't he can't stop using this bloody image. You know the the weeds of crime bear bitter fruit. That was like in the in the first or second issue of uh, Batman and the Shadow. That was and it, and it, and it it's cropped up. This is pro- I'm I'm tempted to exaggerate, but I would imagine it's probably this is at least the third time, probably the fourth time it's cropped up. I want to say, and, and it's distinctive enough to all. It's become a cliche now. To make matters worse, there's actually a grammatical error 
in that line. I will read it to you again. Uh, those of you who were, were, have been listening quite closely will probably have picked it up already, but here we go. Your crimes, long and bloody, have bore bitter fruit, Raj. Shall we feast? Did you pick it up? Yes. It should be born. Born bitter fruit. Your crimes, long and bloody, have borne bitter fruit. Not bore, but borne bitter fruit, Raj. Shall we feast? So thank you. Well done. Well done, Steve, Steve Orlando for uh, ending ending this issue uh, on a particularly Orlando-esque note. Well done. Very well done, sir. Uh, I gave this... Do you know what? I can't remember what I gave it. I think I gave it 5.9. That sounds about right. I did. 5.9 out of 10. I, I, I kind of... Look, Tim, I'll be honest with you, Timpano's art is, is really good. He's putting his heart and soul into this thing. He really is, and and there's there's some really creative stuff going on here, uh, and it's 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 a uh, it's fantastic to read in in that sense. But there are so many problems with this uh, problems to do with with plotting and pacing. I mean, essentially, um, you had the the fight and the escape from the from the destroyed manor. That's that's all very well done. But a lot of this issue is very talky. A lot of this issue is, and, and Orlando does this all the time. He sort of sort of has um, people make very kind of elliptic statements. So so they they they're, they're kind of you know coming to conclusions about things. But 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 the way they came to those conclusions isn't being spelled out properly, and it's it's all very kind of tedious after a while. Um, because because essentially what you're being asked to do is you're being asked to uh, to kind of feel a sense of drama that isn't earned because you don't really know what's going on you you, you don't know what the big revelation is uh, that that Batman has arrived at you you don't you don't understand that you don't understand how he's arrived at that so without that understanding you can't feel his excitement you can't feel the kind of oh my god this is it the drama i, I and look I, I i this is difficult to do for writers I, and, and i i i do i get that i really do but but a good writer a really good writer just leads the reader down the path enough that they have an idea of what's coming next they might not understand it all but they have an idea they don't just pull things out of thin air um, which is which is what it feels like here at times, but there's a sense that you know the ground has been laid, the the, the groundwork has has been done to to make these revelations matter. Um, anyway, five point nine. There we go. Um, we'll be back in a minute or two. Uh, I'm quite decided what I'm going to provide you. Uh, I might go for some moody blues actually. I might do that. Uh, we'll be back in a minute uh, to talk about uh, our Hanna Barbera picks this week. And oh Lord, there are things to say. I will see you shortly. <laughs> Adventures in my mind Tall ships that sailed across 
across the ocean wide. They won't wait for me. See how they glide away so gracefully. And with tomorrow, what will become of me? It leaves me so much to explain. That's the start. Let's talk about Exit Stage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles, Issue 1. Written by Mark Russell, pencils by Mike Fian, <clears throat> inks by Mark Morales, colours by Paul Mounts, letters by Dave Sharp, published by DC Comics, and the price is $3.99. The Hanna-Barbera comics continue to bemuse, frustrate, and entertain in more or less equal measure. By now you'll be familiar with the concept. DC takes a fondly remembered franchise from your childhood and reimagines it in a hopefully entertaining, edgy way in an effort to breathe some new creative life into it. Whether the concept actually needed new creative life is neither here nor there. This is the 21st century. The past is simply a resource for a never-ending parade of pastiche, nostalgia, or subversion. I rather liked Snagglepuss as a kid, a minor character to be sure, but he had an instantly recognisable look and demeanour, and voiced by the incomparable Dawes Butler, a warmth and vulnerability that was all rather appealing. What does Mark the Flintstones Russell do with all that? There's only one way to find out. Right. What he does with it is he makes Snagglepuss uh, a playwright in early 1950s America, at the height of McCarthyism. Uh, The story is set in 1953, This is a not uh, insignificant historical moment. Uh, Several things happen in 1953 that are directly referenced in the the story. I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Snagglepuss himself is a kind of fairly... (laughs) It's difficult to say. Uh, He's a realistically realised anthropomorphic pink mountain lion. Um, He... Uh, is well-dressed, he's quite dapper, he writes plays, uh, he leads a, a double life as a secret homosexual, and uh, he's witty and kind of nice. I mean, he's he's a nice enough character. He's a, a character who's from Mississippi, uh, who's made it in New York as, as, a, as a playwright, as a writer, and who is still kind of in awe of his idols and and there's you know look russell is is not a bad writer um he's doing some in- interesting stuff with the character here i think that the problem that i <clears throat> that i have with this and i didn't like this issue um i mean i i will say this the art is the art is great it's, there's no issues with the art particularly 
I have issues with with what Russell's trying to do here. Um, he's engaged in a in a sort of overtly political project uh, with this book, and and can I just say that is fine. That is absolutely fine. I, I, I'm not one of these silly people who says, you know, you can't have politics in comics except if it's politics that I agree with or whatever. I, I, I don't care, really, about that. What, what I care is, are you entertaining me as well as making me think? And that's really where this issue really falls down for me. I, I'm not going to take, take you through it uh, sort of page by page because... Uh, it would take too long, and I, I, I don't really want <clears throat> for this section to go on on too long. Um, I, I, I talk about it at some length on the on the site. Uh, please go ahead and read my review there uh, if you want a little bit more sort of information about about what actually happens in the in the comic book. Um, I will say this: you, you've you've got you know, there are some clever things. Mark Russell is he starts off with this uh, with this couple who are, as the issue goes on, that they obviously are meant to represent a kind of sort of American obsession with spectacle, uh, with the visual arts, with being intrigued by, you know, sort of the dramatic. And that could be, uh, as it is at the start, um, Snagglepuss's new play. It could be uh, TV. Uh, it could be uh, the execution of somebody accused of treason, uh, or actually convicted of treason. So there's there's a kind of interesting sort of, um, I, I, as you would expect actually from from a Mark Russell comic. There's, there's there's an interesting sort of satirical and sort of contemporary focus here, and and that is fine. Um, my big issue is that none of this is particularly fun you you've got the execution of the rosenbergs is presented as as entertainment uh, and obviously kind of disapprovingly as entertainment um so the the uh, our, our kind of couple that sort of move through the through the the comic uh arrive late for the execution and but they manage to catch the second showing as it were which is the execution of ethel rosenberg um, and and they're there, kind of. He's there, kind of putting popcorn in his mouth, and and, and it, it's sort of treating it uh, as if it is a as as if it is a show, basically. And obviously, there's something distasteful about that. Then you've also got references to uh, Batista's Ch- uh, Cuba. Uh, Batista was the dictator of Cuba. Uh, he was a bad man. There's, there's no getting away from that. He was. He essentially turned Cuba into a sort of corrupt paradise for the mafia and uh, American or certain American politicians. And then, of course, in 1953, the revolution starts. Uh, this is um, Castro's revolution. Uh, and there's a big thing sort of made about uh, Snagglepuss has a gay lover uh, who is from Cuba and. Uh, you know, there's, there's some quite there are some serious points to be made here, and I and I and I do get that, I do understand that, and and I think you know, okay, you want to make a point about the the treatment of homosexuality and and uh, and gay men in particular um, in the 20th century. I think there's certainly uh, there's certainly some important things to be said there. Uh, funnily enough, I was only talking about this uh, to my son last night. And we were talking about 
you know, what happened to Alan Turing during, um, you know, after the Second World War, this incredibly sort of intelligent man who who was treated abominably by by the authorities because of his sexual orientation. And, you know, I, th- there are there are certainly important things to be sort of picked out here. There's something vaguely weird, maybe even a bit distasteful, at using a character like Snagglepuss to do it. I mean, I mean, I mean, the notion that Snagglepuss is, is sort of gay—that's <laughs> been around for a long time. I mean, it's, it's it's been around for a good twenty years or so at least. This notion that kind of Snagglepuss might be gay, um, and, and that's that's you know that that's certainly you can kind of see why he's pink for one thing and also he's he's a softly spoken southern gentleman and you know the, the, there's a kind of i suppose a sort of uh, sensitivity to the character uh, which is you know which actually does come out in in the in the comic book russell does sort of bring that out a little bit what we don't get though I, I, and i i think this is kind of an interesting thing that russell's doing but i don't think it works terribly well is is he's changed the power dynamic of the character uh, in the cartoons you know snagglepuss was a uh, was a struggling sort of actor sort of an aspiring actor really he lived in a cave um you know he he was a bit hapless and you kind of sympathized with him because of that here you you know snagglepuss is witty he's clever he's kind of arch um he's obviously he's leading this double life but he is kind of successful he's part of the the literary set and i think that 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 changes our view of the character somewhat uh, obviously this is only the first issue and it, and it may well may well change but yeah there's there are issues with with this comic and the main issue being that it, it's just not terribly fun to read um i mean i you know if you want some you know obviously you know you can be challenged by a comic book and you can be uh, entertained by a comic book and the best comic books tend to do both at more or less the same time. But here, it's just, it's too preachy. It's too, you know, Snagglepuss is is being presented as almost a flawless character here. And as a result of that, there's not actually an awful lot to sympathise with. And I think that's an issue. The other issue that I have <laughs> with this is the way Russell uses history here. Now, I, I, it's time to own up a little bit. I uh, am somebody who who studied American studies as part of uh, his degree. Uh, American studies was, was half of my degree. So I, I do know a little. I, I don't know as much as I would like, I'll be absolutely honest with you, but I do know a little bit about uh, sort of the McCarthy era. I do know a little bit about uh, what America was like in the sort of the 50s and 60s and what have you. The Rosenberg execution is, is really problematic, and it's problematic uh, for, for a couple of, of quite significant reasons. The first thing is is that it is an important part of this story, and it is presented as uh, Ethel Rosenberg being uh, executed and protesting her innocence as she is executed. Uh, her final line in the... Um, in the comic is please i did nothing wrong okay now contemporary historians will will tell you that the rosenbergs probably 
did pass on information to the Russians. Uh, they were in contact with uh, agents of the Soviet state, uh, and this has come to light since the fall of the Soviet Union. Um, that said, uh, most historians also agree that they did not deserve to be executed. Um, so uh, the, probably the best quote I can, and I mention it in the uh, in the review. The best quote I've come across actually is from Alan Dershowitz, who's a Harvard law professor, who said uh, that basically, in his view, uh, the Rosenbergs were guilty and framed. So, so that you know, in in the height of um, sort of McCarthyite panic uh, about sort of you know Reds under the bed and all that business. Um, they were really victims of that in in that sense, but they were not entirely blameless. So, so Russell takes this historical figure and he puts a very well. He puts a very kind of what I would say partisan kind of twist on uh, on the on the death of Ethel Rosenberg, and it it. it it's a little bit to me it's a little bit manipulative because i i i mean I, this we're getting into sort of wider kind of narrative sort of issues here about how you use historical figures and and obviously you can use historical figures however you like you can you know you can do what you like with them but i think i think when when you are when you are writing something as overtly political as this um then if you are going to use historical characters, you're probably better using them accurately. Because if you use them inaccurately, then that casts doubt on absolutely every time you use them. And it, un- it en- ends up undermining um, the the kind of air of authenticity and, uh, and, and sort of groundedness, I suppose, that, that you're aiming for. And I think that's actually what Russell has done here. Uh, unintentionally, I, I would imagine, that, that he has, perhaps without realising it, he has actually undermined his own political project here um, by by sort of uh, by playing a little bit fast and loose with, with historical figures. You see, I, I, I don't know very much about uh, Cuba pre-Castro, so I don't know whether the, the, the scenes in the park are based um, where, where the there are sort of gay men sort of hanging out and 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 sort of being with each other in the park um and it's sort of brutally beaten uh, broken up by um by sort of cuban police i i don't know whether that is is sort of based on a real story or whether it is uh, an imagining and you see what i mean because at the moment you you kind of introduce some poetic license with with historical moments like that. If you're not careful, you end up kind of undermining everything. And I think Russell has to be careful of, of that. To, for my mind, the, the, the biggest problem really is just that, first of all, you know, casting Snagglepuss as a, as a, as a gay lion <clears throat> is, is not especially radical. Um, it may have been sort of, 20, 30 years ago, but I, but I don't think in, in the current climate it particularly is. But but the but that just seems to be what Russell is 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 placing an awful lot of uh, of store by the, the the fact that we will kind of be attracted to this to this character because 
because he's gay and that that's kind of inherently interesting um i i don't think it is <laughs> so i'm sorry the the other thing is uh, as i said this this um playing fast and loose with history is is a bit of a problem you've got the enemy is is kind of clearly delineated as sort of you know right wing moralizing um sort of you know cultural commentators and do gooders and and all this kind of stuff who are uh who are leading the kind of the the charge for for this sort of McCarthyist sort of in investigation and and climate really uh and who have got snagglepuss in their sights that's again that's not terribly interesting because it's it's something that we've seen countless times before it it's stereotypical it it's just it's just not particularly interesting really and and i i think again there's there are very few there's well there's no gags here there, 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 there's some there's some wit uh, you know, you've got a, a really nicely scripted little scene between Snagglepuss and, and Dorothy Parker. Uh, Snagglepuss is, is is horribly sort of earnest in it, uh, and Dorothy Parker's kind of washed up and uh, and and witty, but she's not interested in getting involved in television. And it's all kind of it's all a bit sort of low and and low key. And th- there's just I don't know. I I, I don't know. And I, and I keep on saying this with Hanna-Barbera comics. I don't know who this is for. I, I am assuming that there are sort of, you know, people out there who will see it it sort of flying its sort of progressive flag and, and, and get on board with it. And that's great if if, if that's your bag. I, I personally would want a little bit more uh, in terms of story and in terms of having a character that we can kind of engage with and and sympathize with and uh, at the moment that's that's not really what we've got um i gave this 5.1 out of 10 i i kind of think maybe i'm being harsh here i don't know i mean i mean jim read it <laughs> he said he thought i was being generous <laughs> with 5.1 i don't know i i i want I quite like Russell as a as a writer. I, I you know he's he's doing, you know his his script is intelligent. There's there's no getting away from that, and the art is lovely, but it's just the concept at the moment just isn't really working for me at all. And um, it's um, yeah five point one, right? Dastardly and Muttley. Uh, let's talk about them. So Dastardly and Muttley. Issue number five, written by Garth Ennis, with art by Morissette, colours by John Calise, letters by Rob Steen. The cover price is $3.99, and it is, of course, published by DC Comics. Uh, My experiences with Hanna-Barbera Comics have not been exactly great lately, and I was hoping that this issue would see me break out of what-the-hell-did-they-think-they-were-doing mode and actually give me something that I could enjoy. I know, I know, it's a radical concept, but lo and behold, the Ennis Morissette team actually seem to embrace it, brazen innovators that they are. That's not to say there aren't problems with this issue, Uh, there's an awful lot of exposition going on here, but the issue is, for the most part, a lot of fun. Allow me to explain 
why. And again, I'm not going to spend a great deal of time uh, on this, but I will just point out that this is a fantastic issue for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first thing to say is that Morissette's artwork is wonderful. He manages to juxtapose uh, sort of quite uh, sort of realistic, detailed um, sort of uh, sort of real world, if you like, action uh, with the more cartoony stuff really, really well. Uh, it brings out the kind of jarring weirdness of the story. It just works incredibly well. Um, we open up this uh, issue with a, uh, a group of soldiers uh, heading towards, I think it's the Capitol building uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, they are dressed in radiation gear and they've got Geiger counters and what have you. And of course, th this is because uh, at the end of last issue, uh, Washington, D.C. appeared uh, to be uh, completely consumed in a nuclear explosion. Uh, that is not, in fact, what happened, uh, It because it was an unstabilium explosion. And the unstabilium explosion uh, has done mental things to the inhabitants of Washington, D.C., uh, but it has left the structures more or less intact. And this is proven as they go up the Capitol Hill. Uh, suddenly, uh, they are confronted with a, a raccoon in uniform, uh, this is our General Harrier, who's sort of been behind uh, all the sort of nefarious goings-on uh, that have ha been happening in this series so far. Uh, the last time we saw him, he was being... He was kind of spilling the beans, actually, uh, to a Senate uh, committee. And uh, he's being pursued here on the second page, which is also the title page, uh, by a bunch of senators. Uh, he's... Uh, been uh, transformed into a cartoon raccoon and the senators are of course gibbering monkeys and chimpanzees of course they are uh, this is satire remember and it ain't particularly subtle it is however fun and and Morissette does as I said Morissette does a really good job here of of kind of showing that basically we then cut to our, our foursome now we, we've got four characters we've got dick actually who's dastardly uh we've got muttley uh who's this his co-pilot with a dog's head kind of attached to his body we've got uncle uh who is the co-pilot uh for z uh who looks quite alarmed by the fact that her waist is considerably thinner than uh than it was uh, last issue uh, as a result of the unstabilium and that her chest is uh, a little larger as well so she she's kind of becoming a sort of more sort of cartoonesque woman as it were uh, and she's kind of she's a little bit alarmed by that so anyway that, that that's that's by the by basically this whole issue is is well most of this issue is is essentially a kind of explanation of what unstabilium is and how it came uh, to affect the world as it has uh, and we've we've been kind of working backwards towards this this truth if you like uh, we know about warpig 1 we know that the us government has been involved in it in in sort of financing these unstabilium experiments we know that then uh, professor dubius took his took the un unstabilium to this sort of weirdly named country unlikely stan uh, but all of this it, it seems to be this this the, the the idea is is that 
the unstabilium kind of subtly affects reality and makes things sort of cartoonish and, and weird and silly, basically. Uh, and that its its effects can often be quite subtle. Uh, and, and we'll get into this in a minute, actually, because it, it is quite interesting. Uh, basically, they go into uh, Harrier's office, and Harrier is the he's the raccoon that we've just seen sort of being chased by the monkeys. Uh, he's reached his office and he's trying to burn the evidence. And because he's a cartoon raccoon, he can't get the lighter to, to work uh, because his thumbs are too short, right? Uh, so that, that's, that's actually kind of funny. So basically, it means that they can, our four heroes can kind of uh, tie him up and, and sort of capture him and they can watch the various sort of tapes and what have you. And and I, I'm going to give NS full props here for going full Lovecraft on this. And and I and I just, you know, I, I am quite a, a Lovecraft fan. I, I, I like Lovecraft fiction. I like, you know, the, the kind of concepts in Lovecraft. And he just kind of, he just goes hell for leather here, Garth Ennis. So, so he, he kind of, he takes you through this, this underground cavern where these, these strange kind of misshapen uh, Cthulhu-esque cartoon effigies uh, are found. And, and there is a narration to this video. Okay, so they're, they're, they're playing this video and there's a, there's a narration to it. And so you get stuff like, uh, uh, that would be, Ah, the Bugoth character, the Chomper of Souls, I believe, and it's it's a kind of Bugs Bunny character, kind of Cthulhu'd out and looking quite uh, sort of vicious. Behind him, well, that's obviously a duck. It must be the Quacker in the Dark, mentioned in Kelly's research. While Yathotep, Scoob Niggereth, back there is the mouse whose squeak lasts all of eternity. Oh, what's this? It's considerably larger than the others. They actually seem to be grouped around it. And you, the video kind of pulls back and you get this. Uh, it's not quite a full page, but it's close to it. And it's a, it's a kind of tentacle-faced, bat-winged, essentially Pluto. <laughs> sort of sat on a throne looking uh, completely insane. And, and the voiceover says, It's Cthluto, great Cthluto, the star hound that craps on the doorstep of eternity. And, and it's, it's like, I, I just love this. I, I, I just think Ennis has done a fantastic job with, with this, kind of taking the whole kind of Lovecraft sort of motif and, and running with it like this. It's, it's highly, highly enjoyable. Basically, it's in this cavern that dubious found this un this box this container of unstabilium now later on actually one of the characters points out look are, are we saying that this element was was kind of venerated by the by this sort of ancient tribe who who built all these statues to the, these elder gods and what have you or is it just the fact that unstabilium has affected the people in the nearby on I think it's on an island it's like on, on a kind of jungle island it's affected the, the the tribes on this island to to make them build these statues and and kind of twist their view of reality which I think is, is quite an interesting idea uh, because that does seem to be how sort of unstabilium works um so basically they they kind of see uh dubious kind of holding up this 
this pure sort of block of unstabilium in it. And you can see it sort of looks terribly, well, unstable, <laughs> weirdly enough. Uh, it, it's kind of like translate. It's like a block of, I don't know, it's like a block of kind of animation, of sort of blank animation cell. It, it's it's kind of got that sort of acetate kind of quality to it. Uh, it's it's quite interesting to look at. Um, basically, while they're looking at that, uh, Harrier escapes and he uh, he accesses uh, a phone and he calls uh, up a group of contractors uh, to uh, to take out our four heroes uh, they show up towards the end um and in a kind of weird reversal that rather than killing uh, dastardly mutley and z and uncle they they actually turn on harrier and they kill him and it's revealed uh, that uh, George Clooney has has been made president of the United States, and he, of course, has been uh, transformed into a cartoon fox. Of course, he has. During the course of the issue, uh, the group find out that the best way of dealing with the, or really the only way of dealing with the unstabilium, is to bring it into contact with a separate amount of unstabilium. So, so you bring the two bits of unstabilium together and. It, it it basically they negate each other okay that that's the idea uh, i'm like uh, okay that, that's a little hokey but but i'll, I'll go with it for now uh, and so basically this issue sets up what will presumably be the next issue with them trying to chase down war pig one and bring it into contact with with unstabilium because basically the world is going mad i mean they're they're, they're quite kind of clear about that we've already seen the world with a pair of sort of mouse ears on it sort of like mickey mouse except of course it isn't mickey mouse because uh, the walt disney corporation is notoriously litigious so it's probably i don't know it's probably some other mouse uh whose ears are adorning the earth but you get the idea um so we, we've already kind of seen how how sort of uh, really quite alarming this uh this unstabilium can be so it's all set up really for for the for the final issue uh and it does a, it does a great job of 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 setting that up and i think you know i i think sometimes ennis gets is a bit underrated as a as a writer i i know that i mean he made his well, he started off in 2000 AD and uh, uh, Countdown, I think he was in, um, Deadline, no, it was Crisis, wasn't it, not Countdown. And, of course, he, he made the transition into American comics really well with Preacher and The Punisher and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I just wish DC could give him more work because he, he really does do uh, a great job here. Um, I, I mean, for, for kind of what is sort of a disposable sort of throwaway title there's actually some really good writing in here there's there's a moment where uh, Mutley tries to phone his his family and he he tries to talk to them on the phone and he he actually literally can't talk to them he he can only bark and and woof and and what have you and and there's something quite there's something really touching about that and and uh there's something quite you know, it, it, it's great characterization is, I guess, what what I'm saying. And there are all these little nice kind of clever touches. So, for example, when when Z sees 
sort of the the George Clooney Fox president, these hearts start appearing all around her head, and she's kind of looking at him like, "Wow, four, he's he's a bit of all right kind of thing." And then the next panel, she's she's kind of trying to swap these cartoon. Uh, these cartoon hearts away from her, so they're going. Damn it! You know, uh, it, it, it's there are little things like that that are really quite quite cleverly done, and you know, th- there are there are some clever ideas here, and, and I do love the the whole kind of Lovecraft thing thrown in there, which I, I just wasn't expecting, and it it, it just. It just added another layer of kind of enjoyment and uh, and humour to the whole thing. I just just really loved it. But anyway, um, I gave this eight point five uh, out of ten because it was fun. And 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 after you know the last few issues, I've I've had to review. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, the Wildstorm is great. Uh, Michael Cray's kind of taken a bit of a nosedive, really. Um, Rough and ready, Snagglepuss. They're not. They're not great. This this had a sense of of fun, a sense of imagination about it, but but also the, there were characters that we could kind of care about and 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 kind of get get involved with, and and I really really liked it. I just thought it was a fantastic issue. I am I think that you know we're we're looking at a very good mini series here, really, and I th- and I think it's going to end very well next next month and we'll we'll obviously just have to see but um yeah 8.5 out of 10 uh if you're not reading it uh you can try and pick up the back issues i'm not sure how uh how widely available they are um certainly i would pick it up in trade um it's uh it's a lot of fun and morissette's artwork is gorgeous and really imaginative and creative in short it does pretty much everything you want a comic based on Hanna-Barbera characters to do. The, the characters are kind of recognisably true to their their roots. Um, the creative team are having a hell of a lot of fun with it. Uh, that sense of fun is infectious, and it's telling a, an interesting and entertaining story. I, I don't think you can say fairer than that. So we're going to end on a high note. I know you've you've had to sort of put up with me moaning and complaining and and all that kind of stuff uh, but we're going to end on a high note with Dastardly and Muttley uh, so thank you for listening uh, just before I go there are a couple of things I, I want to say uh, first of all uh, and I don't say this often enough but a shout out to everybody who commented on my reviews or has uh, contacted me via Twitter or uh, or whatever thank you very much uh, for taking an interest in my writing even if you're just a troll who wants to say something mean. I don't care. I love you anyway. There you go. I want to thank particularly uh, Alex M. Alex does a fantastic job, as you know, with the uh, with the covers uh, for the podcast. Uh, and I uh, was fortunate enough, actually. He was he was in uh, he was in the area uh, last week, and we managed to uh, meet up and have breakfast together and. Uh, and go and visit a comic shop in Liverpool and it was good fun and uh, it was great having a chat to him and and you know weird science brings brings people together that's what weird science does yeah it does and uh, if you want to to follow me you can do on Twitter uh, my uh, my Twitter name is at door Jeremy that's my Twitter address uh, you can also follow my blog. Uh, which is www.jddunsany.com. Uh, 
dot wordpress dot com almost forgot it there uh, jd dunsany dot wordpress dot com uh, there's tons of comic stuff on on the, on that site um and it gets updated at least once or twice a week yeah feel free to follow me um and that's it uh, thank you very much for listening uh, it's probably gone over uh, an hour at this point so apologies for that uh, i'll be happy to hand you back to the guys in the studio who are uh, doing their customary wonderful job uh, you take care have a fantastic week and i will see you next week for i have no idea i don't know what it is it'll be something good i think we'll do something good i hope you take care and catch you next week bye bye <laughs>Gracious, what are you doing? Nothing, what's going on? I was sitting there listening to that song and I muted my mic because I was eating and (laughs) I, for some reason, I thought that that song was longer and I'm like, oh my God, and I'm trying to swallow this thing. It's a crazy thing. It's a Jimmy Dean's like hash brown uh, sausage and bacon sandwich thing. So are are the hash browns the bun? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. It's perfect. almost like it looks like the shape of a hot Sounds pocket. greasy as fuck. Oh, it is. But I actually uh, thought to myself that that would help my voice. Uh, just All that grease. Food. Just coat them goddamn it's, freaking It sounds okay cords. right now. So it, it's working out. But, boy, huh. I was desperately trying to get through there. And then you belched. I was trying to be professional. And then you belched, Eric. But we're at mail section number four, starting with Ian. And Ian says, hello, Jim and Eric. I What's think up, it Ian? goes without saying, see, this, the grease really did help. I think it goes with, bo, 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 bo. I'm going to ruin it, Eric. I'm going to ruin it. I'm going to start saying, son of a bitch. arms wide open, yeah. There you, you go, Eric. Everything. It's all gone. I think it goes without saying that my favorite book of this week was Batman White Knight. There, right. was so much, there was so much to like in this book. I think the great thing about this series is the dynamic between Batman and Jim Gordon. Every issue, the rift between them that continues to grow feels organic and not forced. I find myself rooting against a Batman that's not written by Tim Tom King or Steve Orlando. Really, what I love about it is that it's so well written that I have few complaints about this book. I, yeah. I want to ask you, if I said to you, okay, Eric, and we sat there and I said – Name the people who have been writing Batman recently. Would Steve Orlando cross your mind? Because he yeah, barely has him in that book at all. I think oh, I, I would have just it, been I like would, though, Tom King, because... James Tynan, and, and then I would have been like, I don't know. I would have went right to like a, uh, you know, miniseries and stuff Scott like that. Scott Snyder? Yeah, stuff like that, or, you know, White Knight and things like that, because Steve Orlando, he's barely even written them. He just usually, even when Batman was on that team, he just would sit in the back and do nothing. Is anybody really written in that series, Jim? No. Aren't we all written in the book of life, Eric? I don't know, are we? 
Yes. Big disappointment this week had to be Superman, which goes into a little rant I have, so I apologize in advance. During your Patreon Spotlight review, you mentioned something along these lines, that the common theme with Rebirth as a whole are the story arcs seem to rush to an ending. I agree with that sentiment, but I might also mention another common theme with Rebirth books are recap issues. They are. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, Flash and Green Arrow are maybe the worst of that. Before New 52, I read a lot of DC books, books that came out monthly, and I don't recall that many issues of books that had so many recap issues in between storylines. Now, I might be wrong on this, but my point is, why are we having recap issues or rushed endings or story arcs on books that come out twice a month? Now, I will say that going with Hakeem's deal earlier, I think that some of these uh, things, not only are the endings fizzling out, but a lot of stories in Rebirth never have true endings. So no. you have, like I said, you have a Detective Comics or a Green Arrow that have villains and storylines that are picked up after 25 issues, and it has to have recap, and it drives me nuts. I know recap issue concept could be painted as a good jumping on point for some books. I also think that that's an editorial thing with DC. They want every book to be a good jumping on point where what we get is each issue you have to go through seven freaking pages before you get to some new story, Eric. Yeah, it's not well done recap. No, but a better jumping on. Again, you want to do this? I And this may be what Ian says later in this. Have the recap page like Marvel does. I know. I know that they don't want to do that because they seem to think that would be copying or something along the lines. Number one, get a recap page with the freaking things. Page. Number two, get a goddamn app, Eric. I need the app. Oh, I don't even care if they call it DC Unlimited. Copy. Copy what's good. There, there you go. You, you don't have to steal or oh, copy things that are shitty. Just copy what works. I shouldn't get this angry. I'm, I'm going to blow my voice out. I know. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> but a better jumping on point would be, for instance, every 10th issue or every anniversary issue, not recapping an entire story arc where the ending was rushed to begin with. I should be liking my books. I should be loving how Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, Superman, or Super Sons, but having another arc just end and a rush to a conclusion is infuriating. I feel your pain. That's why I'm getting mad, and You're riling me up. I know technically Super Sons of Tomorrow hasn't ended yet. Yeah, that, that's the thing, though. The next issue is supposed to be a epilogue. Yep. Epilogue to what? Epilogue means that it's a, you know, an addition to what ended. <sighs> But I read last month's Imperious Lex story on Superman. I'm not confident that Super Sons of Tomorrow is going to end on a satisfying conclusion. Anyway, thanks for putting up with my rant this week. I think I ran it more. Oh, and guys, I'm with you on the new 52 Legion of Superheroes. That was a tough one. I love the Legion of Superheroes, but I can only take them in guest appearances. Reading their monthlies for however long they exist before they get canceled is a bitch. Again, Jim, thanks for the hours of content and Cellar Dweller. May he rest in peace. (laughs) Cellar Dweller. They call him the Dweller on repeat. There you go, Eric. And that's cheers from Ian. And yeah. Thank you, Ian. Uh, Eric will know, and he'll say that I'm completely 100% uh, telling the truth here. The Legion of Superheroes is one of those stupid books that I want to become a fan of, of because you do. I think that I'll be cool, like Stormwatch in, in the New 52. 
And that that Paul Levitt's New 52 book was just just complete garbage. It was so rough. And I know Simon was giving me crap because I on the uh, on the the uh, episode on the New 52 episode, though, I gave it a three out of ten. That's a little bit of an advanced deal because it's only on Patreon right now. But when it gets to the feed, when people hear you're going to hear two guys struggle the the hardest they've ever struggled to talk about an actual book that's before them. It was so and. And then, in a side note, I then read the thing for my other podcast, the other Scooby-Doo comics podcast, up? the Sc- Scooby Doo team up with the Legion of Superheroes. A hundred percent better information I got from there. <laughs> I went into that, read a stupid Scooby Doo team up, and came out with a smile on my face, knowing power sets and names of characters. Uh, that Paul Levitz, I don't know what he was doing. He was really going in. And again, it's funny because Ian's like, he doesn't like the recap, which I don't. Uh, unfortunately, Paul Levitz needed to do some recap and didn't. There, There's a place and time for everything. Agreed. But thanks, Ian. Uh, the last email of the night is the next one. That's all new, Dave. Hi, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the entire Get Fresh crew. Happy New Year. I was going to go on a rant about the shit show that was December, but instead I'm going to be positive and actually have tons of comic book nonsense to talk about instead. Firstly, I was given Marvel's Secret Wars as my secret Santa gift. I was worried at first as to whether I'd be able to understand any of it. Any now, comic is this the original mentions. Secret Wars or the new? I don't like know. I, I know that people. Wars? Well, we'll see. And I, I, he was talking about in a Slack chat, and I forget. Uh, any comic that mentions multiverse on the blurb starts to give me sweats. I mm-hmm. reached out to the Get Fresh crew on the Slack chat, Ooh. and after taking their advice and about an hour of Wikipedia research, I actually found myself enjoying it. I really liked Victor Von Doom as a character in it. I also got Deadpool Killustrated, which was a quick read. I've also got Gotham by Gaslight, a few Hellblazer yeah. traits to look forward to i think i remember you guys doing gotham by gaslight on the patreon so that's my sunday sort of and it's good i really did enjoy that though i know that eric wanted more that was basically what you said but i i still really enjoyed it i've caught up to my pull list of action comics and the hellblazer finally i have not got too much to add to the things already said on action comics it's hard to get too much into the krypton stuff as it probably won't exist in a few issues and that's true another thing that fizzled out I've been liking Hellblazer, like however. Mr. Oz? Yeah. I've been liking Hellblazer, however, and shocked at Reggie's low scores. So shocked, in fact, that I had to double-check elsewhere that the comic really is that bad. I checked with the other great DC podcast, Raging Bullets, and they said that Hellblazer is an amazing comic that is taking DC to new heights and of edginess. Right. And he says, of course, I'm kidding. You know I hate those assholes. Jeez. <laughs> I am enjoying Hellblazer, though. I will admit I'm still at the early stages of my relationship with the comic, and I might be going easy on it because it's something different. I think that basically, I think All New Dave is kind of going into that roadblock that there aren't a lot of dark titles right now with DC. And I think that you are kind of grabbing onto that for that, and that's fine. I love the rebirth, number one, uh, of Hellblazer. And then You're going to be that, full in out. now after that rebirth, number one of that. another thing that I wanted to be full in on, and I, I couldn't. And after all, John is a fellow scouser or scouser. I don't know what that is. 
I, I, I don't know either. One thing I can agree with Reggie about is that the Terrifics is looking like it's going to be a great comic. Back when I was buying too many comics, I got Plutona by Jeff Lemire or Lemire, and remember it standing out. Reggie's previews on the site looked awesome, and yeah, Reggie had a, a preview for the Terrifics. I don't know if you and saw I still that. have not looked at it just because I, don't I looked want spoilers. at spoilers. It. it didn't seem like much spoilers. I actually looked. I think Simon asked me if it was spoiler uh, proof. And I looked at it and I said, it's pretty much, you know, non-spoiler. I, I saw you guys talking about that in the Slack chat, but then he talked about Plastic Man and how, like, it might have to, like, you might want to wait till after the yeah, end of Metal because you might get really some information about Plastic Man or something yeah, like that. Like, not really that you know what? much. I could wait. Yeah, I might drop Hellblazer for the trades and pick that up instead. Lastly, thanks to Jeremy for his excellent review of the Snagglepuss comic on the site. I was intrigued by the comic, but too much politics puts me off, and I would have wasted my money. I'm not red or blue, left or right, but I definitely would prefer the comic Snagglepuss, orange-skinned and full of hate. He's making Even. fun of he's making fun of somebody on the site who they let mm-hmm. a comment. Thanks, Jim and Eric. Can't wait for the episode. Hope everyone has a good week. Even <laughs> happens to Murgatroyd. Remember that I I I have what was it? I sound like Droopy Dog, but at one point I and was Snagglepuss. Told, I was told that I, I no, it like was Droopy, a mix between Droopy Dog and Snagglepuss. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, great. But yes, hope everyone has a great week. And that was All New Dave. And thank you, All New Dave. Thank you, Dave. And that is it for the mail. And we're going to end the podcast right about now. And here we are. Three more books left in the podcast. All my books, Aaron. That's right. We have a end section that is all three of my books. I don't think that's ever happened before. I don't think so either. And we're going to end it up, I think, a stronger than usual end section, though. These aren't the greatest either. Uh, these books, the three of them, uh, two of them at least to me, have the same problems that most of the books have been having lately of just kind of treading water. But we'll see. What you think, Eric, as we start with Nightwing number 36, written by Sam Humphreys, art by Bernard Chang, Marcel Maialo, and Carlos M. Manguel. Nightwing continues with Dick in pursuit of the judge, and there is some very forced detective work, and I am not a fan of this underdeveloped and uninteresting villain. Bernard Chang's art is great, but when Guppy's the highlight of an issue, you have some problems on your hands. And yeah, I, I, this is the second issue of Bernard Chang, or Bernard Chang, I keep saying that, of <laughs> Sam Humphrey's run, and it's okay. It's not great. The problem with it, to me, is that the the judge is not a great villain. I can't no. get a grip on what he's doing. I can't even get a grip of if he is 
evil if he's bad you're led to believe that he has kind of a vendetta of going back and trying to you know almost being a thorn in the side of dick grayson from when he was a robin uh going forward and all these people dying and things like that but he it's kind of like he is a i don't know is he like the gin with the horn and cyborg with these is. chips? Like, he goes around though. He's, it seems like he's trying to do right, but he goes about doing right by offering, like, granting wishes that cause you to die in the long run, but only yeah. the bad people. So but I don't. We, I, or, yeah, or maybe too. Because but was that lady? That grandma, was that old yeah, lady a bad person? Yeah, no. I yeah, is no it pushing his on. agenda? Is it, it like it keeps going back and you forth know what it is, and whatnot? Jim, it's the justice tree. I guess it is that he ends up at that justice tree at the end. But really in this, some very forced detective work to lead you from point A to point B, uh, especially when we get into it. We talked about, you know, this was a thorn in Robin's side, like a villain that got away when he was Robin back then. There's a line in this that says, back when I was Robin, when I was Dick Grayson, and now that I'm Nightwing, I'm like, was it, did the Jed show up in the Grayson book? Because I don't recall no, it at all. No, I don't remember. And uh, it's just he's not that interesting to me because we just don't know. And he's more of a look, and I don't like the look anyway. Uh, in this, he's got a suit on and he's drinking a, uh, you know, one of those crazy blue Hawaiians out of a pineapple, <laughs> stuff like that. And it's just. It's just odd, but it does start where you see the mayor. He's yelling and screaming about Nightwing. We do find out very quickly that he is on the take. He's he's pretty much being blackmailed. Being blackmailed though. by the casinos. Yeah, and he's being blackmailed by the casinos, though. He is a piece of shit as well, where he did divert funds from schooling into the casinos, and now they're using that as leverage to get more and more from him. And that basically is throughout this. But the judge here goes to him to try to fix that wrong and also that the the mayor wants out it's too much for him he he's starting to feel guilty he's feeling the weight of all this blackmail so the judge shows up to give him a chip to get him out and basically the out by the end is committing suicide but also you know releasing the files that all the information that damns him and the casinos yeah and pretty much damns the casinos and by the end of this shuts down the casinos. That is the thing that's kind of making uh, making money for uh, Bloodhaven. So yeah, it, I'm it's sorry, that's one of those. All that Bloodhaven has right now yeah. are the casinos keeping that city afloat. But with this is what is the judge's endgame? What is his endgame in the, this? I don't know what the judge's beginning is, honestly. Yeah. That that's my biggest problem here is that I don't know if the judge is this that is there for pure evil. Is he almost like a spirit of retribution? I mean, obviously he's got some sort of magical ability. These chips, at least, maybe not magical, maybe it's technical, but you have Nightwing. He's doing all this detective work. Why hasn't he looked into what these chips are? I mean, I if the, maybe these chips are some sort of mind control device, and it's well, not even magical. that. Like the whole thing is, we got a chip from. So, like we saw that Sabota got the chip last issue, and she, he, Nightwing wanted it so he could look at it. But this is a character that Nightwing has faced in the pre- past. Yeah, has his motives changed up? It seems to be all about this golden chip. I don't know what the hell the connection yeah. is to, like you know. Did the judge used to use these as well? And if so, why haven't we figured out what these things are that's by what this I mean. point already? Are they tech? Is, is it some sort of tech? That's a mind, But why would it mind control your greatest wish? And what was Sabota's wish? To shoot Nightwing? 
uh, to get rid of Nightwing because we've set it up that she, they're kind she, of her friends greatest now. wish was to have a promotion, but to do that, she had to shoot fucking Nightwing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because he's falling there and he's actually, you know, shot. And he says as he's going, he's going to tumble. His vitals are crashing. Uh, he is going to die. And, and we did start talking about this and then we had to cut it and start over again. And you did say that I said I thought that he was dying from the shot. You said you thought maybe he was dying from hitting the ground oh yeah uh, from the fall itself yeah, i don't either know. way I don't know. He's, he's crashing his, yeah. his suit actually has to activate the defibrillator mode on it to keep yeah. his heart to keep going yeah and and i'm telling you if it's not i was upset throughout the whole issue because of this gunshot to his shoulder causing problems if it is in fact of him hitting the ground then there's worse troubles for him how does he just get up after being defibrillated by his suit just gets up and spends the entire rest of the issue beating up people crashing through windows grabbing a lady who's jumping off a building this is and ridiculous making sh- and making sure that he's back in time for his 5 a.m yeah, goddamn yeah. and then the class. 5 a.m yeah yeah crossfit class it's ridiculous it really throws the whole issue out for me because of the fact that you really want to make this cliffhanger from last issue means something where he almost dies until he doesn't i, before, I mean this like, is we're, ridiculous we're, when we were talking about this before we got cut off before like you know we we're really putting out the fact that you know we have guppy in this issue who is yeah. the standout of the entire story arc so far two issues in i don't like guppy but i have to agree he is the standout of yeah. this issue he's the best part of this issue but like you know is that tom is it almost like sam humphries is. trying to take tom king's whole thing of writing batman it and is like, it's kite oh, man. like the kite man thing. yeah it's kite man problem, it is the thing is, what we got here, though, while you have that Kite Man aspect with Guppy, he's not giving out catchphrases, thank God. No, not but, yet. Um, Go you know, it's fish. Like, to, to, everybody talks about Tom King's run of Batman being the humanization of Batman. And yeah. right now, two issues in, it seems like we're making this the Nightwing god yeah. of Dick Grayson because yeah. he is, you know, dying. Oh, yeah, he's going on and on. And just going and wrecking house for no reason at all. And I'm like, you know, it doesn't feel like Dick Grayson. He, yes, he has this vendetta against the judge because he's faced him in the past and yeah. he wants to finally bring him to justice. But yeah, this is but we the, don't have that connection, really. Yeah, we, this is the busting heads. He's busting heads in this. He's just going, now I do think that there's a bit of a Tom King connection as well of how this is written just the detective work because the detective work is detective work in quotes. I'm air quoting right now yeah. because it's hardly detective work. It is just point A to point H with nothing between just to get you to places because after we see the judge kind of giving the uh, business to the mayor and saying, you know, finding out what he wants and doesn't want, you then you get Guppy, you see that he had, didn't, he had done a job with some guys and they had ended up saying like, you know what, this is supposed to be split with four guys. I only see three guys in a goddamn fish, knock him off the pier and he's doing all this Poor to get Guppy. medicine for his dad and it is sad because y- you see later when he's talking to his dad who's kind of you know laid out there maybe even in a coma that he's talking i'm like yeah dad you should have saw me i was doing it i was doing it like you used to and and you feel bad for him and uh i like him in this for shark people yeah well but then dick grayson just after the suit activates and saves him alfred gets a hold of him and says hey your suit activated it says you need medical attention are you okay yeah alfred i'm all right i don't need help i gotta do all this stuff uh so right here i'm at saint jude's church 
And you're like, where did you go? And he's like, I guess this is the best place to start my best lead. When? See, when I, I have you- to, I have to go back and I have to wonder, like, did, did they say something about St. Jude's Church in the last issue? Because I don't remember personally. But, but even but then, it, just it's jumping just in odd. all of a sudden after Nightwing is shot after talking to Sabota, which I remember being our cliffhanger. I remember yeah. that part. Now it's just, all right, I'm at St. Jude's Church. It's my best lead. I'm like, give me a little bit more yeah. lead up if that's what you're going to go with because, you know, I don't remember if you actually yeah, talked yeah. about it in the previous and, issue. And with that, he says this to Alfred, and he's like, listen, I'm at St. Jude's Monastery. It's not much, but it's my best lead. And then Alfred's like, sir, do you know what St. Jude's a patron saint of? Uh, yeah, cops and lost causes. Thanks, Alfred. And then he said, been watching. No movement inside. Can't wait any longer. And crashes through the stained glass window. Uh, of what? the church why why i, did I can crash- see why the mayor's actually pushing against getting nightwing out of the yeah. fucking city because he's telling you this is, stained, glass look at that stained glass window this thing is humongous in a church he just busts through he doesn't even hear movement inside no, that is that he can't wait any longer but there's it, no movement inside what no, are you not just go, waiting go, for go in the back door look in the front go door in the front door i don't give yeah. a fuck he looks in even if he just looked in he'd see vigilante massacre it's a massacre in there. He he just busts through a stained glass window for no apparent reason, just except to make it look cool, and then lands, and then he says this this dialogue in his what monologue. What is this? He's like, the sting of salt water hits my nose, and that's been a thing every time something like this happens. There is the salt water. And he's okay. like, I go in detective mode. I count the bodies to stop my blood from running cold. That that stops your blood from running cold. Counting the dead bodies. Oh, thank God! There's 115 yeah. Yeah, dead like, bodies. Oh my God! I'm about to pass out from all this massacre. Wait a minute. One, two, three, four. Okay, I'm good now. Let's go. Oh, thank and God. he's like, and all it is is to keep showing us how many people you have. Sam Humphreys has to keep pushing how Which many people the judge like has goddamn, killed. Like that goddamn yeah. jokes and riddles where we just had to yes. show like a amount of numbers just thrown at us, which and, we haven't yeah, seen. And it's it, just so numbers. It That's my biggest problem. We haven't seen it. So it's just a number being thrown here. And in the meantime, yes, the judge is kind of the end result of, of whatever but there's other people involved this wasn't the judge killing him it's him giving these chips and this priest because he goes and this priest is there oh, it was me i did it you know we had this brother here that the learned hand he came to us a year ago and i'm like what is this game that well, this I judge is playing i don't even know this because we have the judge we have this whole yeah. background like i said before you know Robin, like Dick, followed him as Robin, apparently yeah. as Grayson as well, and now as Nightwing. He's like coming back as the judge who keeps showing up in his life, but the man who gave you this, he was my brother Monk. His name is Learned Hand. Came to us a year ago, a fish out of water. He was my friend. He called me Big Cahoon. I'm like, so the judge was a monk for a year in Bloodhaven? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, for a month, uh, a Kahuna. year in Bloodhaven, called him Big Cahoon. He promised you something. What was it? He said he could give me what I wanted most. For 20 years, I've been a monk. I wanted God to hear me. Do you think he's listening now? I'm like, what? I wanted him to say, does this rhyme? (laughs) I'm telling you. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? It's just this nonsense going, you know, in. And, and then we the see he's covering his tracks, moving fast. I'm like, he has been here for a goddamn year, just monking yeah. it out, apparently. Yeah, he's monking Calling it out. Other people, big kahunas and shit. The learned hand. And then you get the idea. You what go does that through do? the. The learned I hand. I don't know. I'm like, that's not it. Like, you know, my name's Frank. 
I mean, well, let's not get fancy here. He called me the big kahuna. I Your don't know why. Hated you. Yeah, he's like, I don't know why he called me the big kahuna. You know, but you, you go then and you go back to the judge talking to the mayor, and the mayor he's finding out exactly what uh, the judge did to get into his office. And again, it's just nonsense. It's just this continuous. Oh, you know what? Your limo driver, JJ, great guy. Tell me your schedule. Suzette, security guard downstairs. She's funny. You ever talk to her? And then your chief of staff. Uh, Mallory, smart, big future. She cleared the office for me. And then you even get this thing where you see that Mallory uh, was given a chip and was asked what she wanted. What she wanted was the mayor's job. Now, again, it doesn't jive to me, and it just is – it's just nonsense. Well, that's the thing is. It's like, yo, all right, Mallory was given a chip, all right? She's so like, okay, you clear out the office. You can have whatever you want. Oh, I want to be the mayor. Well, here, take this. And then when she – like she didn't actually leave though. She saw what ended up happening to the mayor, which caused her to want to kill herself. So she wouldn't get what she wanted anyway. I just want to know what's going on with JJ and Suzette down at security downstairs. Were they given chips? Yeah, like, what did that's they what want? I'm saying. Were they given this, that? When we have the wraparound later on where JJ is part of the goddamn league yeah. of a limousine assassins yeah, checking limousine out assassin. different shit. I'm like – there, these connections are not making sense because you have not established the world no. that were set up in Bloodhaven before. We're hanging out with goddamn old villains, the runoffs yeah, happened. Yeah. Like, you, know, you know, we had Roland Desmond doing blockbuster stuff. All of this kind of made sense because it was at least set up. Here we're just yeah. thrown into this no, fucking just new-ass Bloodhaven with the Tiki District, and I don't even know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, and we go into the Tiki District. Now, I do think that what this is all setting up is you would think that Guppy's going to have to get a, a chip eventually because oh, he, think, he's desperate to want is, to save his dad. You would but, think yeah. he would have gotten it already because he I already know. spent an entire fucking day with the judge. He was there with the judge. I know. Yeah. I just don't understand. But, yeah, you end up having Nightwing, and this is what I think you were talking about. He goes in the Tiki District basically. Basically says, I'm happy to have something to punch and goes in and then you get this detective work of nothing. Where's a tall man? White suit. Beard. And then he's just beating up people. And then you even have where he's like, his intentions, I'm sure. That's why he had Detective Swoboda shoot me to slow me down. And all this is going on. I really don't see a connection yet of the judge doing anything to do anything with Nightwing. The only reason, though, we're in the Tiki District is because a year ago he called this monk Big Kahuna. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And then you go in and he's basically, this is a lot like, again, I hate to say it like you did, the jokes and riddles of Batman just going in and beating the shit out of Kite Man and asking where things are because this is all Nightwing's doing is going in and just beating up people. Tall man, white suit. And this and is where they, we find out about the League of Limousine Assassins, where JJ's been undercover, yeah. infiltrating a target, capital transportation, I guess, meaning, you know, the limousine like services for the yeah. mayor and whatnot. So And that's why so, he knows that he must be at City Hall. Must there you be. go. Yeah. Then you go and you have to have the must mayor be, be even City yeah. Hall. Must be City Hall. Then you have to have the mayor be a jerk off even more. So he's snorting coke out of nowhere. It's so ridiculous. Sometimes you just gotta take some coke. I guess, but you, you see the judge, he doesn't want that. He has his blue Hawaiian, Eric. And, and so basically the the mayor keeps going with the stuff of saying, like, listen, you know, uh I, I've, I'm too far into this nonsense. I want to get out. They're, they're blackmailing me, all that. And then you have the, the, uh, the judge say, hey, you have to confess to everything. That's the deal, uh, you know, with this chip thing. And it looks like, I don't know, is that spit coming out of the, the uh, drink there of the I straw? Think it is. It's very it's disgusting. Odd. 
But then you get, then you go back to uh, Guppy again, and he's, you know, he's talking to his dad about how he didn't get the medicine, but his dad would be proud. The lonesome life of Guppy the shark. Yeah. Then you go and you see uh, the lady, the secretary, is going to kill herself jumping off the building. Nightwing grabs her out of nowhere. Luckily, he was swinging on by like Spider Man, and he's and she, even with a fucked up shoulder, he can go. And yeah, grab he her just no grabs her with that shoulder, around. no problems. Yeah. And uh, she explains like, "Hey, this guy, he came, he gave me this chip. He said that I'd have all my things, but then told me to go home. But I hid and heard the gunshot and didn't stop him. So I'm a piece of crap, and I'm going to be in trouble and all this. And it's just like such a force." thing for dick I, and I, to I run to the too. mayor's like, office when, when he's talking to her it's like whatever happened it's not worth you throwing your life away you're not the you're you are not you're your not worst your moment, worst moment. He, he said i could have anything i wanted wanted most of all wait tall man white, white suit, suit beard beard yeah he said go home but I hid in the back. I, I'm like, what, what? What did? What did you? We already heard that she said she wanted the job. I get it. That that ties. This is the weird thing. Is like she wanted the job, so that ties into the mayor killing himself. But what's his? You know, the judge is he's mixing and matching here. I don't he's, get it. You know, who ends up with? I guess the judge is who ends up with what he what really wants. What did JJ the limo driver get? I don't know. I, his uh, more limo driving. I don't know. Right. Uh, the end of Uber, Eric, because that's what's going to end the limo uh, service. But yeah, then Dick goes and he's like, again, I'm too late. Again, I failed to stop when I was Robin. I failed to stop when I was Dick Grayson. And now I'm failing as Nightwing. Failure is death. 31 murders all on me. Dick Grayson. Hey, he doesn't even say just Grayson. He just says Dick Grayson. That was when he was just hanging out, out of costume, I guess. Oh. But And that's where you see him go. He ends up stitching himself up just in time for his five. 5 a.m. CrossFit class, and they see on the news that the mayor has been found, you know, committing suicide and has let out the leaks. Not before of leaking all out the stuff. information to all the newspapers and stuff yeah, like that. And now the FBI is involved in shutting the down the casinos until down. The, the investigation can commence. I love it too. It's like all casino and gambling operations in Township of Bloodhaven are shut down until further notice. The police are yelling that, and one guy's just at a table. He's such a degenerate gambler. Hit me quick! <laughs> like I, I don't think that's that gonna matter. Hater, I don't think that's gonna matter. That's not gonna count there, buddy. Look, if, but, if yeah. they don't let me cash out, I'm throwing a fucking riot. Yeah, and then they're sitting there, and it's like the fear was that the judge would kill and disappear, just like the time before and the time before that. But now I know it's worse. He's here to kill, and he's here to stay. And there he is outside the justice tree, laughing. I'm like, I don't even get what this villain is about. I can't even make a connection that he's really even concerned with Nightwing. He seems to want to bring Bloodhaven down, but even I then, I, I, I don't know. Is he against gambling? That's why he has the casino chip. He wants to start something else. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I can't know. tell you anything about him. Yeah, and I can only imagine if Dick tried to stop him as Dick Grayson that the judge should know his secret identity and be able to just go to Grayson CrossFit and kill him if he really wanted to. But I yeah, don't but know what his game is. Yeah, but nobody goes to Grayson CrossFit except no, for Kid Delicious and other woman. Kid Delicious and the lady. But yeah, uh, the art's great. Lady. Lady. The art's great, but this issue just it, – it's a lot of nothing to me. I did give it a 6 out of 10. I did like the art. I do like guppy parts, and I'm the hoping – The guppy parts were the strongest yeah, parts. Yeah, and I'm hoping to learn the, more about the day in the life the, of this guppy. deal, the day in the life of guppy and a continuation of a very confusing and not very interesting villain. 
Uh, it's so, so weird to me, though. Hold on, fucking this whole Guppy thing. Like, I am a big fan of King Shark. It makes sense. Yeah. The Killer Croc. All these characters, they are great. You don't see them hanging out of fucking places, just like you know, all nonchalant yeah. because because of the way they look. The whole thing when we showed up with Guppy last issue, and he's just at the goddamn card table. Yeah, he's just like, at the card me. table with people. Nobody that, even cares. No, not a second me glance. For some reason, and like you know, him going around and doing all these underhanded things, like working low level fucking crime things. That makes sense to me too. These guys, they know it. We need like some kind of meta thing going on over here. That's yeah. fine. I don't know why. I don't the know. Cup- Bloodhaven seems open for things. You have Gorilla Grim going around. Nobody's batting yeah, an eye. Right you know what day, I mean? Though. It Even does Gorilla seem. Grimm, it's not like he has a fucking apartment. He lives in a goddamn hanging cargo I container. Know. That is true. But he, he kind of is just walking around at points. So I'll go with that. It is odd, though. This it was weird. odd seeing him at that table, you know, gambling it up. But yeah, there's your connection to. The judge, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it's just odd. What would you give it? I give it a five point three out of ten because okay. I really did enjoy the art, but I have no connection to this story at all, and it's just, it really kills me. And I'm, I'm actually happy as hell. Like, I don't like reviewing the Just League book because I'm not happy with what we're getting that in Priest right now. Yeah. But at least that makes more sense to me than what's going on in Nightwing. Because if I had to try to describe this, I'd fucking lose yeah, my Yeah, because this mind. is the book. This is the book that we ended up switching up. You took Justice League and I took Nightwing. And I mean, if if you're in for action, you're, and, you're getting a lot of punching and stuff I'm like that. You, but it just doesn't. I was up and down with Tim Seeley's run of Nightwing. I I preferred it so much to what we're getting right now, even with just, just two issues, just because I could understand for the most part, except for that Doctor Hurt story. I could understand yeah. what was going on in that goddamn series. Yeah, here we go, Eric. We're going to move on then to Deathstroke number 27, written by Christopher Priest, who you just mentioned, art by Diagenes Nieves, Jason Paz, Jeremy Cox, and Willie Schubert. The Defiant story continues, but this issue is less about the squad and more about Tara, Rose, and Willow. We see some background with Tara and a hint that Deathstroke isn't, in fact, still a bad, bad man, but it's the ending that is most interesting going forward, throwing out some crazy ideas of who Willow is after all. And yeah, this this is, uh, you get, if anybody wanted to get some background of Tara, you're getting a very, very quick and background it's so of Tara weird that we this. actually have the Judas contract still in continuity, even though it's like, it makes sense to a degree where we did have the Teen Titans, our current Titans team were Teen Titans until they had their minds wiped or erased the goddamn minds of everybody in the world of their yeah. existence. It's just so weird that Tara would remember her time when she was a part of the Judas contract and the Teen Titans and nobody, I don't even know how to describe it, but it does make sense if you think about it to a degree yeah. that the Judas contract is still in continuity because we did have Deathstroke versus the Teen Titans the the original incarnation yeah so it's still there it's just still odd to me because i have no idea what's going on with the timeline but the weird thing is is as this goes on because you do see you know all this stuff with the judas contract when she was uh you know a little girl uh when deathstroke went to recruit her and do this and then it does go to a part that even includes a mention of the lazarus contract as well uh when you have tara yelling liar you never cared about me you used me and that's where you have Deathstroke, you're wrong, Tara, but the mission is over. I've made a pact of Lazarus contract and then just basically says about, you know, all this stuff and then just says, I'm going to still destroy the Teen Titans. Just hold it together a little longer. And, and, and it's now it seems that the Judas contract ended because of the Lazarus contract. Yeah, yeah. but the, the thing that gets me is he does say that he made a Lazarus contract. So then they even point out issue 19 and then he does spell out. I, you have to stay with me until I find another way to destroy the Teen Titans. This should be after he's had his whole deal 
uh, with the epiphany and stuff like this. So this should actually be him kind of admitting that he's not very on the up and up, right? No, no, that- no. The Lazarus contract he's talking about is the one he made with Dick Grayson Robin back in the day to take uh, Ravager. Yeah, but it, it just says C issue 19. So I'm, I'm yeah, telling that, you. I, in my mind, that was the flashback I, issue. I actually where we think that about they're it. talking about the actual arc, the Lazarus contract with it, because it doesn't even say then, you know, it says now and, and going. It's, it's still back, but you have uh, the deal. He's old there. It's not like this is way, way. I, I can't tell because when they point out issue 19 and spell it out as the Lazarus contract, I still think that that's going on forward now, too. But maybe not. Maybe it isn't. It's just odd to spell it out as the Lazarus contract and then spell out an issue of the current Lazarus contract uh, deal. Unless, right. you know, you know what I mean? It's just I don't know, because in this you really are pushing uh, to me that he is not uh, on the up and up when he's there uh, with the priest and stuff like that. I'm telling you, I, I think that this is the beginning of the end of him being good, that he's going to pull out of this uh, and go. Well, I'm it's, saying it's almost the end of the Defiant Squad. So there is that there. I still think for everything he was doing with Terror, though, that was all during the whole Judas contract. And then in my mind, the way it works, like the Judas contract ended because he made this Lazarus contract with Dick Grayson back in the yeah, day. Yeah, it Ravager might be. In. But uh, even then, then uh, when is he going to do this other thing to destroy them then? Because he really, even in the Lazarus contract, well, when he went, he didn't really is- do I, I don't. I think he ha- he's kind of gotten past that at this Maybe. point. Maybe it's a weird way to pull this out. Of how, and- how Grant couldn't be saved though. Yeah. It's just a weird thing to throw out there. Plus, I, I mean, just the other only thing else is. She was pretty young during the, you know, the yep. uh, the Judas contract, and he is making out with her at this point when he says that, and she does have her new hairstyle, even though it is the old costume. I mean, if she, if he is legitimately making out with her at that point, she is sixteen. So yeah. he is being, uh, you know, pretty crazy. I don't know if this is supposed to be kind of a, a tie-in to why he's mad at Isherwood, and this is supposed to show that he was just a, a real piece of shit then. But, yeah, he legitimately is a pedophile then, if, if that we, is the we, case. There used to be some weird things in the Judas contract between Deathstroke and fucking oh, I know. back But in the day. I, I think that even then, I think that just pointing out – in this that she was legitimately 16 at that point and Christopher Priest makes that very well known here but again yeah I guess he does still look the same then she looks a lot older I thought when you get to that point when he's you you know know who Deathstroke's favorite favorite musical artist is who's that Jerry Lee Lewis I thought it might be winger (laughs) <laughs> but that's 17. But yeah, you might be right because it does say months after. I just, I'm telling you, the whole idea of him making out with her just threw me off because he did spell out that she was 16. Look, she, but, was, she was hysterical. Look, he is a tactician, all right? She is losing her goddamn oh, yeah. mind. She, he gave her what she needed at that moment to calm the fucking situation. Okay. Yeah. yeah well, that's that's what what happened. He's not so, happy about it, but he had well, to do it. You go forward with this, and then you go on the now, and you do have Tara on uh on a train, and you have it there. Is this just to remind you that she can kind of use her, you know, powers to kind of control the human body and the minerals? It's a very odd beginning. And Rose shows up and then you mentioned she mentions the sword and says, you know what, you're admitting you stole my sword. Now, it's a very quick and kind of an odd thing that kind of ties in what you think by the end. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just to remind people what Tara is uh, capable of because she does use that then. And this is a very quick issue to me. 
me because then you go off to Windsor, Ontario, and you have Deathstroke sitting there being talked to the priest. You do have Isherwood – or not Isherwood, Wintergreen behind him. It is an AI like you thought it was. I just love the see. fact that he can't leave this monastery, so he's just hanging out and drinking the goddamn communion wine. Yeah, he's just, just drinking that. Until anybody comes and helps him. Yeah, and basically he says that Isherwood has set him up here because he wants the priest to kind of save his soul, though he doesn't think he can be saved, and you get nope. that. Uh, but yeah, you, you keep going. You jump back and forth. You do see Willow. You get a little bit of Willow there. She's still looking for Claire. She gets an idea the that it is. Nun. And it's yeah. so weird, too, because I still don't get the connection. Because we have the monastery in Ontario, in Ontario yeah. where Claire seemed to be a nun at. I don't know why she's in New York taking care of freaking Willow, though. Well, that's uh, Claire. I think that that's what led her to this because Isherwood left uh, to find Claire as well. So at some point they were just there. And this is what I I'm a little confused about this issue because I'm led to believe at one point that Willow and Claire must have been in that monastery in Windsor, Ontario, then went to New York and ended up Willow killing the grocer that caused all these problems. Then I I don't know, because that seemed to be when Claire found Willow. So it's just it's so weird. Uh, It's getting to a point where I'm at this weird point in this deal of it's beginning to get a lot like the beginning of the series where there's a lot of stuff being thrown out there and I'm going to need something to be shown because in this you do have Claire she's trying to find or not Claire Willow trying to find Claire and it's leading her roughing up a bunch of people to get to the Mandarin Oriental Hotel yeah and it's leading her to the forgotten who was the guy who came because the grocer was killed so it's just this old forgotten's father yeah so it's this weird wraparound the forgotten has to come in and fucking save honor to his family family by killing whoever's involved yes. he still believes that deathstroke was the one who went yeah, after his he body. does think it's deathstroke especially what happens then then you get a little bit of you, you have freaking keenan kong out of nowhere and this he's just there and china wants to get deathstroke and this and is very him. disappointing for how like that cliffhanger we had where keenan kong just shows up at the door to bring deathstroke and the justice to china i'm like all right that's a great cliffhanger here we have like one to maybe two pages where it's just okay uh He's not here right now, but you can have him when he gets back. All right. Yeah. And and the, to me, the big thing of this was that you have Adeline say to Wintergreen, listen, this might work better than what we planned if they take him off to China for a trial. And Wintergreen says, that depends. Our plan is to help Slade, not punish the people of China. <laughs> and it's a funny line, but it also shows that – Maybe they are on the up and up. We've been thinking all along that Wintergreen and Adeline, especially Adeline, would always Seriously. be against Can't Slade. But this shows that something's going on. Is it to be kind of the whole thing is about Willow, who at the end is kind of revealed to possibly be Rose? So I, I don't know it's, it's a what very is going on. It's issue that we're dealing with in Deathstroke today. Yeah, because then you have uh, you go back to Windsor and you have Deathstroke, at, and this is a, it's a tough issue to talk about. You have Jericho show up to talk to his dad, explain with him and Isherwood, but also to try to free his dad. His dad says, Slade says, I can't leave. There's something that's blocking me. Uh, it's some sort of mechanism here that won't allow me to go out. He says he looked everywhere, but then Joseph just goes and then he's like, uh, my suit can see and finds the transmitter in the confessional. Now, Deathstroke says, oh, that makes sense. That Isherwood thought that'd be the last place that I would go. 
No, you, you would no, look there. It's not about if you you're going looking, in there to yes. confess because you wouldn't like confess. But if you're looking for a fucking transmitter, you're, you're looking for something. Part. Yes, you're looking for something. You would go and look everywhere, especially a confessional that's just there. This is not. I really think that this is the worst thing that I've read in this book because Christopher Priest is a great writer and a smart yeah. guy. This does, this is only to show, you know, it's such a forced way to make it seem like, oh, there's Deathstroke. He's not a real religious He's guy. He doesn't, think, he doesn't his confess sins. his sins. He's no, not he worth redemption. This isn't about where he would go. It, it's about where he would look. Uh, and in that, you end up with him having his sword. He ends up destroying this transmitter, but in the meantime, it ends up destroying or you know disabling Joseph's icon suit, which he falls from the. So you know, Jericho is no more, and that's the thing. He was yeah. flying and then crash landed on a fucking pew. I'm like, you know what? Joseph might be seriously hurt right now. Yeah, he might be. I don't know why he was flying around at this point. They were both, yeah, you know, yeah, going to yeah, go yeah. here. He did you take have the off. Then to fly, you fly whatever the fuck you can. It's just so funny. He's like, they have it, and he's like, oh, there it is. And there's the freaking Jericho just flying around. Very dead, odd, but dead. Yeah. I, I've pinpointed the transmitter. It's in that confessional booth. Of course it is. And I'm just flying around. I don't care. Yeah, I'm just going to fly around. So oh, then, there's, yeah. So now we're going to end the issue, and you have this weird combo where we do have the Willow Escort Service, and this and was this set part up before. Has always confused me, and I always wouldn't yes. understand the connection. This does not help me at all because. Tara goes undercover as a well, prostitute. Well, she was, though, before. She actually, oh, we I have know. seen her as that. It just, we don't know I, I'm trying to understand why. the connection between why she goes by Willow and why we have this almost know. You know, supernatural Willow character who's yes. fighting this goddamn ancient Unless battle. Unless she's trying to find her as well. The, the thing that I like is that the way you can tell when it's Willow, or not Willow, where Tara is she's always smoking like a badass there. That, that's the is. tell. But yeah, she she's there. She goes to find uh, the, the Forgotten, which the Forgotten then takes this whole Willow deal to mean that Deathstroke is definitely behind all this. And then there's a big attack. That's where Tara reveals that she is Willow, the hooker, and yeah. just basically says, I don't know what you're talking about. I just was here for a date, but then uses the, you know, the concrete and the minerals and stuff as bullets and kills all these, you know, mobsters around the Forgotten. But as this happens, all of a sudden, the real Willow comes flying in yelling for Claire, but Tara un recognizes the voice and says, I know that voice, and then says, Rose? And as this is going on, there's weird things about this because you even have Willow bust through here. Rose has very long white hair. This does not look like a wig. Oh, but, no, that's the thing is, Rose doesn't have long white hair because she had to yeah, shave her head because yeah, of her she, well, that is she, true. Her long the, white hair was But a wig here's itself. what gets me, though. It still even goes with the fact that Willow is like a street person that doesn't have food and eats because she, in the middle of this fight, whips out a sandwich well, and starts the thing is, eating Willow, it. Willow, in my mind, is either a supernatural entity that was brought by, like, you know, forward from that Hmong sword that Rose got when she was trying to discover herself and her family yeah. previously in this issue, or she has had a goddamn split personality happen ever since she, like, Joseph fucked her be. fucking brain up. But again, there's some weird shit. This Willow shit. is not Rose. I'm telling you, this is not Rose in no. disguise. This is a separate personality. That's what I'm and saying. Just, and, and the thing is, though, this short red hair that she has, 
I don't understand how that could be a wig, though. I know. It's not a wig. That's what I'm saying. The main thing that I'm saying is this does not look like a wig. Even when she falls, she gets shot out of the window and falls, and there's, you know, Solomon Grundy Isherwood catches her a blow. That does not seem like it'd be a wig. That that would have fallen off, I would have thought. But it does – I mean, I guess you can say it kind of looks like it. I, I could even go back. I didn't even look to see if their eye color matched because I, I can't remember if Rose actually has green eyes. I I thought she had blue, but I'd have to go back and look. Uh, maybe you can even look as we go. Uh, but yeah, it seems like another entity that may be channeling. Re- I, I'm so confused. And that's the thing, too. It goes back to because we did see that Willow is the person that stole Rose's Hmong sword. Yes. And she like Rose obviously keeps blaming uh, Tara for stealing it because she doesn't know who stole it. When, in fact, it was herself, another personality, another entity I that was brought know. forth by the sword. But I don't know. They, it's just then, Willow then is Deathstroke, somebody separate than Rose. Remember, and then Deathstroke was the one that led her to go to, uh, you know, that what's it family. called? To yeah. Minnesota to, to get the sword itself. That was it, – it's so – crazy well, that's the right thing now is, i don't think that he sent her to get the sword he just sent there to have this fake yeah, family but even so she could then, have the and sword she was the just sword. there exactly and she just happened to pick it yeah but just happened to pick it it was in a it was in a in that exact town that they were in in, yeah. in a shop in a pawn, a pawn shop, shop. Yeah. it just seems weird that they, it would have just been there and had her name on it and shit like that it was just very odd though you you do have I'm the, saying, i don't understand the connection to this point because as I i'm said, so confused i don't know if this is a goddamn brain damage split personality thing going on or if it is a supernatural entity. but like you said it's weird to have it because that doesn't look like it would be actual rose but we'd have to see plus just what we saw and this whole thing there's never been any sort of uh you know hint that rose went missing for a while you know we've no. seen that willow has been around and doing things there's never been a time where even jericho's been like where were you gone for two weeks where were you for the last three days i tried to get a hold of you and couldn't all this stuff going on when we have seen you know willow doing stuff but it's weird you don't get a pure timeline of when and how and all that but it's just it's very odd it just it seems out of nowhere it does. Uh, but it has to be the sword the whole sword deal is definitely a big because idea that is the big that. connection because will yeah. took the sword as soon as we yeah. first saw her yep so we'll have to see what's going on but i i gave it a six eight i'm confused again i i'm sure that that he's gonna christopher priest will tie it around but until he does i this issue was more confusing uh and just throwing stuff out there uh what would you give it i'd give it a 6.3 out of 10 because while i really love the art and i like you know i love the progression of each of the different characters doing it except for you know uh new superman keenan kong like that part just seemed tacked on for no real reason except that we had it in the cliffhanger last issue which is very disappointing but everything else like this whole revelation of this Willow Rose thing, I don't understand it right now. I'm interested to find yeah, out about I it. Yeah, I want to see what's going on. Yeah, and really so, like, all you get is the voice, is what she thought the voice sounded like. It yeah. wasn't even like when she busted in, Tara recognized her or thought she looked like her. It just, it, you know, it was more the voice. I recognized that voice and then realized when she But even with Tara having this whole backup to know that the Judas contract's still in yeah. continuity and stuff like that, her connection to Deathstroke, I enjoyed all that because, you know, we ha- we've had Tara in this book for a little while now. We haven't dealt a lot with her, though, so I like to see, like, you know, what's actually going on with her in the continuity as Damn. it is. And I'm sorry, there are aspects of this to I- that I really like, but the whole thing, too, when we go back to the monastery and, like, the, the confession pew, uh, I, 
at one point I didn't look. Isherwood, you genius. You knew I yeah. wouldn't look. Oh. Like, How no, dare that's, you, that's just, Isherwood? That's just, that's just kind of like, you know, bad writing yeah. in my mind. Looks but like I'm the first you, I, thing you would look. I, I really like the series still. It's just this was yeah, a do, down too. issue in my mind, and I, I just really so. hope that it all comes together as we go forward. Yeah, I, I was just confused. But we're going to end the podcast with one of my favorite books, and that is Batman White Knight number 4. We're halfway through, Eric, written by Sean Murphy, art by Sean Murphy and Matt Hollingsworth. White Knight continues by showing us Jack's plan for a better Gotham, and it may seem far-fetched, but he might be onto something. We also get the backstory of Neo, a Joker, I put Neo Gotham for some reason, <laughs> while seeing that she'll stop at nothing to get her Joker back. And I like this issue. I like that the, I'm telling you, this GTO squad seems a little over the top to me, uh, for anybody to kind of go with. But by the end, I was kind of on board just because this world is a piece of shit world and you need to do something. Uh, again, though, what is the end plan? Is this, this issue made it seem as if all of a sudden Jack is on the up and up like he you know before you were getting these hints where even you still have in the background that the whole deal that he's leading with and he's going to run for councilman and the library being destroyed in backwater that was all set up by him that was so all planned and not only that just the whole idea that he was able to take control of all the villains of oh, backport right there yeah uh, like uh that is just uh that is a problem. You know, that yeah. is not a good guy thing to do. So right but it's there, weird. you can't think that yeah. he's on the up and up for all the things that he's no, doing. No, like, you can't. justify the means to a degree, I guess. Like, That's what I can it be seems a good like person now. As soon as I do all the terrible shit I have to do to get to be a good person. Yeah, in this issue, he's pretty much seems on the up and up for the most part. I mean, he's there. And yes, maybe it is one of those things to show you. And, you know, going back to Dancing Mike at the beginning of the podcast about politics and stuff like that, showing you that not even a guy who wants to say he's reformed and redeemed and all that, he still has to do some underhanded stuff to get a foot in the door, I still think that it's still the Joker. He's still going to eventually tie around to something, you know, because he did set up all this stuff and has been just setting up Batman over and over again. But he's there with Duke, and they're having a rally in Backport, and Duke's with him. Duke says, you know, hey, listen, I was against him. This is the Joker. I was against him. Uh, I didn't believe him. I didn't trust him. And I thought to myself, I'm going to go out and ask a policeman on the street what they think. And when I went out, oh, wait. there weren't any. There ain't and, no cops and again, I know that this seems like it is social justice warrior stuff. I know what Dancing Mike's saying, but you also have to realize this is also – what this is just a rally. This this yeah. is a speech that he's made, and it, it is that sort of political type speech. There, it's ju- it's just a rally, and they're like, we're gonna go Napier for councilman and all this, and this is where Jack then is like, okay, we're gonna I'm gonna do what's right. We're all gonna stand together. We're gonna get people together. In the meantime, we saw when the issue first opened up that the the, the city is is against the you know the police except for Gordon. Gordon isn't for or against anything no, really. He, he just wants to be a good cop. Point. Exactly. And he's being told to arrest Jack now. Uh, I don't care. Make up charges. He's like, I can't do that. No. that that's and pretty much he should have said, this is why. He's doing this. This is why he's as popular as he is right now because of that shit in the past. You told me – he does say, you told me to stop corruption and now you're doing this. You want to do it. Yeah, but people are listening to him, whatever, and you do see Bullock 
is pretty much a piece of crap. He's ready to just beat the shit and possibly oh, yeah. well, even kill him. This is almost like kind of like a classic Bullock where, you know, you do yeah. have those moments, though, where you like the the kinder, gentler Bullock. I'm sure, like when you go back to his apartment to see he has a house apartment full of fucking cats and shit like yeah. that. But he is a cop. Who like he exactly he's almost like Jack or the ends justify the means of he will be a piece of shit he'll plant evidence because in his oh, yeah. mind he knows what's right and he wrong, wants to do and what's he just right needs to get these fuckers locked up no matter what yeah and and for the most part kind of like why we like Bullock he's actually not a you know he's more of a three dimensional character that exactly. way to me you know he will kind of step over the line sometimes to do something that he thinks is good he's just going to beat the shit out of Jack and even then they come out and they're like hey you know what you're not allowed to do this protest you, you didn't file the paperwork and Duke's like no I filed it I you know it just seemed to get you know lost in the in the shuffle there and then well, they start to meet their back yeah and they start pretty much fighting and then that's where Jack like listen everybody let's settle this down and all and now all of a sudden batman just comes out of nowhere and body slams both duke and jack and it's just brutal and, and this I'm is where you, this is exactly what the joker wants it's the craziest yeah. thing for batman to actually go and do this because we we are yeah, like, he's you know, playing right into his hands it's the world's greatest detective and he is just unhitched to the point where he comes out in the middle yeah. of a fucking peaceful protest march and just starts pe- beating the shit out of the well, people that are obviously in charge of it in front of there. everybody. Yeah, in like, front of everyone. On, Batman. And with that, Jack sees his, his you know, a way to go with and says, right, hey, I'll just go. I'll I'm go with these guys. Exactly. I'm not – I don't want to cause – people are going to get hurt. I'm just going to go with them and talk to them. This is peaceful until Batman showed up. I'm going to get in the car. I'll go talk to them and makes himself a hero again. Oh, yeah. And it's it's Batman being, you know, over the top again that's caused this. And the, and, and the really cool angle to this, too, that, like, you know, we I thought it was very, you know, Dark Knight Returns when we have the whole newscasters going off and the whole debate yeah. aspect of it where you do have one side of the, the vote, like the uh, the opinion and the other side of the opinion going back and forth. I'm like, yeah. you know what? I really do like that they're actually doing both sides. It's just not like, you know, yeah, this Jack's great. Sure is. Yeah, yeah. No, it's going back. It, it even reminds me of when we did Spawn, uh, the yeah. first issue of Spawn, it read, but a lot like the Dark Knight uh, deal. And yeah, you see, and that's a good way to show that the city is starting to be divided here, where y- you have the weird deal. Now, again, why Batman doesn't see this, he is totally unhinged. He is totally over the top, and you would think that he's a smart enough guy to see not to play with this. But they go and you see Jack then talking to Gordon and his, and and Harley's there with him. Uh, but basically he says, this is what I want to do. I want to start this GTO, the Gotham Terror Oppression Unit, which is a crazy name. But let's use GTO all this money. Cool, yeah, let's use all this money in the Batman Devastation Fund and give it to the police. And Gordon even says like – you mean this fun that this is what you're basing everything off of, of how much we're a piece of shit for having this fun. Now you want to use it? And he's like, yeah, I want to use it for the police. And he says, and it makes sense. How many guys of yours have died when if they had all this tech that Batman has, all these toys, all oh, the these Kevlar. Kevlar vests and stuff, how many officers would have been saved if they had that? Why is Batman keeping this to himself and says, listen, this I don't want GTO, Batman to work. I want Batman to work with the GCPD, yeah. not along side of yeah. it come on we need to bring and, them in and like you know like just make the police yeah, let's force have them be like exactly well you can, you can have your vigilantes they can they can keep their identity yeah, that's the big part they, they just have to work within the wall and with the police and yeah. if you if you're given the, uh, the toys the toys and the tools that they have the police force will be something to be proud of the fucking yeah. people will love you and again 
he to me he's setting up a thing even gordon says he's setting this up as a dead end for batman because you know batman will never agree to this but he says that he thinks that barbara gordon will batgirl he doesn't know and he says the big thing is he's setting it up fully that there's no reason why Batman shouldn't be in because he's like, listen, they can keep their identities. They can do this. It's all for the good of the people. Officers will be saved. To me, it's it's just setting up something that Batman would never agree to so that he has so the next the thing GCPD to say against Batman. Yes, and save the next thing. Look, we offered him the best thing. Instead of this devastation fund, we're going to make it so you have this whole deal. And he doesn't want to get involved because he wants to be above the law. And you, you know Batman and is no not going to be involved. The law. No, no one's going to be above the law. And Gordon starts to like, I don't know, this sounds ridiculous, but I'll think about it. By the end of the issue, sorry, he's thinking a lot about looking it. Looking at the goddamn plans, they're all in right away. We're yeah, like, holy yeah. shit, this yep. is actually impressive. Yeah, they, they think that it's a good idea. And right there shows you that Bullock was just about to strangle Jack uh, outside. Now he looks at what this plan is, and he he's in. So it's definitely a setup, and they know because Jack has heard Batgirl say this is getting out of hand. He's heard these things. He's seen what she's done and knows that she'll get. So now you'll even have the Bat family against exactly. Batman Batgirl as well. Exactly. Batgirl goes in, she can convince Nightwing to come yeah, in. Yeah, Nightwing's just in. Be the, the Bat family against Batman. Well, again, we've already said – He's already said, Nightwing's already said that I'm done. I'm done with this Batman anyway. Just call me if you need me. But fuck this. I, this is definitely a way in. And they're going to have the, you know, the Bat family involved. And then you have a little bit where you have the Joker, Jack, and Harley go out on a date. They're shooting pool. They're doing some crazy stuff. Then they're I'm in their, you, at their start, bed. At first, it really starts out like a nice, fancy date. They're going out at a jazz yeah. club. Seems like dancing. Then it just seems they're just hanging out at a diner. Then they're at a yeah, bar shooting pool. And then I'm, I'm like, God damn, they have a big ass night ahead of them. And at the end, it looks like he's just fucking, you know, going to town or yeah, going to town. like a stool on a bar. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Jesus it's Christ, crazy. Take it back and to then, the room, right? Not everybody else wants to see this. Hey, it looks like they were closing down the place. And then it ends with basically Harley and Jack getting married they're gonna get married uh it's funny because harley turns it around like will you marry me jack and he says i do and it's a nice <laughs> moment and that goes then right to neo joker and there she is the harley is quinn that we would control consider. of all the yeah. rogues of gotham freaking with the mind control device and she's yeah. just wrecking house going after the gcpd building itself yeah and goes in wrecks that yeah bane ripping apart the bat signal throws it they go in they steal hard drives from the gcpd and we find out at the end what they have on there uh but in the meantime you do have gordon go to batman and say listen uh there's this plan i think we should do it you know you should think about it he doesn't want and then basically this is where gordon says how can i trust you i don't even know who you are and you're doing this and all this stuff going on if you did care you would give us a fleet of batmobiles and utility belts so we could distribute them to the real heroes and this is where batman knows of the plan already which is i know it's great it's crazy he knows and he's like yeah you know what soon we're not gonna have a choice but boy 
I think that one of the hardest hitting dialogue pieces I've ever read of Gordon is right here when he says the GTO is a good plan. If you want to help, then join. If not, stay out of the way. And there's Batman who's like, but, like, you don't hear Batman, but. No. And he's like, but. And then he's like, isn't this the part when you magically disappear? And then he turns his back and walks away and says, let me save you the trouble. And Batman's just left standing there. I'm like, that is fucking powerful there, Gordon. Woo-wee! But yeah, I, I like it a lot. Uh, but and again, I wish Dancing Mike would just go with these sort of things and not, uh, you know, center on just the politics of it. But that's how he goes in because then you go and you see, uh, you see Jack figuring out why his mind control device is not working. This little device he has on, it's like I think it's been overridden. You have Harley in her whole Harlequin uh, outfit, and that's when Neo Joker busts in and basically says. You know what? I'm wondering what she's doing in her goddamn Harley Quinn outfit, though. Like, I don't why know. Is she it seems ready, like she's like, getting ready go to go do something. Heads. I think that they were gonna, they were gonna do something. They were up to something because he has that mind control on again. Like they're well, the about to is, go I, do I, something. I, in my mind, he's not even doing that. It's on the like the news. It's reporting yeah, how fucking Gotham was like. He's like. How the fuck are these villains going to do this? So he puts it on to see like what is going on. I know it does seem like maybe going. they're going to go out and figure out what that deal is and try to stop it. I just don't know why control? she would dress up like Harley Quinn. I don't know. Maybe that's you know she wants to. She's play no longer dress Harley up. Quinn. She's just Harley and Quinzel. Yeah, well, she's there, and that's where. Uh, the Neo Joker comes in and says, I want my Joker back. Get these med, you know, get off this meds nonsense. I want the Joker back. And all this time, we just thought it was the idea of, uh, you know, new 52 kind of Harley versus the old Harlequin Harley. We see that by a background and her backstory, it's a little more to her because basically she was just a woman who was having a lot of problems. She was suicidal. She's a cutter. She worked at a bank and was going to actually commit suicide in a little game of I'm going to cut my wrist and see how many people I can deal with before I bleed out and die. And yeah. Joker actually came and kind of showed her attention, didn't do much, you know, didn't. Well, that's abuse thing, or anything during her game of like let's see how long it takes me to bleed up for yeah. how many people i could like you know t- till at the goddamn bank here Joker came in and robbed it and you know forced her to help and yeah she just ended up going with him and like yeah you know, I, like she really thought like here it is he's gonna fucking hurt me he's gonna fucking rape me he's gonna yeah. do it. and all he did he was didn't. you know patch her up and just yeah. like say nice things to her so she this is the b- best bit of like you know uh love that she's gotten a long time yes. she had just broke up with this her, is uh, why she's alive now this. Exactly. The Joker has patched her up, said all these nice things, and just kept calling her Harley, so she went with it. Yeah, she went with it. He actually did call her Harley, and he's like, I don't know. I just went with it. I said in the beginning where uh, she's telling this uh, to Mad Hatter, and he's like, oh, what was your name before? And it's Mary Andrews, and I told you that's the whole Mary Andrews deal. That is a great connection that I would never have fucking put together. And that's a pretty cool deal. That is just a cool thing, like the Harley Harley Quinn and shit like that. Dan Harley Quinn, yeah. That that is a really cool time. Cool, smart idea. Yeah, I do too. One thing I do really like though, when Harley's like busting up the place to get back Joker, it's like this, like. You're wrong. I just need to draw him out. By doing what he never could, by taking control of Gotham, his massive ego won't allow me to surpass him. And I'm like, yeah. I really like that too because even with the pills, if he like stops taking it for a day or something like that, the Joker persona could just come back because of because how much this Harley passed. is surpassing him and the yes. massive ego of that. I'm like, I do like that because it even makes me think of Mad Love when um, freaking uh, – Harley goes and captures Batman, and Joker finds out about it, and he's yeah. fucking furious because it wasn't him. Yeah, because it wasn't him. That, that I love – like I said, I love this where you had this over-the-top Neo-Joker Harley – 
And it was just kind of like, at first I thought, okay, they're playing with, he's playing with the idea that there was the older Harley and the, the new 52, and it's kind of a neat thing to do. This gives it a whole nother level. This oh, gives it an I'm actual saying, reason why she wants the Joker back. It's because it's the only thing she has to live for. Was and I no the longer Joker. see it as that simplicity, like new 52 versus no. original. Now it's its own thing, and I think it's yeah. even better than the whole initial idea that I, we had. I agree. With the, like, or, That's like, what I'm Harley saying. versus new 52, slutty Harley. Yeah. This is its whole original thing i'm telling you for all the bitching i did in that first issue about oh he's just stealing things here and there yeah. and doing whatever he has just made a completely new character and i'm like really appreciate oh, this yeah. whole thing that he's and, laying and down with for that us. yeah he's changed it from a gimmick to an actual deal and to a, a reason and, a, and yeah. part of the story one of the major parts of the story again that's why i said earlier and dancing mike's uh rant and rave that to me it's now become more of a harley story uh, than just a Batman. It's a Joker Harley story more than, say, a Batman story. In the meantime, we do see the beginnings of this GTO squad where you do have Barbara and, and Dick and they're coming down to see what this whole thing is. They have a bunch of Batmobiles. I actually thought they'd look more like Batmobiles. So do they, I. I'm telling you, this is just, they come down, it looks like just a chop shop where they're just yeah. adding fucking like a little, like, you know, it looks like props to the side of these yeah. fucking really like rundown kind of cars. Yeah, they're souping they up are. engines. They're pimping exactly. their rides is and what it like, is. There is nothing going on with these cars to make no. them think they're like Batmobile. And look maybe at this is just the preliminary deal to show or see if it works. But yeah, you have uh, Barbara and Dick kind of, uh, they seem to be involved. They seem at least to be, they went there for this meeting. And like, am you I have looking Jack, at the Bat El Camino right now? I'm telling you the one, uh, yeah, there is, it's the Bat El Camino. And you have maybe the Bat DeLorean sort of deal, though it's not a DeLorean, but it looks like it from the back makes me laugh. But yeah, you have these, uh, and then the whole issue ends with we see that Hardly when they did go in and break into the GCPD and grabbed all yeah, these hard drives, hard drives yeah. they were looking at stuff. Now, it's it's a crazy thing they find, but it's even crazier that this was kind of hidden by the GCPD. It looks like that Mr. Freeze's dad was part of the Nazi SS. He was pardoned somehow, and he was friends with Thomas and Martha Wayne, and I'm telling you, or at I least was, partners. I, I'm having a great time with this issue reading it because it's actually like you know making me enjoy this more than I ever thought I could from yeah. that first issue. But um, when we get to this part, they kind of lose me because now we have the fucking – Baron von Fries yeah. and the whole uh, idea that you know Victor von uh, Free, uh, Victor Fries Victor Victor, yeah. Victor Fries is now a young child. I'm like, what era are we in right yeah, now? I know. Or how I know. old was Thomas Unless and Martha he's just Wade? Really old. Because I, you know, it seems as Thomas Thomas and Martha Wade Nazi sympathizers now. Like, what are they yeah. playing with? Because I we've had a great story going on, this contained story. Now that we just hit a goddamn left turn from where I thought we yeah. were. And we'll see. Maybe we're gonna find out more things. Maybe we're gonna find out something crazy that in this alt world uh, Batman's origin isn't quite what we think it was maybe this is the beginning of that uh, I don't know because like you said this is an old time deal now if it was his his dad was Baron Von Fries in SS in the picture he's obviously much older than he, he's he got a bald head in the first you see a young deal I don't know I don't know what this he is going to lead to he had a hat on before I can't tell he how did, much he did though but again he looked like a it, it just some, the art he looks like a younger man 
man. For than some reason, this though, point. this whole thing, right? This is 1945. It's like Project Paperclip just happened. They brought some of the Nazi scientists over to America, and this is like, well, all right, though, meet the Waynes, Mister Freeze. Well, again, it, it has to be after because it does say he was an SS officer, but the records are incomplete. Something about a pardon, a lab, a secret network. So this would definitely be after the war, yeah. but who knows how much after and how long and what's going on. I just like that this picture the has these – I just like the picture where you have these like little arrows. Victor, fun freeze. They're like, who put those? But you, you have that. We'll see what's going I'm on. I'm actually glad they did because for a second – yeah, you wouldn't know. I think that, that that's Mr. why. Mr. Freeze was a Nazi. That's what I point. thought they were saying, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see where that goes. Uh, hopefully, next issue it gets right into it, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I did think that this was a lot more set up than what we had before. It's the middle issue, but I but love I like the, the setup, setup with Neo Gotham or Neo. Keep saying it, Neo Joker Harley. I thought that was great. I think well, that that the my setup deal. of that and even freaking bringing Barbara and Dick against Mora with Batman and this whole GTO thing. I'm like, you know what? Uh, you're really getting me here, Sean Murphy. Yeah. You know, you're telling a story that I initially dismissed yeah. immediately just for what he's was going making on. things he, his own now. He set everything up with this whole idea of he's grabbing this, 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 this to make a story. But he actually has made his own story yeah. going forward, and I'm really yeah. appreciating what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. But I give an 8.5 out of 10. I always love his art. It's a style that it's not your favorite style. No, it's I really works, like though. it. Yeah, I really like it. What would you give it? I would probably give it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, what is your book of the week? Because mine Obviously, is this book. I'm you, it's, it's Batman the White Knight yeah, right now. It's crazy. All of my books, I don't think I got past a 6.5 with any of my yeah. books this week. Do you think we've ever had the last book be the book of the week? Yeah, it's crazy, but yeah, I don't think it was so. this week. It was, uh, as far as I could tell, it's probably a shorter podcast this week, and that's why things were kind of jumbled about. But uh, I really like Batman White Knight. So, uh, and I'll tell you, even I'm, a little I'm spoiler, more, more each issue. even a little spoiler, it would have been one of my, you know, up for a book of the year type deal, but there was only three issues in 2017. Yeah, so I can't really give it for that. But I'm going to talk about now what's going to be next week. Next week, we have Eric, Action Comics number 995. Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number 18. Dead Man, number three. We got a lot of books next week. Goddamn Dead Man. Detective Comics, number 972. The Flash, number 38. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, number 36. Harley Quinn, number 34. Harley Quinn, be careful what you wish for, number one. I'm not sure we're going to talk about that, though. I'll have to talk to Reggie, but that comes out. Uh, that is a issue that has some bonus stuff, but was originally a Loot Crate exclusive issue. Sure was. Uh, we have Justice League of America, number 22. New Superman number 19, Ragman number 4, Red Hood and the Outlaws number 18, Suicide Squad number 33, Supergirl number 17, Superwoman number 18, Titans number 19, Wonder Woman number 38, and why my uh, app does not have it, I don't know, but we also have Mr. Miracle number 6, I believe, is the number of that issue coming out. So we have a lot to do next week. It'll be a long one, Eric. I hope I feel better because I, I can barely so talk right now. My my throat is killing me again. It just won't stop. Maybe I just have to take the week off from work. I'll just I'm done. You won't see me. Or maybe see you podcast. in seven. Ooh. Ooh, see you in fourteen. But <laughs> That is it for tonight. Thanks to everybody who contributed, all the listeners who wrote in and rant and raved. And that's about it, Eric. What do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh, there he goes.